fine. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, you know, good they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Jihad, 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 jihad. Yes, we're going to have a jihad today, folks. That's right. Uh, you know, Kev is, uh, the gold doc's not paying too much attention to the internet at the moment. I have, uh, of course, Captain Faggering on deck in the bunker. And so, um, ah, what can I say? <laughs> you can either prep for streams or uh, engage with your guests. And Captain Faggering is, if anything, uh, an engaging guest. So uh, what are we going to do today? Well, people have been dropping to me that uh, I've got to take a look at uh, <laughs> Kui's clones and um, his last stream because apparently a lot of it was aimed at me. And so that means that I get to do a stream with, uh, <laughs> you can do it with little prep. We can just listen to uh, <laughs> the LSP uh we're on. So, uh, if you are new here and wondered, well, I oh, we've done that one. Ah, well, we can have it again. It's the good one. In group preference, folks, in group preference, that's what good doc is trying to encourage here and, uh, you know, friendly in group preference. Um, but, uh, yes, this was the one from good doggy. I wanted to put up Kunist. Nice, 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 nice. And then, uh, <laughs> Tank memes. 
<laughs> My Scooby Snacks brings all the goofs to the yard. And again, <laughs> Epstein in the corner, man. <laughs> Once you get touched there. <laughs> Show us on the doll where Epstein touched you. Oh, I have one more. I did. <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. Let's see. Every boy defends himself on vacation with a wall crushing ball belly. <laughs> Look, man. I'm just. I'm just doing this because there's a public interest for it, and um. <laughs> I don't know. It is a a constant, constant content machine, I would say. Anyway, if you wandered in here wondering who I am, that's me. Yes, I am a real doctor with metrics and all that kind of stuff. And uh, right now, what I do is uh, pass scathing scathing judgment onto uh, people's science and their attempts at science as they... Who knows what their motives are? I would just describe, put it in all the, uh, the not good bin, the Epsteinized bin. Uh, so, yeah, you can go to ResearchGate. You can find me there or on PubMed, etc. Just Google. And, of course, uh, we have to are engaged in the 21st century gigadimensional wankathon war. And so you must have a... Dug out a trench. Ours, of course, is McCann Dojo, where you can go, of course, to support the stream, support the science, and uh, support uh, the community. Uh, you can go Patreon, WTYL.live, Tipjar, or Fauci.monster in your browser. Stream facts, Gabe Hell. Should you swing that way? Buy me a coffee, subscribe to Star Cryptocurrencies, join the Discord on that page, register to be notified if you would like an email, and of course, you can watch live there. Is that working? Check it. Taxi Taxi Raider. Yeah, there it goes. <laughs> Shout out to Taxi Raider. All right. Uh, so why? Uh, what am I doing with all that moolah you throw at me? It goes back into streaming and video on demand. I think we're going to need it. The, uh, apologies for the last stream on Rumble. It doesn't play for anyone. Um, nobody knows why. Uh, I hope this one is... Uh, healthy <laughs> let's let's put it that way let's let's hope it's healthy uh when it's done but no one no one was able to get the stream to play i believe on um rumble so just keep that in mind folks because well rumbles rumbles helping us a lot at the moment but should rumble go down like uh, there is runs on all these banks that are <laughs> i don't know the system the system just demands leveraging all the time right you've got to go to the bank and expand and uh, whatever it's uh, it's all a mess. It's a mess, is what it is. Right, because I'm of limited time, we're not going to do any current events except uh, Giga Spiral, and um, I believe we missed the beginning. Type this stage, um, irrespective of what some of the fifth generation warfare leaders would tell you, that we can't divide the resistance. Um, I'm here to say that I think the resistance is already divided internally and that is by design for control. 
And I think more than ever, it is important to listen to voices that have been consistent from the beginning, have been truthful from the beginning, and have sought the truth from the beginning. And I think with careful retrospective examination of the people in this narrative um, and the people that are claiming... <laughs> this started well, so there's, uh, I'm, I'm being put through the purity test. Is that what's coming? <laughs> ...to be the leaders in this narrative we can we can parse this out ourselves uh, as average individual people parents of kids uh don't get in a foxhole with cooey <laughs> it'll get you sacked oh why doesn't it teachers of children um just regular old responsible adults um so that's what this is about some of the people in this narrative are responsible for seeding it some of the people in this narrative are responsible for maintaining it and we need to make a more active effort of identifying those people or we will forever be trapped by them in their narrative of their own creation. <laughs> Instead of uh, Kui's clonal uh, viruses are real narrative. Okay. Uh, if Rumble goes down, I should blame the Russia and Chinese, obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, out of all the censorship that I've had to put up with, it's been Russians and Chinese have nearly made a blip on the radar. Telegram rocks. I can't stress enough how much I feel like I'm sticking my neck out on the line right here, right now, but I need to do it. Oh, please. <laughs> Check that out. Um, and if, if it has negative consequences on my forward progress for a little while, um, I know that I'm doing the right thing, and I know that I'm doing what I know and feel in my stomach, in my heart, in my guts, in my... Oh, my feels. My feels. <laughs> We just, like I say, look at the network he's trying to ingratiate himself with. Right? It's been constant, constant trajectory of his. Wanting to cozy up to Bailey, by extension, Kaufman and Cowan and uh, what's her face? Saggy Snatch Maggot face. Massey, Chris Massey. Um, all the, all these people that uh, look may, may mean well, but are obstacles, <laughs> obstacles in the way, because these are, these are people who are flat out denying that there's anything approximating um, but the technology for biological warfare. My brain, in all of my being, I believe that this is the right way forward. And so if no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. Um, so without further ado... Uh, the National Immunology Immunomythology update from Gigaon Biological for March 24th, 2023. Um, here we go. What I want is high morbidity. I want people to complain. So what do I do? I go to Des Moines. Ladies and gentlemen of people on the screen, I have nothing against Des Moines. I lived there for four years. I go to Des Moines. I infect a couple of sentinel cases in Des Moines. I go to Seattle. I infect a couple of cases there. I go to North Carolina. I go to Wisconsin. I don't. I don't think anyone has a issue with Giordano and uh, this psychological operation. Um, the oh, I, I don't know where's he going with this. I should probably just let it play. But um, yes, you you could amplify by this, but to maintain it is another thing. What I'm doing is I'm using a dispersion methodology to be able to infect sentinel cases with a highly morbid condition. These individuals complain. Again, this is a central nervous system condition. So they're complaining of whatever the bug may do. It'll produce some cascade of neurological and neuropsychiatric signs and symptoms. And then what I do, the real bug that I use is the internet. I take attribution for that. Yes, I'm a terrorist group. 
And I have done this by infecting him with a highly lethal agent, and the first signs and symptoms of lethality are X, Y. And um, what's wrong with that equation? Well, the <laughs> the terrorist groups turned out to be the uh, the fox we put in charge of the hen house. So that's that's where Giordano's um, premise breaks down somewhat. But anyway, let's move on. I and Z. These people are really sick with this. But then I say others who are also infected will show subdromal, predromal signs. Redfield called it a bioweapon. Look, you are, if you understand the science behind it and the legislation, I guess, for legislative bodies, you can't call it anything else at the moment. Now, whether, whether you, you want to wrap in the trajectory that takes us into synthetic biology, etc., and all the... Uh, <laughs> All the joys that will come from that Pandora's box, um, I, I, I think it's kind of moot. I think they're all covered by the um, offensive use of biology, no matter form, vector, doesn't matter what. ...of lethality, and what that will be is anxiety, sleeplessness, agitation. What I've now done is I've got every individual who is diagnostically hypochondriacal, and I've got every individual who's a worried well flooding the public health system, banging on the door. The CDC comes back and says, nonsense, that's not real. I come back and say... That didn't happen, did it? We didn't have people flood the hospitals. What <laughs> um, did got uh, intubated. <laughs> ...say, that's fake news. And as a consequence of doing that, what I do is I create a schism between the polis and the public health system. I fracture the integrity of trust and reliance upon the population and its government. Now, keep in mind what I'm trying to suggest here is not that anybody has any particular motivations. I want to make that really clear. It could be that the vast majority of the people that have participated in what I'm describing as the seeding of the pandemic narrative, the crafting of it, the guiding of the pandemic narrative, I'm suggesting that these people have been encouraged, have been told that this is a national security priority, and if you stick to these talking points and avoid these talking yeah. points... Um, and so I, I thought, well... And avoid these talking points that will be okay. And so they don't have to know that they're doing bad. They just have to know that they've been told, make sure that you go hard on the spike protein. Make sure you don't talk about natural immunity. Don't mention remdesivir. Otherwise you can go crazy about this. I don't mention remdesivir. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ayahuasca man says, isn't he talking about nanoparticles or am I mistaken? He's not talking about viruses in that lecture. Um, I think he's, in, in that context, he's talking about this, this sort of next generation, yeah, nano, nano modeling, the synthetic biology, potentially. Um, but, you know, the seeding cases, as Giordano would describe it, would be more toxin based, I guess. And at the same time, you use the uh, the dangers inherent in them calling a pandemic and then watching or, or, or bringing into play the a good example is the PCR, right? That um, we've never done that to this scale before. So, yes, but we may have been picking up background.
um, coronaviruses. Maybe, maybe Omicron is one of these background viruses. Um, again, there will be holes in the database. Just, just it's inherent at any time a new technology comes online and you're gathering data. It's the severe disease. And about amyloidosis with the spike protein, go for it. Just don't talk. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk about those things. Just help, help maintain Kiri's illusion of uh, it's all just bricks at the back of the fear. <laughs> talk about remdesivir. Don't talk about natural immunity. Don't talk about gain of... Uh, which is all I've done. <laughs> I've got streams for me saying in the first year, there's not much you can do except sort of come to terms with pathogen. You have to cope. We have to reach a homeostasis with it. Now, th that doesn't mean don't take palliatives if they're available to you. In fact, I would, I would encourage you to do that, not to get into the, uh, the more deadly end of the spectrum. Function yet. Now we're on to the gain of function portion of the narrative, the gain of fortune. <laughs> oh man, he's out on such uh, shaky, weak branches. So yeah, that, of course there's, um, <laughs> making clones is not gain of function, folks, which I think is a ridiculous um, position to be holding. But um, <laughs> that, that's just me. Function portion of the Scooby-Doo. And those same people have been coached on how those talking points change. And as a result, they are benefiting from a lucrative substack, from a large international following, from protection from criticism, media conflation, maybe even just promotion on social media, or some funding of their, of their, of their entrepreneurial efforts in the background. All of these people have potential conflicts of interest if their YouTube channel has been funded by by a by a person or a group of people that's interested in sustaining the seeding of this narrative and so we need to really consider what's on the table here you know who i work for you know where i get the majority of my i need a i need a little pop-up a little uh little epstein pop-up <laughs> my financial support it's from three people a guy named Greg, a guy named Rodney, and a guy named Bobby. So, my cards are on the table. If you don't trust Bobby, then I guess you don't trust me. But, interestingly, I'm an independent of Bobby. And I, I, I would just be careful of anyone uh, filating Epstein the networked <laughs> entities. Full stop. Just call me old-fashioned that way. I would go so far as to say that if I make observations out loud, like, hmm, he told me he would have me on his Defender podcast, and then when he did, he let Robert Malone speak for 40 minutes and me speak for seven. Now am I on Bobby's team? If I insist that Bobby learns what a clone is, and I insist that Bobby learns what a... If I insist that Bobby learns what a clone is, if I insist that Bobby learns what gain of function is and isn't, if I insist, am I still on Bobby's team? Am I still an Epsteinized agent? Does some of these people... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Because you're not talking about Epstein, are you? <laughs> are you? And how deep, how deep it goes into these networks. It's not, it's not figments of the imagination. That shit is real. That shit is real. And you don't, you don't think that they dish out soft money left, right and center. <laughs> 
What a goof. People would say, as this guy would say, I'm using Kevin McCairn as an example of the kind of three-year psychological operation that we have all been intimately involved in. I made it. Nice. <laughs> knowingly and unknowingly. I went for almost two years trusting Kevin McCairn as a guy who is just campaigning for the same kind of freedom that I was campaigning for. Communicating with him behind the scenes and on his podcast and mine about how this was likely a lab leak and about how best to deal with it. And only in retrospect am I able to see that he was likely just an interference object. Somebody that was in... <laughs> oh, man. Weed psychosis. It's a thing. Inserted into the equation to help make sure that I would never figure it out. Or that anyone would ever figure it out. Yeah, no shit. Uh, we're sitting here for hundreds, thousands of hours working through papers and questions for people, not trying to figure shit out. All right, dude. Everyone would panic. And so some of these people on this screen are responsible for seeding the narrative. And I'm going to give you a few examples today. My own personal example is Kevin McCarran, because Kevin McCarran is the first person I ever live streamed with in March of 2020. The first person that ever contacted me about live streaming. And I believe a person who was responsible for keeping me away from people like Mark Kulak, keeping me away from people like, like the... Keeping him away from Mark Kulak. I introduced them. <laughs> I fucking introduced them. Oh, man. Oh, day. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Is it all like this? There you go, Mark. There you go. <laughs> the Baileys. Oh, the Baileys, yeah. <laughs> Need to get to that tour de force of science. Holy shit. <laughs> this is all part of the same fractionization so that the people don't put all the biological pieces together and the ones that do can just shut up. You're allowed to talk about your own little piece, but you can't put all the pieces together. And I believe that most of the people on this screen are involved in not putting all the pieces together. <laughs> oh, well, those round tables, all the... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Look, like I say, the science becomes easy when your opponents just constantly... <laughs> Shoot themselves in the foot, right? It's literally, it's literally this. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So um, I was there keeping him from Kulak. Okay, well, we know how uh, ridiculous that is. And uh, keeping him from the Baileys. <laughs> you go, bro. <laughs> Whether they know it or not, they've accepted the omission. Okay, I won't talk about that. Fine. Okay, I won't write about that. Fine. Okay, I won't podcast about that. Fine. 
and as a result, we are all trapped in a pandemic narrative of their creation. Because everybody yeah. on their phones right now. Um, so I, I thought, well. I could try and write a paper about what I think are my uh, predictions for. <laughs> I'm trying to wonder where the fuck that is. <laughs> it's like that's not where I stream from. Why is it down there? Uh, this virus and it, it would have gone into a low impact. Yeah. Hi hypothetical. I think. I think this is the quickest way to get the message out because everybody's yeah. on their phones right now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And if if I can get if I can reach I, I would reach a hundred people with a paper that might take the time to read it. And already I've reached thousands mm -hmm. uh, doing it. Uh, yeah. And another thing is people don't like reading. There's a whole bunch of other factors come into play, right? Mm -hmm. So that so you're beginning to see that emerge right now, which is the social consequences, right? So um, you may have a billion people going to die. Connected to those billion people are uh, industries families you name it it's linked to it and the secondary knock-on uh, consequences are just are going to be severe okay and everyone's everyone's kind of like uh now <laughs> when i checked the news this morning we were on the precipice of world war three <laughs> and the uh how should, how should we say the uh authorities are scrambling to uh cobble something together that uh, fingers fingers the ching chongs pretty prescient from the well, dog no, it's going to go down it'll go down and no it doesn't and everything everything about that particular statistic just it, it's literally turning into worst case scenario mm -hmm. and i'll tell you there's a very very clear reason why that will be is because the the medical infrastructure will become overwhelmed okay and there's only so many icu beds that are going to be able to intubate uh someone and give uh um life support Really? Yeah, yeah yeah and right now I, i'll tell you this the, the the whole concept that there'll be a neural element to it um it's, it's not going to get on their radar because they're just going to be swamped by the numbers that are just showing the pneumonia yeah there's no which is what happened and you know as we've progressed into the pandemic the neurological impact has become ever more apparent and again this is a consequence of the systems that you're assaulting Give me some lotto numbers, you're psychic. <laughs> I should do it myself, right? So gambling and a ram, don't do it. Time to think, really, for, for the right. people on the front lines. <laughs> I, as, I, as I was sort of figuring about, how, what do I do? Let me just, where's Jay? ...campaign that was highly successful with the distribution of 13 billion doses, and he's now speaking out about it as a, as a bioweapon. I, as, I, as I was sort of figuring about, how, what do I do in this situation, right? This is something that makes me... spirituality and viruses aren't real are disturbing yeah i as i as i was sort of figuring about how what do i do in this situation right because you know everyone wants to feel that they're, they're trying to help somehow and i don't think so sweet uh, uh jc's new spirituality and viruses aren't real are disturbing yeah it's it's kind of um <laughs> yes go suck bailey peen well look to be fair by holding the position of use of clones is not uh, a no virus position and you know i'm hoping um regardless of uh personal relations that jay can jay gets a fucking clue back and realizes that um <laughs> there are people who are, are, are gonna fight tooth and nail that there can be this sort of toxic biology down at that scale man
Thanks for responding in the chat. I'll just pop in really quick here to make sure that I get my get this out very clearly. I am not doubting this. I'm not doubting it at all. Because despite weeks and weeks of rhetoric about who I am and how much of a dimwit I am, I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, what can I say? <laughs> On his website, spelled incorrectly as Jonathan C. Cooey, like he doesn't know my name is JJ. And he insults me regularly over the last six to eight months. Yep. <laughs> I do. You've been asking for it, you prick. <laughs> and the farther I've gone down this track of... We've just, we just watched it, right? The, the reason that I'm calling you out is, you know, just some of the... <laughs> facts are so so obviously um screwed up like i say the issue around mark and <laughs> iatrogenic deaths have dominated the all-cause mortality table and the, <laughs> the thing is they don't anymore they don't and this is this is the problem that we have sars didn't stop in that spring right and the all-cause mortality is through the roof we have to work out why so something's still going on. Now, look, I can I can bite into the fact that um shooting synthetic genetic material into billions of people's arms, including babes, probably is contributing. I don't think that that's a stretch by any <laughs> that fits. That fits very very closely with um are we are we being attacked? Are we being um picked off? Right? Through through these types of surreptitious war tactics, weapons, technology. And the farther I've gone down this path of amplifying people like Mark Kulak and others, the farther that I've gone down this path of amplifying John Bodwin and the deaths due to the vaccine. The <laughs> right. They, they, I'll tell you what they did with John Bodwin. They worked in the background saying, don't talk to Kevin. Don't talk to Kevin. He's a Nazi racist. Oh, God, oi, vai. They've done that in the background. I've literally got the screen caps of it. <laughs> Farther he's gone off the deep end in, in criticizing me, along with Charles Rixey. This is not by chance, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now you set that up, you douche. And I know this is something that makes me a divider. But we need to start identifying the people that have driven us into this madness and are responsible for our confusion, fear, and... <laughs> the mirror is not so far away, Kui. Who does Bedwan work for? I don't know. He seems to just be, I don't know, uh, self-employed, I guess. I mean, his data set is pretty solid. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. And anything, anything that leverages pressure onto the system, I'm for. I'm for anything, anything that applies some pressure that begins to make it crack and crumble. I'm, I'm for that. But um, him sitting here playing all the innocent and now, well, he's stepping into, I'm going to be the divider, etc. It's because, it's because being an academic lanky piece of piss, um, the <laughs> liberalism being a mental disorder runs deep through Cooey's veins. It's that simple. Right. And this is this is why I say to expect to expect the cavalry coming round from the academic institutes or people in those institutes. They 
you're wasting your time. Absolutely wasting your time. Scan it for useful bits of data. But the personality type just uh, are, not, are not the ones who... Um, well, put it this way. <laughs> when, when data flying, <laughs> they're nowhere to be seen. In frustration, which started in 2020 with the stories that this guy was telling on the internet, that, that Paul Cottrell was telling on the internet. And actually, th they've come down as the more accurate. Now, <laughs> Capo Cooey. <laughs> oh, touche, bro. <laughs> Let's see. Punjabi Prepper says, JC's scientific judgment has been clouded through emotional bitterness and hate. Yes. 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 And in trying to sort of carve out a space for himself, which he hasn't really been able to do beyond a sort of lab origin debate, um, he's now sort of stuck his flag in the ground of clones. But anyone who was speaking at this from a technical perspective understood that this was a consequence of recombinant biology. It's an, it's an old technique and now has obviously come of age. These stories led to a transfection campaign that was highly successful with the distribution of 13 billion doses and he's now speaking out about it. But not before, not like when I did, not when I... Uh, I don't know, man, I was pretty... Uh, I, was, I think I was on the wait to see if it does anything, and then the data started coming out real quick, and I went with the data. <laughs> I wrote a review in 2021 that said we should pause because it's crazy. Did he promote that review? Did he promote my stance? Yes, that's why your link is on the thing down below, you cretin. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man, he's, he's so out of touch with actual reality. Fictive will always crash into actual reality. <laughs> then, when we could have stopped the college kids from taking the shot, no, he didn't. Most of the people, most of the motherfuckers in this medical countermeasures, medical freedom movement will not go there. None of them. Not them. So you go listen to lanky streak of piss, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, what did he say at the beginning? I don't think we can point at anyone or anything with respect to uh, this uh, weaponry. Well, I don't know, Scooby Doo. He doesn't want to point the finger. He wants to. He wants to get his head back into uh, back into normalcy and hope that this all goes away. Kerry, and talk about fucking exosomes. Do that. I. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll maintain the position. There was, no, there was no new science there. If you were following and paid attention to the virology, like I did because Kaufman was mentioning exosomes and I had to see what the, what the relationship was between exosomal trafficking and uh, viruses. I was doing that very, very early on. Whereas Kiwi uh, was trying to suck his cock and balls. On the other hand, want to know who's coming for me, when they're coming for me, and I'm going to make it a fucking day for them when they decide to do it. But Edward Dow is now talking about World War III. Good, good. I guess these people who, um, they realise that they're, they're part of this circle. Okay, they've, they've got some clout. They realise they have to talk about it and maintain relevance. But if you're not talking about World War III and Ashkenazi subversion that goes back fucking hundreds of years, right back to the establishment of the Sekala V Act and Sabbatee and Frankis, and you're not talking about it, then you're fucking useless. You <laughs> I agree. I agree. Dr. McCann, well said. Eloquently put. 
useless. You're not. You're done. You're done. And <laughs> what did Kiwi say earlier? The historical record will show that. Okay, so we know. We know who uh, prevaricated when it was time to jump. We have this book fair and we have to like dress up as like a character from a book and then like uh, and then we all have this parade thing and in the parade... Whoa, whoa. hey, Jesus, man. Why don't you watch where you're going, eh? What was that? Yeah, what I said. What? You want to start some shit? And watch your language too, eh? I'll piss off, fuck with Yeah. All right. Just keep walking, dickhead. I'll get you another one, okay. all right? But tell that guy he owes me four dollars. Four dollars? Yeah. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. I'll get off him later, all right? Okay. The operative will get the support of groups that oppose COVID-19 vaccination. The operative will then... What was that? <laughs> Layer on a non-credible message, for example, the COVID-19 vaccines will turn people into White robots. Kung Fu. What have I been saying? Uh, as Rixie was trying to show him it was a bioweapon and this last, this retard didn't want to see the main Scooby clue. Uh, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Like I say, the... <laughs> I've been saying it for a long time. Until you can clear biowarfare off the table, and, and and if your response to biowarfare is it's all just an illusion, then ah, I think you're missing. <laughs> you're missing the target. It's uh, it's the equivalent of the Ayatollah handing out little little plastic figurines to send kids into minefields. What have I been saying? And now now you get people who are just saying, oh my god, I can't. <laughs> I think he included that clip to depict you as a monster that slaps ice cream out of little girls' hands. Well. I'd slap the ice cream out of his. He counts as a little girl, right? Don't sex is signaling. Fuck him. Let him burn. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I do some funny shit, man. Engaging in intellectual dishonesty. Say it and so can't. Oh, I, I, oh God, I can't feel the pain. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want for your birthday? Um, I want a TV in my room. You want um, a TV in your room? Yeah, um, mm. a, a red or black hoverboard. But if I got your TV yeah. in your room, you'd never leave your room and I'd never see you. Uh, well, that's not true. I could you watch still come TV. out and talk to me every now and then? Oh, uh, yeah, sometimes. No. Sometimes. I'm just going to go in the newsagent around the corner, okay? I'm just going to get a newspaper, okay? Can you stay here? Uh, yeah, so uh, I was walking down the street with my daughter and she always come along. Pretty big on just respect, so well, if you respect me, I respect you. The, the two... How do you feel? Oh, oh, oh. Mm. Run, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, they'll use that dumb nigger, right? Because <laughs> I knew that would trigger him. <laughs> Cooey, you're no good at the internet blood sports. He'll go on about fucking Hitler. Do they want to talk about polymorphisms? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'll say, oh, God, look, we got all vaccinated as well. Oi, way. Thank you. Um, right. How many, uh, how many people, if you had to guess, how many people would you say that you've assaulted? Heaps. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Heaps. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Fine, let it come. So. What did they do? 
Oh, it depends. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty big on just respect. So, what if you? Because people that about terrorism, right? It's going to be a virtual. Yes, virus. I am. Uh... <laughs> Kevin uses his linguistic insults for shock value, and it's now part of the problem. <laughs> Is it? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Have you really got your hands on the problem? I don't think you have, Lake Lady. Sorry. That is manipulated to be able to trans- I am stoking the fire because I think it's time. It's time for us to acknowledge that we are being played from the inside. And these people are driving the fear narrative and the gain-of-function narrative and the diffuse narrative. <laughs> Only the best bits of evidence we have for nailing these fuckers. The NIH grants prior to that. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that you've got professionals now stepping up and saying, eh, eh, you know what? So, what, what are we into this? 23 minutes. 23 minutes of Kui uh, just being <laughs> wrong. Factually wrong on many things and uh, playing. Well, I don't know. It's just playing off the uh, edge that I do to my show. Look, I don't find Saturday Night Live funny. It's just how it is. And people come here because I make them laugh. In an aggressive way that started almost a year and a half ago with Rixie coming to my house. <laughs> he put that in there. He timed that drop. <laughs> oh, man, this is cringe inducing. <laughs> JC trying to be edgy. Yeah, he don't do it very well. <laughs> and you know he didn't just turn up there was invites family meetups that type of thing he's such a lying shitbag man i am getting aggressive <laughs> he's getting aggressive Ooh. are completely, completely the wrong targets. Not, not the institutes, not the organizations that have done this to you. No. It's going to point at the people who are pointing in that direction, who have dragged out, made this fight a possibility such that we've got them into, that they're having to respond. Right? And that's why we've seen science through press release, etc. and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but this... This I, I don't know this this clip for uh, Charles that um, Charles meeting up with Jay was a big part of the scam. <laughs> the scam. I don't know what the theatrics the Scooby do. Holy shit, man! Scooby Doo is so fucking gay. It's so gay. Is that the end? Is that the end? Think about, you know, if, if we're defining vaccine really liberally and these COVID vaccines are vaccines, the flu vaccine is vaccine, okay. But actually they're kind of cheating when they're calling these things vaccines. And, um, you know, anything with really rapidly fading efficacy such that you need shots within a year, you know, Canada saying nine months uh, is as actually J.J. insistence, and I think he's right, um, on calling them transfections rather than vaccines, right? 
This is the real deal. That guy got killed. So. <laughs> who by? Who by? Jay, who by? Who dug into it enough? It is brother. And I work for their, that guy's brother's son. Just. <laughs> and the networks that fund them. Never forget that. Add that up. Just add it up. That's why they're attacking us right now. <laughs> it's because of the shitty science. The shitty science. That's why. Scooby Doo. <laughs> There's only one hope, and that is that 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 Children's Health Defense is a real group of of doctors and lawyers and concerned parents that are fighting for better public health. And again, um, what will happen? Here's, here's my prediction. They'll break that off. There you go, American public. There's your red meat. Whilst the biowarfare industries will carry on with nary, nary a blip in their trajectory. Health and Dr. Freedom. Never mind Bobby Kennedy. He's just the guy at the top of that that silly organization that's really not silly at all, but made up of moms and dads and lawyers and God bless them. I hope they. I hope they do get satisfaction. Like I say, um, that's their fight. And like I say, I wish them all the best. Our fight is. I want to say bigger, but it's the the system that festered and mutated in that placeholder around vaccine technologies. That's what we're dealing with right now, and it's by its very nature. Because of what happened after 9-11, it's all got weaponized. And it's gone off. Now, the question you should be asking yourself is, did it go off by accident? Or did someone pull the trigger? And I would say, looking at it, the, the way that they've been able to consistently push the ball or kick the can down the road, that, that there was a very, very deliberate element. And you can see that through Charles work, even if we look at the censorship. And what, what, what was this? I don't know. Well, obviously, obviously just having a pop at me. But you know what, Jay? You've, you keep goofing up scientifically. So then there I will be. And people will report it to me. And I will... <laughs> I too will call it out. And like I say, the appeal... The appeal to people to get into bed with Epsteinized networks shows that you're not thinking. And I, maybe it's a case of any port in a storm in Jay's mind. Ah, I'm not so sure. It doesn't... I'm not American. That issue is not my issue. The bigger issue around these uh, transnational programs and their, again, weaponization is what concerns me. Most people still don't give a fuck about vaccines and RFK sounds like a fucking broken accordion. <laughs> Look, man. I wouldn't want that uh, affliction. I don't know what it is. People said it was dystonia, vocal cord dystonia. I mean, you could try deep brain stimulation, I guess. Might work. Um, but I don't know. Is there more? Do I need to play more? that are all fighting this illusion. And so if you're gonna, if you're gonna attack Bobby, you're gonna attack all of those people 
even if Bobby is a controlled opposition. No, I'm not. It's it's literally just Bobby, Bobby Kennedy. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure all the rest of them. Uh, well, like I say, are they um, on the flight logs and in photos and um, in the same uh, social circles as that Epstein network? You know, uh, Jay is of the equivalent of arguing that we should be allowing Ian, uh, Richard Dawkins to be, to be the over-arbiter of all the skullduggery that's um, floated to the surface over the last three years. And we know he's on that plane. We know that Harvard, MIT, were very, very closely um, linked many many other organizations as well and in in effect what jay is saying is oh god <laughs> you know th yeah there may be problems over there but my little network that's connected <laughs> via the same <gasps> underground channels that one's okay <laughs> lick spills <laughs> join that one <laughs> meet the new boss same as the old boss <laughs> you rap scallions <laughs> Even if Bobby is completely compromised, those people that I'm working for and, and supporting in children's health defense are not all compromised. Those lawyers are not all compromised. Those doctors are not all compromised. Wow, it depends. <laughs> it depends, right? If, if they're incapable of going the full, full distance and say, you know, they stick to their mission remit, which is restitution for the children that were harmed by the U.S. vaccine schedule. Like I say, it's a U.S. problem. Very much so. What it's done to its children. And <laughs> karma can be a bitch in that respect. Right? I can think of quite a few countries around the world who will be, uh, how should we say, ululating that American kids will be on the uh, receiving end. <laughs> I, on the other hand, want to protect them at all. I want to protect everyone. And that means if you're not looking at who runs those networks, who runs those corporate organizations, we can see all the sketchy links. You can see them. You just... <laughs> you're no good in a fight, Jay, if you can't name the enemy. And when, like I say, he thinks he's naming the enemy, me. <laughs> Rixie. <laughs> The people that have actually done shit. And there he is. Wanting, filleting Bailey, the one who put... I mean, he's taken it out now, but he's put um, graphene as part of uh, his no-virus arguments, etc. Um... Uh, Benedict Arnold was never accepted by the British. History learned. He was Benedict Arnold. And our only hope is that organizations like Children's Health Defense are real and are going are gonna to lead this as we go forward to truth. That's our only hope. And again, this will, it'll be for children's vaccine schedules. Now, I, I don't think... That that's all of the battle. I'm not saying, again, not saying it's not a fight that you don't front on or a front that you don't go and fight on. I mean, 
I, on the other hand, <laughs> want, want the people at the tippy top. You want to think it's going to be Steve Kirsch and, and his Vaccine Research Foundation? No. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. I, I think what will do it is the groundswell of uh, outrage that comes from the public as they look at what's become of their academies, what they've allowed industry to do, primarily under the guise of the free market solves everything. You think it's going to be an NIH run by Robert Malone or, or, a, or a National Public Health Service run? No, no, no. Do I think it's going to be Epstein, Epstein RFK though? I fucking hope not. By somebody else, you're wrong. You're just completely and totally wrong because it's not going to be that way at all. <laughs> <sighs> this political ad was brought to you by Giga and Biological. Oh, that's the wrong one. I want this one. This one's better. Sorry about that. Is that, um... He looks like the dude from... What's it called? Who did the sting? Veritas. That looks like the Veritas dude. I think, I think Bobby Kennedy might be better staying where he is. I don't know. You might be right. I don't have any opinion about that. I just know that Children's Health Defense is an organization worth promoting and worth fighting for. Because they have been standing firm against this pharma, bio, whatever, for much longer than any of us. They were awake for much longer than any of us. And we've got to remember that. We've got to be humble in the fact that we weren't aware. We've got to be humble in the fact that we didn't know. We've got to be humble in the fact that we were one of the last people to the scene. And whether you think Bobby's controlled opposition or not, he was there years before us. And so we need... I was there years before. <laughs> Sorry, dude. To understand and be humble. Because if we're not, we're going to fall into a trap of ego. We're going to trap, trap ourselves and we don't need that. We don't want our kids... ...laws and you're looking for bad guys. But you're actually trapped the guy from Canada who had identified the the uh, system-wide trafficking of the lipid nanoparticle with the RNA in the Japanese report, but instead promoting Robert Malone as the new authority on how this vaccine works and why it might be dangerous or not be dangerous. And again, I think with careful retrospective examination of the stances that these people took and when, and what they have spoken about repeatedly, what they have not spoken about repeatedly, and how their narrative has changed and not changed as people like me and others have forced the narrative to change. You haven't forced any narrative change, right? You've you've engaged in time wasting as again as people who knew the issue at hand were focused on recombinant biology. That's why everyone points at Barrack. There's no CM technology. Now, I kind of sounded a little egoistic there, but I, I just kind of going off the chat that somebody had said we'd force the, the word transfection into the narrative, and I do believe that's true. Nah, I'm not so sure. But how much else we've really done, I don't know, but I do think that there are very few people... Not much. Provided me content, I guess. <laughs> 
who are trying to keep peeling back the onion, so to speak, but are most people are now happy and content with the two or three narrative traps that are set, and most of people have already chosen one that they're pretty convinced. And he, he doesn't think that going around to everyone saying it was all clones is not a narrative trap. And again, I would I would urge caution against binary thinking. The hypothesis that is able to take data points and fit them in and remain coherent, which you know the biowarfare paradigm does. But again, you've got to be careful in that biowarfare space because you'll run up against people like Kingston and Stu Peters. And the dude is going skit. Uh, look, man, I hope Jay doesn't go skit. So, <laughs> just it's uh, well, <laughs> the veil is thin somewhat, though. Is the right one, and so we can move forward. Uh, Shit, little can really get anywhere with either. So that's what we're going to do today. Then I'm going to summarize infectious clones and try to teach again as quickly as I can what I what I think is the basis for most understanding in RNA viruses and why it's in incongruent with the natural form of these these entities, whatever that might be. It's poorly characterized. And then finally, the endemic hypothesis of what I really think has been done to us, the illusion and mythology that we are trapped in, and compare it to the other hypotheses, which I will argue again are traps because they are stories which can repeat. So we might have another pandemic, we might need another lockdown, we might need a new vaccine, are all built into all of those narratives except for one, which is a narrative that nobody can really get anywhere with either. So that's what we're gonna do today. And again, I keep framing this as a Scooby-Doo because I believe the two main narratives about gain of function are natural. <laughs> uh, what, a, uh, what a cultural clothes pick to hang stuff on. Scooby-Doo, fuck you. I hate Scooby-Doo. <laughs> virus and what you what conclusion you come to in that story is the Scooby-Doo. Was more Captain Caveman. <laughs> Scooby-Doo was for chicks. Because if you pull the mask off of Shang Li Shi and you pull the mask off of of the bad guy and it's Ralph Barrick or it's Tony Fauci, then you're solving the Scooby-Doo. Oh, we found the bad guys. If we put these guys in jail, everything is fine. We don't need to change any laws. We don't need to look at the direction. I don't think so. There's a whole bunch of laws that uh, I think need winding back. We got the laws. We got them right with the definitions of biowarfare put forward by Francis Boyle. What was it 1989? That, that should be there in perpetuity. It covers everything. Directorships of, of U.S. Amerid or Aditra or DARP. We don't have to look at any of these people. We can just put Peter Daszak, Ralph Barrick, and Tony Fauci in jail and everything will be fine. Why, why don't you want to put Ditra and uh, what? Did I mishear that? That's the Scooby-Doo. And so if you believe in lab... I wanna, what happens if you want to take down Ditra and all these uh, defense-linked industries? And there's, you know, that net goes far and wide because it's not just the wet lab side. Right? It's all the intelligence side, all the stuff that's being used with respect to um, narrative control, uh, Twitter, that sort of thing. Leaker, if you believe in the natural Batcave virus with people just going in the Batcave too much, you have saw... Chris France says Scooby-Doo was full of social engineering and political propaganda. Yeah, I agree. It still is. It's why the newest one is, uh, it's got um, degenerate trannies in, right? Fuck Scooby-Doo. Of the Scooby-Doo. 
and the bad guys are known to you. And so we can move forward once we solve out, sort out who the bad guys are, and Congress can stop yelling and start making decisions. That's the Scooby-Doo. That's this. I have been there, done that. But I took this position because I feel very strongly that we need to have a moratorium on gain-of-function research. I told you that the great pandemic is coming. I think it's going to come not from spillover. It's going to become from gain-of-function research or intentional bioterrorism. Right? It's going to be a bird flu virus. Intentional bioterrorism. What about when the terrorists are the, are the corporate organizations and the governments that are linked in public-private partnerships? What happens then? Because I think that's closer to what we're actually dealing with. That is manipulated to be able to transmit human to human, very similar to what we saw with the COVID. You know, in 2014, that laboratory published that they finally learned how to take their COVID virus. Uh, I've got to um, fill my cup one second. I'll be back. I just want to say uh, thank you to Kat, um, who sent Dono. Let me just see if anyone else did. Um, boom, boom, boom. Let's see. Uh, oh, uh, ZH, say, and uh, Vov, uh, thank you very much. You may have, oh, you can, uh, a group chemical alley. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Right. Let's. Uh, where, so where were we? Uh, Redfield, obviously, talking about gain of function, and if we're to uh, <laughs> to to encapsulate Kui's Gnostic take on events, to puncture through reality into their uh, into their new space. Uh, follow the clones and have it bind to the ACE2 receptor and humanize mice, and therefore you go human to human. I mean, they did the experiments. They published them in, in 2014. And so that's the narrative, right? It's, it's a gain-of-function virus because they published it. They're trying to get that to be the, 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 the canon of this story, that there are papers that reveal the methodologies, the methodology. 2014 to 2021. We're in 2023 now, Jay. Why don't you put up the all-cause mortality all the way out so we can see? Apologies reveal the details, and then crucially... The diffuse proposal is the cornerstone of the hypothetical case closed because all of the details, including spraying viral vectors into a bat cave, are all contained in that, that grant. And so this is the final straw. Like, obviously they did it. And who's pushing diffuse as obviously true? <laughs> the one... And is, is, I just, I don't know... Is this going to be some sort of Democrat push to it's the Ruskies did it? Is that what we're watching? The only Charles Rixey. Everybody else is just kind of shrugging. You know, okay, it's there, but you know, the circumstances with which it was found is a Marine in a database leaked to another Marine. Then a copy PDF was made with no metadata released through Drastic, which is an international organization, as opposed to like going through the government, if you were a Marine, you know, like a patriotic Marine that streams all the time with a guy from from Japan who really roots on the idea <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's great. So, uh literally his hypothesis and delusional thinking is such that we should we should forego like I say the it, the intent is there. The grants up to that point is there. What Redfield is talking about, that's all extant research. Diffuse isn't out of a vacuum. Now, again, you have to I'll be asking yourself, well, what does what does JC see as the um, solution to type? What what milk are we spilling up? Again, why? Why the cutoff in the data here? Why, why aren't we looking at the extended all cause mortality that is not COVID related? Why aren't we looking at that? He calls you a Russian sympathizer at one point in this stream. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> no shit. Does he really? Yes, DJ. This is very much. Uh, this is this is JC's. Uh... Yeah, that that oh, America shit. might collapse, and you don't see. Oh shit! Wait. Boom. <laughs> oh, perfect. See that as incongruent. He wants to he wants to he provoke leadership. He wants to establish himself as a leader in this fight 
fighting for the, the, the vendor to, to, you know, the millions of people that have been killed to fight for their justice. And he does it by streaming with a guy who throws racial epithets. Uh, <laughs> Only, uh, only cooey on brand humor is allowed, folks. <laughs> That's the new angle. Blame Ruskies and China for bioweapon Megadog Corp, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Yeedon post about the death rate in England for 2020? It was the 14th lowest since 1941. Um, yeah, you just had you just had that initial spike, right, where they changed all the protocols and they just they either vented people put them back in old people's homes for sure that um that certainly didn't help and definitely definitely went a long way to um position the populace for secondary exposure via gene transfection <laughs> uh the uh... The Democrat always, always comes through. Uh, racial slurs and campaigns for the fall of America. Campaigns for the fall of America. <laughs> what? By, uh, what? <laughs> pointing, pointing at DITRA and DARPA and NIH, Health and Human Services, the list goes on and on. That's that's uh, wanting uh, the US to implode, is it? Uh. And released the diffuse proposal, not through a congressman, not through the, the state. <laughs> it was given to Congress. <laughs> Police or the FBI, he releases the diffuse proposal online with the help of a bunch of international anonymous accounts on Twitter called drastic science that's the story we're supposed to believe here something changed and it was not a um i i would say it was uh penetration by epsteinized networks <laughs> that's what changed novel cause of death it wasn't and yet tom friedman believes it was it's a vaccine preventable death and that paxlovid will reduce the people dying no i don't think so I don't think so. I mean, there's less people dying now, but there's still still plenty. <laughs> Enough to shake a shitty stick at. Some of these people are responsible for seeding the pandemic narrative. I don't know which ones, but I think, I think if we look back at what people said, what thoughts they amplified, we can see it. Because remember, some of these people are tough. Some of these people stand up for right things. You know, they really do. I'll give you a couple examples of people that stand up for the right thing. These guys right here, look. That's, that's Jordan. <laughs> that's the dork web. <laughs> Peterson, he stands up for the right thing. He wasn't going to let Canada tell him to use pronouns that aren't appropriate for people's gender. He wouldn't be told how he can speak. Who does he work for now, Cooey? <laughs> Who does he work for? So he stood up. He wrote a book. He got fired. He got rich. The guy who's likely taking this picture is Brett Weinstein because he was most likely at this table with, well, who is that guy there? That's Eric Weinstein. There's Joe Rogan. There's Sam Harris. That's, uh, that's not Crowder. That's somebody else. And that's, uh, that's the, uh, isn't that the faggot who went on tour with, um, 
Jordan Peterson. What's his name? Ruben. <laughs> Another one. Another one. Imagine my shock. <laughs> uh, that's the guy who always wears the, the, the little yarmulke on his head. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, is that that's Brett White. Uh, real way to know the enemy there. Sunshine. Weinstein taking this picture here. Brett Weinstein was also not, not uh, speaking out very well. Um, but he was also like lauded, right? Because he got driven out of a university for his views and he was driven out because people are woke and he's a spokesperson for, for standing up for free speech. But when it came down to shutting down schools or using masks that don't work, Brett was like, okay, shut down the schools. I'll wear a bandana. Realize what I'm telling you. These people knew they're part of it. They were encouraged to seed the narrative, whether they knew what they were doing or not. They are responsible for the 13 billion doses of the transfection successfully reaching human arms. That's what I'm accusing these people of. Whether they know it or not, they need to cop to it now before. <laughs> Look, man, um, I'm, all f I'm all for uh, punishment going as far and as wide as possible. So no one never <laughs> think about treading down this particular pathway again. Or any of us should listen to anything that they say. They should be apologizing to every person that has a friend or a relative that was killed by remdesivir. They should be apologizing to every person that's been damaged by the shot. Every pilot that can't fly should get an hour on Brett Weinstein's podcast until it's done. But they won't. Let's listen to the big tough guy. Now, um, missing from that list of harms is the virus itself. And so you can, again, indicative of limited data selection. And so when you limit data selection, you become ideologically possessed. There's not a lot of logic in JC's thoughts. No, there's, there's certainly a whole bunch of um, extraneous and circuitous leaps of logic. Oh, shit. But you need to have a pandemic. Is about to pause and we can all get off and go get a hot dog. I think rather instead it's going to become much twitch. I am a human, just like you. You can find me on Google. Most of people have already chosen one that they're pretty convinced is the right one. And so we can move forward um, with our day. This is the trap. We have to be sure that we get out of it. And so that's what this is all about. That is what Giga Home Biological is all about. So I'm going to open. I think. I did non-compliance first. <laughs> Fuck him. And and uh, came from the uh, how should we say nationalist uh, viewpoint. He tried to uh, he tried to ride those coattails as well. In a new slide set. This is the slide set, which is available at Gigon Biological right now. If you want to download it for free. And wait, Ruben is DeSantis' personal comedian. People have personal comedians now. That's true. I don't buy that, Bernays. Give me a link. And um, I'm going to start from here in the edit, probably, because I want this to be a little succinct. But, you know, I'm not really worried about succinct, because if we're going to save the world and it's one two-hour video, then I hope people can be bothered to watch it. In case you don't know who I am, you can find me on PubMed by searching for Cooey, C-O-U-E-Y dash J-J. Um, not J-C, but J-J Cooey. Um, and that is Jonathan J. Cooey. So uh, I'm not hiding here. You can find me on ResearchGate. You can find me on Google Scholar or anything you want to look up the biology that I did before the pandemic. And then after that, you can find me as JC on a bike on YouTube. And of course, where you are now as Giggle and Biological on Twitch. 
I am a human just like you. And for three years, I've been trying to figure out what's happening and how best to navigate um, my family's future through this this narrative. And I found that, that following the biology has been the best way out of this trap. And unlike most people who were very excited when the mask mandates went away, the viewers on Giggle and Biological were well aware that the trap still existed and that that was, that was ridiculous. So again, we have been fighting this narrative for really um, going on three years, and I don't think it's going to stop. I don't think the ride is about to pause and we can all get off and go get a hot dog. I think rather... Uh, I'm inclined to agree with that. I think they've got uh, horrors that we could nary imagine They're waiting for us around the corner. Instead, it's going to become much more dangerous um, as we go forward. So with that in mind, um, I just want to say that the principle of informed consent has been ignored for the duration of the pandemic. I gave a, a statement to the FDA um, Immunology Advisory Committee um, that got played live on the the webcast of that discussion where I talked for three minutes about how the uh, the principle of informed consent had been ignored for the duration of the pandemic. And I tried to explain the reason why that is, is because. Oh, shit. Sort of. And we know that um, they were able to sidestep the informed consent frameworks because of the work of Doc Keck and the. Um, this idea that they could deliver countermeasures as a. Catchall. I guess, therapeutic intervention. And that, that would include, of course, Remdemsevir. I've got personal comedian. He's macaque monkey. <laughs> yes, they are pretty funny, dude. Proper background to understand it. No immunology, no epidemiology, no basic all-cause mortality. None of these things were given to us so that we could understand the context of the coming pandemic. But instead, they started numbers out at the bottom here with zero, and they never told us about all-cause mortality. I have this hypothesis that I'm going to put on the screen right now that I've slightly... That, that's... Um, intellectually dishonest. What they're talking about there is pneumonia-like illnesses in the bottom there. And again, <laughs> this, with this graph, with that background, put it in. Put in all the way up to 2023. And again, to me, arguing about the proportion that was to remdesivir, to lack of treatment, to jabs, to whatever people not being able to get access to hydroxychloroquine for example i don't know but in my mind they all just go into the basket of how much they fucked us <laughs> and um <laughs> you either you either take aim at them or you just you, you, you noise and just need to get squashed basically rewritten um, and then I'm going to try to use about an hour to explain to you why this is likely to be true. My hypothesis is, is that the WHO declared a pandemic of a dangerous novel virus said to be detectable by non-specific PCR tests for RNA viruses applied to low prevalence populations and initially intentionally rather correlated with poor or detrimental health protocols through financial incentives. So they paid people to to follow protocols. They encouraged people with financial incentives. Again, um, that argument may work for the US. It doesn't work in Asia. And we didn't lock down. We masks, you could argue, are still prevalent, but they've always been prevalent. Um, and cases are going up again. So in Jay's world, that means someone is releasing a new clone in Japan. And I guess we have to wait to see whether it'll be a ninth worst wave or not to follow poor protocols based on whether or not somebody tested positive on this non-specific test and that is <laughs> you try getting a pcr test in japan <laughs> good fucking luck enabled a larger percentage of all-cause mortality to be prioritized as a national security threat composed of vaccine preventable deaths 
the U.S. was ready with a plan to respond to a coronavirus pandemic, and that plan is in motion today. An NIAID-funded infectious DNA RNA clone of a coronavirus may or may not have been involved in the initial biological incidents, but a natural coronavirus swarm cannot sustain. And no one's talking about natural fucking swarms. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking about lab constructs, weapons programs. Oh, Centripede, that's funny. Where well, JC's ancestors all like this too. Makes sense now. Ah, <laughs> oh, the casual racism. I love it. <laughs> a pandemic. The goal is a total surrender of individual sovereignty and enforcement of global fundamental inversion from basic human rights to granted permission. So it takes a while. It's going to take a while for somebody to understand. That's, uh, that's pretty much... Uh... I think the target now it's funny to me how this new world how this new world maps so uh, sweetly onto the uh, how should we say Noahide Noahide desires <laughs> understand the biology that encompasses this statement there's a lot in that first paragraph that needs unpacking they declared a pandemic of a novel virus said to be detectable by the PCR on a high background of false positives plus an endemic background signal and intentionally correlated those bad signals financially incentivized poor protocols that killed up to three times as many people with pneumonia than any previous year and those deaths were bundled together as a novel national security priority that was vaccine targetable and then they rolled out a countermeasure that was already a plan that had been laid out step by step by step to convert our previously existing flu vaccine infrastructure to support a new infrastructure that produced mRNA technology. So that plan is in motion now. We, we were ready to do it. We were going to do it. The pandemic was declared, and so we did it. More cowbell. Uh, you but you get... need to have the biology in order to understand what happened. In order for you to exercise information. Let's stop that. Let's have some of this. Chemical alley. For you, cowbell. For you. I'll bring back Chemical Alley. <laughs> At least you knew where you stood with him. Uh, never forget Doc's ham sandwich lost at the airport. These Noah Hyde injustices must stop. Indeed. Indeed. From consent, you need to understand the biology, and they have purposefully taken that away from you. And I'm going to suggest that there are people on our side that have been purposefully confusing us about this biology and conflating the mythology portions of the biology in order to make sure that you can never exercise informed consent and just walk away from this. Well, like I say, the informed consent is sidestepped in the US. And again, you know, the issue I would point to Japan, um, there was no mandates here. Now, the social pressure is very high to conform, get vaccines. There's that much. And Japan being one of the most vaccinated countries in the world now. Now, supposedly, Charles Rixey has given me a challenge. And so we're going to address this challenge. <laughs> Wait, let me ring Rixey. Where is he?
Now, Rick says, uh, incommunicado. All right, so, whilst that's doing that. Today, very briefly, and then we're going to move on, because these are examples of people knowingly or unknowingly are dragging us backwards and distracting us from the way out. And it's really unfortunate because their motivations become very clear from my perspective because I've been paying such close attention for three years and I've seen a lot of things behind the scenes that unfortunately I can't share with you in the way that I would love to. Maybe someday I'll write a book. But there, there are too many statements, emails, conversations that occurred behind the scenes, which can I assure, I can assure you, form the foundation for the stance that I'm about to take. <laughs> And so today's talk is going to be divided again into four things, or three things rather. Um, first, we're going to do the Clone Wars overview, and that's going to use Charles Rixey and Kevin McCarran as examples of how the Clone War is being waged on us and how it has been waged on us over the last three years, and more importantly, how we are off script. Because it was supposed to be very easy to tell us that this is a scary virus, and it's so scary that we should all take the shot, and we were supposed to just be there. But unfortunately, the word transfection became common knowledge. Unfortunately, the methodology, sorry, the mechanistic basis for, for acquired immunity started to become common knowledge and not really mesh with this simplified narrative that was being pushed on TV about a billion people likely to die if we don't shut everything down and wear masks. Then I'm going to summarize infectious clones and try to teach again as quickly as I can what I, what I think is the basis for most understanding in RNA viruses and why it's in, incongruent with the natural form of these these entities, whatever that might be, it's poorly characterized. And then finally, the endemic hypothesis of so what I really think has been done to us, the illusion and mythology that we are trapped in, and compare it to the other hypotheses, which I will argue, again, are traps. Because uh, Again, I would just, just say, debate your position, Jay. Just um, have uh, have Charles. <laughs> have Charles there. Don't have to have me there. Charles, Charles is uh, more, than, uh, more than capable. Because they are stories which can repeat. So we might have another pandemic. We might need another lockdown. We might need a new vaccine. Are all they might release more weapons. And in the current environment, which do you think seems the <laughs> more probable? As these uh, fears of war are getting out of hand, as the nuclear escalation is stepping up. All built into all of those narratives except for one which is a narrative that nobody can really get anywhere with either so that's what we're going to do today and again i keep framing this as a scooby-doo because i believe the two main narratives about gain of function or a natural virus and what you what conclusion you come to in that story is the scooby-doo because if you pull the mask off of sheng li shi and you pull the mask off of of the bad guy and it's ralph barrick or it's tony fauci then you're solving the scooby-doo oh we found the bad guys if we put these guys in jail everything is fine I, I think that's a pretty shitty take on the position I have, but... We don't need to change any laws. We don't need to look at the directorships of, of U.S. Amerid or Aditra or DARP. We don't have to look at any... Um, Kang asks, why is this guy even bringing up Kevin, his little theory? Because myself, along with Charles, is the one who is showing its limitations and showing that it was factored in to discussions when we were... And people were arguing about lab origins. Now, you know, you could make some argument about serial passaging. Maybe that was possible as, as a mechanism. But in today's day and age, everything is, as, as Chase says, clones. But it was factored in by everyone, I think. Of these people, we can just put Peter Daszak, Ralph Barrick, and Tony Fauci in jail, and everything will be fine. That's the Scooby Doo. And so, if you I don't, who has that position, 
He does. You believe in lab leaker, if you believe in the natural Batcave virus with people just going in the Batcave too much, you have solved the Scooby-Doo and the bad guys are known to you. And so we can move forward once we solve out, sort out who the bad guys are and Congress can stop yelling and start making decisions. That's the Scooby-Doo. That's this. I have been there, done that. But I took this position because I feel very strongly that we need to have a moratorium on gain-of-function research. I told you that the great pandemic is coming. I think it's going to come not from spillover. It's going to become from gain-of-function research or intentional bioterrorism, right? It's going to be a bird flu virus that is manipulated to be able to transmit human to human, very similar to what we saw. Again, I would just point out the bioterrorists being the organizations that have front and centered all that we've seen in the last three years. All of it. That includes the war bit. With the COVID, you know, in 2014, that laboratory published that they finally learned how to take their COVID virus and have it bind to the H2 receptor in humanized mice and therefore it could go human to human. I mean, they did the experiments, they published them in, in 2014. And so that's the narrative, right? It's, it's a gain-of-function virus because they published it. They're trying to get that to be the, 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 the canon of this story. That there are papers that reveal the methodologies, the methodologies reveal the details, and then, crucially, the diffuse proposal is the cornerstone of the hypothetical case closed because all of the details, including spraying viral vectors into a bat cave, are all contained in that, that grant. And so this is the final straw. Like, obviously, they did it. And who's pushing diffuse as obviously true? The one and the only Charles Rixey. I'm failing to grasp the objection here. And if you could make that argument that Diffuse was completely left field, we could minimize its importance. But it doesn't. It's it's a it's a straw on a very very overladen camel. And so it's, it strikes me as odd that Jay would be trying his best to <laughs> look away from it. When, you know, clones, they specifically mention using clones in Diffuse. Everybody else is just kind of shrugging. You know, okay, it's there, but, you know, the circumstances with which it was found as a Marine in a database leaked to another Marine. Then a copy PDF was made with no metadata, released through Drastic, which is an international organization, as opposed to like going through the government, if you were a Marine. Like the government, like the government has uh, instilled any form of trust over the last three years. What was Charles supposed to do? <laughs> Can report it to Fauci? <laughs> Holy shit. He's so dim sometimes. You know, like a patriotic Marine that streams all the time with a guy from, from Japan who really roots on the idea that, that America might collapse. <laughs> um, well, if it's the federal government, yeah, I'm, I'm for that. <laughs> Along with many other Americans. <laughs> and you don't see that as incongruent? He wants to, he wants to he provoke leadership he wants to establish himself as a leader in this fight, fighting for the, the, the vendor to, to, you know, the millions of people that have been killed to fight. I feel like I've watched this bit. Have we watched this bit already today? For their justice. And he does it by streaming with a guy who throws racial epithets, uh, uh, racial slurs, and campaigns for the fall of America. Based. 
and released the diffuse proposal, not through a congressman, not through the, the state police or the FBI. He releases the diffuse proposal online with the help of a bunch of international anonymous accounts on Twitter called Drastic Science. That's the story we're supposed to believe here. Something changed, and it was not a novel cause of death. It wasn't. And yet Tom Friedman believes it was. It's a vaccine-preventable death. And that Paxlovid will reduce the people dying. Some of these people are responsible for seeding the pandemic narrative. I don't know which ones, but I think, I think if we look back at what people said, what thoughts they amplified, we can see it. Because remember, some of these people are tough. Some of these people stand up for the right things. You know, they really do. I'll give you a couple examples of people that stand up for the right thing. These guys right here, look. That's, that's Jordan Peterson. He stands up for the right thing. He wasn't going to let Canada tell him to use pronouns that aren't appropriate for people's gender. He wouldn't be told how he can speak. So he stood up. He wrote a book. He got fired. He got rich. The guy who's likely taking this picture is Brett Weinstein because he was most likely at this table with... Wait, who is that guy there? That's Eric Weinstein. There's Joe Rogan. There's Sam Harris. That's, uh... That's not Crowder. That's somebody else. And that's, uh... That's the guy who always wears the, the, the little yarmulke on his head. Anyway... The point is, is that that's Brett Weinstein taking this picture here. Brett Weinstein was also not, not uh, speaking out very well, um, but he was also like lauded, right? Because he got driven out of a university for his views, and he was driven out because people are woke, and he's a spokesperson for for standing up for free speech. But when it came down to shutting down schools or using masks that don't work, Brett was like, okay, shut. I bet Jay would have been on the faculty meeting saying, "Get that Weinstein out. His problems hurts my feels." Down the schools, I'll wear a bandana. realize what i'm telling you these people knew they're part of it they were encouraged to seed the narrative whether they knew what they were doing or not they are responsible for the 13 billion doses of the transfection successfully reaching human arms that's what i'm accusing these people of whether they know it or not they need to cop to it now before any of us should listen to anything that they say they should be apologizing to every person that has a friend or a relative that was killed by remdesivir they should be apologizing to every person that's been damaged by the shot. Every pilot that can't fly should get an hour on Brett Weinstein's podcast until it's done. But they won't. Let's listen to the big tough guy here who uh, supposedly is not going to be told what he can say and he's going to risk his whole career and write a book about how to be a man and take responsibility. Let's see if he took any responsibility for the pandemic in the pandemic. Here's Brett and Sam Harris talking. Let's see what they said right in December of 2019. Have you the functionality of religion as the exception, rather than having been the clear uh, fuel of the endeavor until modern times, and that once once we get there, we are much more hearable to people who we are, in the end, we need to appeal to and, and let them know, actually, um, you're not under attack, but there is an important problem to be solved. And well, no, they, they, are, they will be under attack where, when it really matters. I mean, that's just the thing. It's like, you're not, you're, everyone's free to believe whatever they want to believe until your beliefs are really are an obstacle to some very good, important thing happening, or, or, they're, or they're likely to cause some. This know, is not by accident. Terrible happening in the meantime. So, yeah, no, you know, nothing. Where the last of the coup is standing up against Jew money. <laughs> oh. Well, you could argue this is right. It doesn't matter much at all what you believe about vaccines until we invent really important ones. You know, until we have a pandemic that's killing everyone. This know, is not by accident. It's not, it's, you know, measles plus. You know, okay, measles plus. What you think about measles? Because Charles Rixie says that this is the most infectious virus ever, and it's many times more infectious than measles. Has he been talking to Sam Harris? Or is he just seeding the same narrative that Sam Harris seeded? 
right? Is it is it coming out from the epidemiological and scientific data that's published in exquisite detail every day for the last three years? <laughs> Back in 2020. He won't put him on a podcast. He needs to say sorry. Um, podcast from 2020. 2019, apparently. 2019, excuse me, in December. On Brett's eighth podcast. Eighth podcast. You think that's just coincidence? That the intellectual dark web was spun up about a year before the pandemic as some kind of cool thing? I wonder what Jordan Peterson said when the shot came out. Someone in his chat says, Harrison Weinstein play intellectuals on the internet to fulfill what malicious agenda? What is the common link? Hmm. <laughs> in Canada, and everybody was locked down. The functionality of religion as the exception, rather than having... Plus, you know, okay, I, I can tolerate what you think about measles, because, you know, not that many people die from it. It's, it's just a big hassle in the end. But, you know, when, when we have this new pandemic that is, you know, got 75% mortality and... Uh, it's not, it's, it, it, there'll be no pretense of being polite in the face of these beliefs. It'll be a, a moral emergency because it has to be. And this is just sheer contingency as to what, you know, whether we're in one condition or another. I mean, so that's, the, that's, that's why the only thing that scales is an honest, iterative, self-critical, Popperian process of fight. Popperian process is exactly why we are here. He is promoting the exact scientific philosopher that crashed this bus already. Popperian science p-values, never actually being able to prove anything. These are all the stupid philosophical ideas that underlie this falsifying hypothesis strategy of science that isn't really the scientific method as it's meant to be done, but is a perverted, twisted version of it that has made us into the clowns that we are now, made us, brought us to this dark age, and these people are responsible, actively responsible. That picture is scary. And it's very scary from three years in retrospect, looking back, listening to what these people were saying, and thinking about them as supposedly courageous people that stood up against what's right, stood up against and Now, just um, as a caveat to that, it seems to, it seems to me that there's a law, or you could argue myth, I guess, in virology, that there's a hundred-year pandemic that comes along. Boom, 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 and it's just around the corner. It seems baked into all, all their writing. Right. And of course, much of that was built off the 1918 pandemic. Do I think the pandemic right now is a consequence of H1N1? No, not like John Cullen thinks. I'm, I'm inclined to lean into that there was a engineered coronavirus. <laughs> it, was, it was targeted to do a job. And it's been spectacular in its success. Now, the, all in my mind is whether you wish to grasp the nettle of what that means. If you've had a weapon fired at you, you don't just carry on blithely and say, uh, so, oh, that, that, one's, that one missed, we'll be all right. No, it does, the world doesn't work like that. And stood for what's right. Compelled speech, no way. We can't talk about race in our evolutionary biology class. Me and my wife are going to put my foot down. I'm going to speak in front of the Senate about this. I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> I mean, for any of the reasons to uh, put your foot down, that's a good one in my book. <laughs> Maybe it bothers uh, Kelly. 
It's all manufactured, ladies and gentlemen. It's all big show. It's all big theater. Brett Weinstein had me on Signal for a year trying to control what I think or monitor what I think, edit what I think, discouraging me from thinking different directions and ridiculing and mocking me for thinking things like him. Ridiculing and mocking you is easy. Sorry. No natural immunity and T-cells and stuff like that until he couldn't. And then he went on his podcast and said, I think I thought of this, but also Peter McCullough and Jonathan Cooley may have thought of it too. It's all a show. Whether these people know it or not, they are participating in our eventual future trapping. And they are, they are doing it because they are given power and money, comfort. Where's mine? It's time to wake up. What did Jordan Peterson say when he was asked about the, the, the taking the vaccine? What did he say? Do you remember? What do you think courageous Jordan did? The guy who won't be told what he can say and wrote a book about 12 ways to take responsibility to grow a pair. How you be a real man. What did this big man say? What did this big man say? Shall we see? Sorry for that little glitch there. I didn't know I had to click on it. But I don't think that it's obvious that what you're doing is wrong. It's obvious that it's really complicated. And so I would, my response to this is to suspend judgment for six months, for six months from now. Fearing as I do the loss of civil liberties and being wary as I am about what it means for how we're going to handle infectious disease in the future. Um, where, you know, I'm wearing the masks when I'm required to. So was Brett. So I didn't. That's the best I can do with that. I have no particular insight. So was McCarran. Pandemic. His wife was it making masks. Me and my family in the same way it affects everyone else. It throws us into particular insight with regards to this pandemic. It affected me. You know, I'm wearing the masks when I'm required to. So that's the best I can do with that. I have no particular insight with regards to this pandemic. He has no particular insight with regards to this pandemic, yet he is so smart that he can sit on stage and do TED Talk after TED Talk after TED Talk about the biology of psychology, about the biology of lobsters, but he's not capable of reading a few books, reading a few papers, getting himself up to speed on basic immunology and helping out his viewers to figure this out. JC is yelling at nothing, missing to the plot entirely. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And uh, that th this pointing at um, dork web, etc. <laughs> Can we get some biology? Neither was Brett Weinstein. He said that he was going to give an immunology lecture and he never did it. They drove us into this madness on purpose and these people did it. The people that are now masquerading and standing up for things. Jordan just put a video up. The claims that he's figured it out. He just laid it all out what they did to us. Yeah, you laid it out three years too late when people like me were laying it out in 2020. You laid it out three years too late. Oh, you figured it out now? How come you didn't figure it out here where you said, let's give these people six months? And what else did he say in this video? What else does he say in this video? Listen carefully, because he also says, take the shot and shut up. It affected me and my family in the same way it affects everyone else. It throws us into psychological disarray in, in all the same ways and brings up all the same moral questions. And I wish I had a better answer, but I don't. So... So he did not have the guts to say we shouldn't listen to these people and that shutting down is a violation of our sovereignty or that this is not justified by the numbers. He didn't have Yeah, but again, you're presuming the fact that it was all things were normal. We know now from the legal cases that were set up that nothing, nothing was operating as normal. They shunted the public into a different operational paradigm. And the thing is, it wasn't a secret them doing it. It, it was a long slow squeeze have any insight i think we should just wait six months and see what happens i mean i've got the vaccine so that's part a partial answer on my part but 
I understand the position of those who don't want to take it. And I would be unwilling to compel them by force, that's for sure, because that's not the right approach. Although I would encourage people to get the damn vaccine and get, let's get the hell over this. That's, but I did that. I put my body... So you wouldn't force them to do it, but you would coerce them. You wouldn't force them to do it, but you'd shame them into doing it. Do you see how much of a piece of garbage this man is? Do you see how dangerous he is to your children and mine? This is not a good man. This is a broken person if this is his take on the shot. Oh, I wouldn't want to force anybody by using the law or by using government, but if we coerce them with social media, if I coerce them or convince them with my little mealy mouth whiny shit, wait six months, I took the shot, I did my part. I'm sorry I'm upset, but this is really important. We need to understand the depth and the breadth of the damage that has been done and who did it. Because these people are now, what is he doing right now? He's blogging about the, the Bay 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 party in the Netherlands and covering the, the election in the Netherlands. The Bay 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 party is funded by Big Pharma, by Bayer. The farmers have been fooled into voting for yet another globalist party. The Netherlands isn't gonna escape. Are you kidding me? My wife and family live there. If I could give her anything in the world, it would be to move back to the Netherlands so we could spend our time with her mom and my kid's grandma. But the Netherlands is going down fast, and it's because the system has been done. They have chosen this. They are going forward with this. They are going to be the center of the EU in the future. You think that Tri-Cities plan is a joke? It is not a joke. Not a joke. And so he's promoting that as if he's always been out in front of this. Always out in front, except for that time where he said, wait six months and take a shot and shut up. Garbage. Now, let's go back to the subject at hand. Kevin McCarran and Charles Rixey, they had a stream together. They watched the Rumble show that I did with John Bodwin, Jessica Rose, um, Stephanie Seneff, and Kevin McKernan. And after watching that show, they made some comments and gave me a little bit of a challenge, which I will address here. Please. <laughs> Finally. Uh, all right. Um, comments, Charles, on, on what we've heard so far? Oh, well, I mean... I'm kind of sickened by the fact that you know there's there's a lot of people who, who don't know the background who are hearing JC talk about this and think that he's some sort of uniter. So he's sickened. Have I ever expressed being sickened? Um, you induce feelings of nausea. Oh. <laughs> by Charles, sickened by by the ranting of Kevin McCarran, or if I just said that I didn't really like it or thought it was inappropriate, or what, have I ever said I was sickened? And then what is he sickened by? He is sickened by the fact, you know, there's a lot of people who don't know the background who are hearing JC talk about this and think he's some sort of uniter. He's the opposite. So far, not really addressing any biological issues, not really addressing any particular parts of my- <laughs> been speaking five seconds. My hypotheses that I put forward or what part of my, my shtick is he objecting to? I'm a divider. The only other person who talks about dividing is Dr. Robert Malone, because he's really worried that the, that, the, that the narrative is going to turn on him, and his suing the Breggins and his bossing other people around is going to result in him not being the captain of that team anymore, and the other side really needs him to be the captain. They definitely can't have somebody like Peter McCullough become the captain of Team Dissidents, or they- He gets into the science a bit later. Fuck. It's increasingly more random. And I'm trying to present this to you as evidence that these people are interlopers. They are perpetual. I'm an interloper. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I say, when, uh, when you can't defend your science, attack the man. Perpetuating the narrative that is the trap. They are part of the Scooby-Doo. Whether you like it or not, they are part of the Scooby-Doo. And other people in that picture are also part of it. Whether they know it or not, whether they know why, they have followed the script that they were given. And these guys, although they're off script, are trying really hard 
to make sure that people, whoever few hundred that watch them, are distracted and unable to follow me. And so for one last time, we're going to use them as a teachable moment, and we're going to expose this kind of strategy, which has been used from the beginning of the pandemic to create fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Uh, this is my first impression. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, I mean, I'm kind of sickened by the fact that, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who, who don't know the background who are hearing JC talk about this and think that he's some sort of uniter mm. because he's the opposite. And I don't know, that's just my first impression. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, I, I would have, the appeals to um, this being a, a sort of unifying theory between no virus people and I, I, I guess scientists and people like yourself. You're not a scientist, bro. You're a Marine. Don't forget that. Um. Yeah, I know. I know. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Yeah, um, the the appeal to like I say, in my mind, it was it was sort of baked into the original objections to all the Rasmussen's and Warabies vouchers uh, of this world that this recombinant technology was open to abuse. Um, it filled all the criteria of um, extant legislation with respect to bio warfare. Um, so, so far, he hasn't answered the question at all. Charles asked, what do you think about Jay being a divider? And then he said something about Warby and baked in and the plan about gain-of-function definitions, I guess, in the law. I'm not really sure. And now he's going to say... Pay attention, Cooey. Say what he thinks about my theory. I guess, I, I, I guess you could say he's being technically correct with how it's presented in the scientific literature and how they do many of these experiments. But also keep in mind, I would add up to this, they do do live culturing. From, from patients as well. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I guess I, I, I guess you could say he's being technically correct with how it's presented in the scientific literature in how they do many of these experiments. So Dr. Kevin McCarran actually thinks that they use clones almost all the time for RNA viruses, that I'm technically right about that. But occasionally they also can culture them, which is also kind of what I said. Hmm. So I wonder why I'm such a, I'm such a dork then. Oh, because you act like a dog. <laughs> That's why. And you go around taking swings at stuff and keep missing and make, making a mess on deck, Cooey. You spaz. I wonder why there's virtually no evidence for what I'm talking about. I wonder if Charles can expand on that at all. Right, so that they get that as a data point. So, um, I mean, I, I guess the, the biggest point of contention here is the, the spread that he's arguing for, which, if I was to understand his analogy... You get a plane full of people exposed to clones, and the direction of mutation would be random. Are you really Are you really convinced that he can't understand my graphics? Are you really convinced that he's still trying to figure out? I'm not sure really what Jay means. I don't really get it. As that spread from each person to person, and I, I have to I have to presume that he's agreeing that there's contagion baked into the. So he's purposely ignoring the nanopore paper that we're going to discuss in a little while that shows what proteins and how, how the relative abundance they would be in. And how... <laughs> Again, he keeps fucking up with this abundance issue. Right? Of, of course, of course, in viral packing, you're going to get lots of subunit proteins. <laughs> of course. They would be shed. It's, it's really pretending not to get it. It's... No, we get it. We get it. But it's limited. It's a limited theory. So right now, you've got to explain Japan's increase in cases. That's a clone? Dipshit! Really comical. It's pretending not to get it. Clone, which I, I would assume anyway. Yeah, so I want to apologize. My, my twin brother is uh, he's cocking up some drywall. In a, in a, he's 
he's finishing a room that's next door to the one that I'm in right now. So if you hear strange swiping noises in the background, it's not the, Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what you think it was, but um, well, there's a couple things that, that stand out to me. One is that he doesn't understand uh, the replication competence issues. Like he's literally the only thing he has left is the sequencing, which. So I don't understand the replication competence issues, but he's not going to clear that up at all. And the only thing I have left is the sequencing somehow? Isn't entirely clear as to, okay, um, but, but he's already misinterpreted and, and mis, um, uh, like pictured the, like the accuracy of the sequencing. And so Kevin right now, I'm sure like what he's trying to do is point out, Hey, this isn't exactly what you're, what you're claiming it is. I think he's talking about Kevin McKernan and how Kevin McKernan has let me know about the different error rates, but he, we just had that podcast together and he, we talked about it on there and they watched it together and now they're ignoring it as if we didn't have that conversation. Kevin agreed with me in it. Again, this is just obfuscation. It's purposeful obfuscation because they- Oh, uh, well, I see, and well, I've seen people writing. Uh, I saw Kev correcting you. They are seeding and maintaining the narrative that they have been told to seed and maintain. Even if it seems ridiculous, even if it seems like ridiculous objections to a guy who's not really disagreeing with them, their goal is to create the disagreement, to make you think that I could be wrong and that I'm ignoring them, and that's evidence that I'm not giving this patriotic Marine his due. And so the only way that he... <laughs> Which actually, you're shitting on a patriotic marine as it goes, bro. <laughs> Whilst wearing a Mossad t-shirt. Good optics, bro. He can get his message out, is streaming with a guy who throws racial slurs and isn't really <laughs> having any trouble with a multipolar world emerging as a result of whatever just happened. I don't. I don't. Tough, tough shit. <laughs> tough shit. I ain't, uh, I ain't down for any more Zog Forever Wars. Thank you, Kiwi. You send your boys. And the problem is that there's several parts of his theory that aren't exactly like he's claiming that it is. But he's claiming that, and nobody knows the science well enough to be able to, to question it. And it's really he, dangerous. Would he say that PCR is detecting a phantom of COVID? No, I guess a lot of his argumentation rests on the fact that there is a, um, there's a swarm. There's a swarm out there of coronavirus and SARS-like virus, even as a consequence of the um the first quote unquote outbreak um and he seemed or he puts forward the idea that much of the cases detections etc is part of this background swarm and there's some merit to that but again you've got to uh, you've got to deal with the emergence of a novel pathology which is what those doctors told him when he tried to introduce them to uh, infectious clones and <laughs> infectious clones is it's it's there that's what everyone was talking about everyone was pissed off because of the fact that there was this technology that they were leveraging and leveraging in a very dangerous manner which was in the bio defense realm and domain and we're now looking at the consequences of that and watching people go down, go down the avenue of essentially viruses aren't real. And look, you've had literal viral experts, virus experts, virologists, explain this out to Jonathan. Explain it to Mark. But no, everything that they do has got to be seeded via the nanoparticles of Inovio 
and nothing to do with the recombinant biology. No, oh, no, that's not a fair way of putting it. Because, you, yes, they're focusing, he's focusing on the recombinant biology. But I would just say, everyone has. Everyone has. His take on it is that it would peter out. And so where I was going with, in, in his analogy, as I understand it, the mutation rate, if you filled a plane full of pure clone, onboarded those planes and they all went off in different directions, you would have all different viruses as part of the, uh, the background upon which, the tapestry upon which illness takes place. But then you've got to take into account different, different variants. And why were variants emerging in a quasi-predictable manner? Or, or you could say that their evolution was directed in some fashion. Kevin McKernan doesn't know the science well enough to question me. We did a podcast. We talked about it. We had a Zoom. He could have come back at me. He didn't. He's done plenty. He's even right substack about you. <laughs> are you are you really believing this right now? That he would even say that online? What would be the motivation for somebody like Charles Rixey, who's supposed to be a Marine, who is patriotically revealing a whistleblower document or a, or a leaked document, which indicates the origin of the... And he gets ghosted constantly, constantly. And ghosted a lot because of the shit talking that Jay does in the background, like he did with uh, John Bodwin. <laughs> this, like I say, his playing innocent here, and like he's being attacked, etc. <laughs> I just, he cries out in pain as he strikes you. <laughs> Can you provide some inside information on what happened between JC and Mary, virologist woman? Supposedly, she shat on him in a private panda discussion. Yeah. And shout on him just told him that this uh, these are the premises by which we work by it's a sort of agreed upon set of standards that you transfect cells with clonal rna you it will spit out viral particles viral particles that match what we saw in the electro electron microscopy prior to the emergence of recombinant biology as a full, as a unifying technique in virology so that they're all working on essentially the same thing and you know from a from a functional perspective when what when what you're interested in is the expression products right the proteins that drive pathology i can understand why they would want a standardized lab construct in this instance and that lab construct yes could be purified could be um released into the environment but i would argue that that you would still have the dynamics which modern virology has come to own in on as a discipline the virus and his strategy is to stream with somebody who has less than 200 views on a video when he publishes them. A guy who regularly throws racial slurs and roots for... Thousands of views, Cooey. <laughs> Thousands. Oh, dear. <laughs> he sounds... Uh, how should I say? You want some more sand in that broken vagina of yours?
or a multipolar world where authoritarian Russia, authoritarian China, and an authoritarian America are ruling. Um, how about, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. But you know what I don't want? Global homo. <laughs> Sprayed everywhere by the uh, transnational courts, which have a, uh, how do you say, physical and ideological basis uh, in the US. How about that? Does that clarify my point? Maybe. Maybe Jay's all for global homo. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Can you not see how obvious this is? Now you're going to see it if you don't yet. The thing we're fighting right now is when scientists will um, portray something as other than it's not. I mean, that's exactly what they're, they're trying to do this week with... Um, the with recruiting the data. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly awesome. what they're doing. Yeah. So it's not, it's not justified when it's you know, on our side. And the fact that he... So he's, he's basically gotten Paul Alexander to say, oh, man, yeah, this is, this is great. Um, nobody, nobody's looked at the science to actually see if what he's saying is true. And Charles is not going to present any science to say it's true, but... Which he's done innumerable times. Innumerable times. Said, why don't, why don't you debate him? But you won't. You won't. Uh, you run away, run away and hide and do it behind your camera, whereas I, I don't have any problem whatsoever debating any of the points around the science. Jay is the one running away, sniping from the sidelines, etc. Sniping. <laughs> Lick spills. Don't pay attention. Don't pay attention to the dish. You've actually got expertise in this domain. Don't. Don't. Follow Scooby Snacks. Follow Scooby Snacks and get pulled down into irrelevant details about the biology that were there in the literature. All of this comes down to, is, I guess you could ask, is recombinant biology dangerous? I would say, yes, it is. It's the, what is the way and uh, why is the path to the uh, synthetic biology panopticon that they've got waiting for you? And to be attacking the one thing which is allows us, allows us to put something official onto these organizations. Is, is bizarre to me. And again, <laughs> I would just say, once, once, you're, uh, once you're in Epstein orbit, you're just going to spew nonsense. He's arguing that nobody gets it. So he's, I'm able to bamboozle everyone with my ideas because- No, no, everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. It's a nothing burger. Nobody else understands the science, so Jay is just going around like an enchanter and bamboozling everybody to believe something that's even worse than reality because now we're all screwed if we believe Jay. He's dividing nuts. You see how much nonsense is here? Now they're going to triple down. <laughs> After all he's done and said, Jesus. And that's concerning. But nobody's questioning him on that part of it. And they really need to. And he won't talk to us anymore. No, well, we got that... Uh... Get that email right. <laughs> Wait. Uh, I don't remember what the email said. I barely looked at it. Oh, God. I'm not, arguing. I'm not fighting with you. <laughs> what did the email say? Well, I think it was on March 4th that I was streaming when I got attacked in my chat, and I was kind of forced to commit to a Monday debate with Charles and... and the Which you ran away from. <laughs> you ran away. Aaron would host it, and I just said it so that these people would go away in the chat. And after I got done, um, I realized that I did not want to talk to them and did not want to have him on my stream. And so I, re I, wrote, I wrote an email 
and it's here on the screen right now, and I hope none of their emails are visible. I don't think they are. So it says, hello, Kevin and Charles. So down here, you can see the email that he sent me. I hope this finds you well. What would be the best time for you both to meet for discussion on SARS? Cheers, Kevin. So despite the fact that in that stream, I was already saying that Kevin has lost his mind and he's swearing all the time and I don't want to be a part of it anymore, please stop. They send the, He sent an email like this saying, everything's cool, let's have a discussion. <laughs> Kiss. We're going to drag you to the mat one way or the other. Your ideas will get pummeled or you'll get pummeled. And let's say the shit talking. I don't care about it. I love it. I love it. Right, that's uh, that's the way of the world now. It's not the it's not the thoughtful letters written in the uh, in the academy anymore. This is fast moving, take no prisoners type of science. And you know, I don't I don't give a shit if he's got if he feels he needs to entertain people in that man. I'm all for it. Right, anything anything that uh, breaks free the shackles of uh, restricted speech, I'm I'm down with it. Okay. So of course I'm. Well, I'm gonna have put. Oi, cunt! See you tomorrow. <laughs> Behind the bike sheds. Discussion. So my response was, "Hello, Kevin and Charles." As I made clear at the end of my stream, I think it's best if both of you remain consistent with your rhetoric and remove me from Kevin's website and move on. I don't think there is much to be gained on my end by discussing these ideas with you on your or my broadcast. I hope you'll accept my apologies for hastily suggesting that I would discuss this. They ran away. You ran away. <laughs> I wasn't because there's nothing of substance to the clone argument what they fired a weapon at you great everyone knows that everyone knows it and gets it okay now now we have to make sure that they don't do it again and like i say if you can't if you can't step up and start pointing fingers where they need to be pointed or you're going to engage in i don't know not science gnosticism then what <laughs> the situation with you both on camera this Monday. I was being All harassed I see by the chat and a couple of numbskulls. I hadn't fully thought through the impact. Of yes, yeah, very much so. Very much so. He's not, um, he's not handling the pressure well. That's all. Uh, can you remove auto mod from Twitch? It's censoring so much now. I don't know, bro. <laughs> How do I? How do I do that? Watch on Rumble. Your chat will come up. Let me just. Of adding a more recent stream with Kevin to my catalog. After further consideration, I don't want to risk fragmenting the small network of people I've built. While I'm sure there is more to this than a clone virus and a drive for transfection, I don't think discussing the more advanced layers where the Jews are killing us and their gain-of-function viruses kill billions sometime soon. Start that recording. <laughs> Wait. Uh, and again, if you're not prepared to point at who the enemy is, then you're no fucking good. There's a fingerprint there. There's a fingerprint there that needs looking at. If you're not talking about the fact that Israel does not have a signatory or any representation on biowarfare legislation, you're not talking about that, you're, you're a problem. You've been abstinized too much. That's, it's that simple. That's how the whole of the world will see it. It's that simple. Helps us advance an effective resistance in the presence. For sure, you're, you've both got to accept that I had zero to do with Charles getting fired at CHD. No, no, we don't. And uh, we know <laughs> what well, was uh, done and said in the background. So fuck you, Cooey. You're a backstabbing little shit.
You've managed to convince a lot of people that's the case, but at least Charles knows it's a lie, even if you won't see it, Kevin. I wish you and your family's good health and great fortune in the coming years. So if you're not aware of this, Charles and I... The ayahuasca man says in the bottom, JC, you keep using Kevin McCann as an excuse not to talk to Charles Rixey. What I've learned is that whoever is dodging the debate or conversation generally is hiding something or has financial interests. A discussion with Rixey would clear a lot of things up for your audience. Yeah, yeah. And so you've got to keep asking yourself, why? Why, why be taking this approach? Why be taking this approach? An approach that's built upon, well, sort of um, attacking the presentation, presentation style that I have. I say my presentation style is it's not meant to be orthodox science. It's about maintaining a presence on the internet that can be effective in moving forward and getting hold of scrotes who hide, like the Baileys try to hide, right? Baileys again, who he's he flates them constantly. Unbelievable. We were working together at CHD, and we were working to help um, um, Bobby edit his Wuhan book, which will be done in a couple of weeks, and then be at the readers and whatever if the, if the schedules holds. But the point is, is that we were working on an earlier version of the book together, and while we were working on that book, um, Charles did something um, which violated the the agreement that he had um, with regard to the text and sharing it with people. Um, he didn't share it at all. Okay, Charles came back to a hotel room because it was raining on the deck. And I left the hotel when he came back, right? I was packing up my shit. And uh, instead of, I, I would say, trying to manage that situation. Oh, no, 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 no. Cooey has gone into, uh, come on, I was thinking he's, he can uh, maintain the flow of Epsteinized cash to himself. Whereas, you know what I would have done? Especially, especially if Charles had got me the job and they dropped, they dropped Charles like that. I'd have dropped them. Sorry. Sorry. But no, no. <laughs> Kui working away in the background, spilling all kinds of scientific gibberish, like he does at Panda, like he does at Children's Health Defense, etc. It's um, it's a constant theme now. And like I say, Ayahuasca Man is correct. Um, he's using Charles' relationship, or, or me, as an excuse not to talk to Charles. <laughs> Charles doesn't need me. Charles can handle himself. And Charles would go in there and tie him up in knots. Um, and unfortunately, what he did involved Kevin McCarran. And so after the, the people involved researched Kevin, the only question they had is, why in the world would you be with that guy right now while you're supposed to be working on the book? While you're being paid by Children's Health Defense, you are streaming with this person who is not necessarily the most friendly guy to CHD. And <laughs> not now. <laughs> and again, um, who's who's trying to push the same shit? You've been you've been choking on it for generations. <laughs> How to give you a curated uh, solution? Not touched by Epstein. Promise instead of responding very quickly and saying he's sorry and I didn't realize or whatever please don't fire me I really want to work for you guys he just kept streaming because there was no issue till you made it an issue and like I say it, there was um, I've seen the jealousy in uh, his writings back and forth about me um, there's, a, there's a long long history of uh, his like I say I don't 
dislike him per se, but I, I think he's been stupendously wrong again and again and again. And now he's got this fixation about clones. <laughs> Everyone, recall it what it is. Recall it in biology. with Kevin. They left them no choice. So they let him go. They took away his access to the book and didn't pay him the next month because what else could they do? It's not like he called back up and said, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. That was my mistake. And so I said this letter because I do think that some of the, the viewers and the people that follow... Christy Libo in the corner there says, McCann dare is up Bobby with Epstein connections. I haven't dirted up anyone. That's fucking RFK Jr. that did that. He was the one that was in those circles. Wow. Wow, the delusion that these people have, Christy. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. And you wonder why things never change. Unbelievable. <laughs> Charles have been able to convince Kevin that I'm a bad guy and that I got Charles fired at Children's Health Defense. Yeah, you did. You did. And in reality, I had absolutely nothing to do with it. And if anything, I tried to mitigate it um, by saying that Kevin, you know, has this shtick, but it's really just a shtick and he's a good guy. But that didn't cut it. That's. <laughs> I want to. Uh, I'd, I'd say he's lying at this point, and he's going in, and you know, for yeah, you could argue in a capitalist, you know, that that's it's all fair in love and war, etc. But um, no, like I say, we know we know what he did. Charles knows what he did, and Rumble Chat is down. Is that true? No, it's working. JC acts like a grade school forming secret clubs and turning friends against each other pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the reality. And so now the, the, the train is out of control because I think that Charles being a part of Children's Health Defense and being able to make sure that Bobby's book contained a huge chapter about the diffuse proposal and how real it was, was part of the plan. And now that plan is off the rails because Charles is not working for them anymore and I'm writing with Bobby, and I know Diffuse is fake. <laughs> Diffuse is fake. Okay. So all that, all that science, all that research, all those billions of dollars, that's all fake and gay. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Or at least I think that that is the far more parsimonious conclusion to come to, given to how it was created. No, I don't. Neither does... Uh... Anyone with two cell brain cells to rub together. And how it was found and released. And who is primarily pushing it. Which is, again, a person who I think is not exhibiting what I would call patriotic adult behavior. But desperate behavior of somebody who's trying to sustain yeah, heritage. Yeah, well, um, but it's not like it's the only problem. Um, because... Did I read that? Is he really questioning... Charles's patriotism. <laughs> Fucking goof, man. <laughs> wow. Something a minute ago that, that I wanted to talk about. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there's several different pieces of this that, he, that he's, he's making claims of. Another one is evolution after the fact. Okay. So if there's what Kim McKernan just said, you know, if there's one error, you know, in a million or whatever, like there's only so many more, there's only so much difference between any of these things so the one implication of that is okay well then why why are we treating this that much differently than any other virus 
Like, because obviously virus, see, my big question to JC right now, if I could ask him one question, and I can't because I'm not worthy, but if I could, I would ask him, um, what is the difference between a Sarbeca virus, or I'm sorry, just, just. Bobby is a Kennedy, like it or not, he has connections as big, if not bigger than Trump, expect legacy attacks. Yeah, <laughs> like I say, you, you're going to ask for Trump back as well? I play a picture of him with fucking Epstein at the beginning of the, every stream. The pedos, the degenerates that run those circles and networks. And now you've got Jay running interference for him. <laughs> oh, this is killing me. It's great. We can go further. What's the difference between a beta coronavirus and an alpha coronavirus? And just see what he says. And, and why is there a difference? Mm. Because, because if they're all going to revert to some mean, then why is there a difference? Mm. Now, I just want him to answer that question because that would expose, because he can't actually answer that question. Because then you'd have to actually go back and read the literature and see that there were certain parts of, of the genome that's different for different viruses that are more stable and, and less amenable to recombination than others. And some that are just, they're just not, they're just not compatible. So, and yet, somehow, these coronaviruses that exist in nature continue to persist. Like, like we picked them up, HKU, whenever it was first discovered. So Nancy's saying there was a major problem, Rixie treating it different than any other respiratory illness, for fuck's sake. Again, that's, this is the type of moronic level that you're dealing with and what we're supposed to ignore all the clinicians that said we were dealing with a novel aggregate of symptoms still are still are that's not remdesivir that's not clones that's not nothing it's still percolating through the system covered i think 2005 maybe and we're still picking it up 20 years later in this form so how are we doing that? How are we able to pick up those things when they were discovered 20 years ago? They should all be part of some mean So do you see the trap Charles and, and, and McCarran have laid for us, or Charles is trying to lay for us? He wants us to defend virology. He wants us to defend alpha and beta. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I need to go fill my cup again, but uh, I want to listen to this bit. I'll be back in a sec.
Alright. Got it, Chemical Alley. Alright. The coronavirus is he's challenging me to go read the literature and show him that I know the difference between these two arbitrary groups. He's challenging me to defend virology, but thanks for the up. I will de destroy biology with this very statement. Go ahead, let's listen to it one more time because you can hear He's going to destroy biology with this very statement. <laughs> this should be funny. It is plain as day. This is their last card. This is their last ditch effort to try and get me to trip. And it's pathetic. Ready? Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Put it in another tab. Ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Let's listen to it again. So, if there's what Ken McKernan just said, you know, if there's one error, you know, in a million or whatever, like there's only so many more, there's only so much difference. L. Capitang says, I've been following this from the start. JC has all the hallmarks of a narcissist. Earlier, he made out as though Kevin McKernan's critique of his bullshit was no big deal and lied about the timeline of events when it came to Charles calling him out. It makes as though his quasi-swarm fidelity theory is rock solid. He's hell-bent on being that guy who rewrites the phylogenetic playbook, etc., etc. Um, very, very astute comment, L. Capitang. Between any of these things. So the one implication of that is Okay. Well, Shit, what's, wow. ha what's happening? Oh no, what happened? Something. He did brush over McKernan's rebuttal. Yes. Yes. Crashed. Something's messing with me. That's impressive. All right, tap your boys. I just want him to answer that question because that would expose, because he can't answer that question. Because then you'd have to actually go back and read the literature and see that there were certain parts of, of the genome it's different for different viruses that are more stable and, and less amenable to recombination than others. And some, they're just, they're just not, they're just not compatible. So, and yet, somehow, these coronaviruses that exist in nature continue to persist. Like, like we picked them up, HKU, whenever it was first discovered, I think 2005 maybe, and we're still picking up 20 years later in the swarm. So how are we doing that? How are we doing that? How are we picking it up in the swarm, Charles? How is that possible? How do we pick up viruses in the swarm, Charles? Tell us about that. Is, uh, let me guess, PCR is fake and gay now? Yeah, because that's what this is all resting on, right, Charles? How are we able to pick up those things when they were discovered 20 years ago? They should all be part of some meme now. Yeah. And you can't answer that. I mean, that's how simple tearing down his, his argument is, because it's, it's not complicated. But, but people don't know that, and he's worked very hard to keep us from, from, like, from interacting with us, because he doesn't want his listeners to hear that. That's pretty hysterical. So the only people that can crack through this are Kevin McCarron and Charles Rixey. <laughs> anyone, anyone who's just been working in the life sciences for the last couple of decades would know this. A guy like Paul Alexander, he's an idiot. He could never figure this out. Michael Yeadon, he's an idiot. He could never figure this out. Michael Yeadon, I believe, is... Oh, I don't know. The idiot would be too kind. Yeadon is... Sketchy, sketchy, just because of his background, etc. Working with Pfizer and um, again, cozying up with uh, Kaufman, Cowan, etc. So, um, you know, <laughs> where did all that money go that they had for doing experimentation, etc.? They soon shut up as uh, people, people offered to take their money and suddenly they don't want to do that game anymore. Um, 
Robert Kennedy Jr., he's an idiot. He could never figure this out. Jay is bamboozling everybody. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is just Epsonized. That's it. As are many, many in that hierarchy. Okay. <laughs> you can either accept that and work with it or you spiral like Cooey is right now. And the only people that have a chance of saving is these two. Again, what? Where, where have we implied that in the argument here? This is, this is about looking at the idea of infectious clones, recombinant biology, plasmid biology that they put inside of bacteria. It's industrial scale processes that they use them. And I'd say to, to go around and, and, and make a bunch of claims about the products of clonal biology. And this is, this is the hang up that he has with Mary, where Mary said, look, you get the same emergent phenomenon, which is the viruses coming out. And she works on them on a daily basis. And she's got a whole catalogue of um, electron microscopy images that she's taken that look absolutely magic. And so the challenge is alpha and beta coronaviruses and about how certain genes are less amenable to recombination. It's an interesting theory, isn't it? Let's just look at one paper and see how virology is done. Let's look at this literature that Charles knows so well and Jay has to go back and read. Let's go see what we got here. Let's just take a paper from 2011. At the heart of the early coronavirus work, six or eight years after this, the discovery of HKU1, which he was just talking about a minute ago. This is a detection of alpha and beta coronaviruses in multiple Iberian bat species. Anybody know where the Iberian Peninsula is? The Iberian bat species, the detection of alpha and beta coronaviruses. I wonder how they do that, Charles. How do they find all these wild viruses? And this is, this is going into PCI's fake and gay. All right. Uh, JC is literally hanging himself on discrediting every word spoken by McCann and Rixie. Yeah, just like I say, the scientific argument is weak. And the, look, I, like I say, I don't mind the shitposting type approach on the internet. I mean, that's what the internet was made for. But uh, the, oh, let's, let's hear what he has to say about how from beta coronaviruses. Yes. It says over here that they use a pan-coronavirus nested PCR designed for the, the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase gene. Do you see that right there? A pan-coronavirus nested PCR was designed in the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase gene. How many non-structural proteins are there in the virus? 16 or 18? How many other proteins or genes are there in total, like 29 or 30? And so they decided to zero in on the enzyme, which is most conserved across all... Oh, it's because it's conserved. <laughs> You know, that RNA-dependent RNA polymerase. <laughs> ...coronaviruses across all species. And they amplified a 365 base pair... I wonder, I wonder if in Jay's world there's a difference between chimpanzees and uh, humans. <laughs> ...fragment from it. And on the basis of that one fragment, 350 base pairs from a genome that's supposedly 30,000 bases long, is enough for them to make a phylogenetic tree. So they found all kinds of viruses in all these different bat species. Whoa, oral samples and fecal samples with different locations and genuses, beta, alpha, and beta, alpha, 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 and beta. And they make lots of charts with all the different accession numbers of the partial sequences that were resurrected from their sample based on a primer set targeting the RNA-dependent polymerase, the most conserved protein across all coronaviruses, the protein that I've been arguing you have T-cell memory to, which overlaps, and therefore your natural immunity is just fine. For some people other people not and again this so he's treading into the area of 
well, there should be no disease emergent from expressing SARS proteins. And I would, I would think that that would be a shaky intellectual patch to scrape out for yourself in this environment. Charles is trying to lecture you on something that he doesn't even understand by saying that this protein is resistant to recombination. Yeah, because if you recombinate, if you recombine on this gene, then you will render it functionless and your particle will be non-replication competent. It's the whole reason why replication competent, incompetent particles exist, Charles, because recombination and mutation occur. Again, I, I see the packaging of peptides as different to J. I don't see them as non-functional. I see them as part of making the battlefield more susceptible to the virus. Not just recombination, and it's good. Recombination in a small genome like that is almost always a stop. And that means non-infectious particle. Every time you get a recombination, the possibility of it being good is a fraction of the possibilities of it being bad and an erroneous drop-off. The proofreading part that, that you're trying to argue is important is still not sufficient to stop the errors. The recombination is caused by the same protein that's supposed to be proofreading, which is exactly what Kevin McKernan and I argued about in that five rumble stream. And I think he was a little taken aback by the fact that when he said, that, well, you know, they have this EXON gene and it results in proofreading or it reduces the number of errors when a coronavirus is copying. And I said, that's interesting because it also is responsible for recombination. And Ralph Barrick and, and, and Dennison published that in 2019. It's interesting how the same enzyme that's responsible for increasing the fidelity of translation is also responsible for skipping and recombination, which for the majority of those recombination events on a short genome like that are stops. Yeah, but again, I, I would, I would take issue with stops okay they might not come out as infective particles but you want to you want to again seed the environment such that when you do pull the trigger on making the virus package complete that they have a fertile uh, yeah i guess just fertile ground on which to on which to land they're drop-offs, they're incomplete translations, which means you have an incompetent particle. Now, let's go look again, just to make sure that we see what's going on here. Here is a phylogenetic reconstruction of all these viruses that Charles purports we can follow around the world and are part of the swarm. And every one of these viruses was identified based on a 396 base pair fragment of the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase. No spike, no N, no M, no E, no EXON gene. None of those genes were even found in this paper. None of those genes were even looked for in this paper. Just a 396 base pair fragment of... And again, you know, we know they were doing this. This is part of their industry pitch, right? That they'll go out and sequence and, um, and they've got this rapid detection approach. The RNA-dependent RNA polymerase, which is the most conserved protein among all coronaviruses. And that's why they use it to anchor the tree because the variation in this enzyme, and if it's tolerable, would probably represent a useful branch. And so they separate the beta and the alpha coronaviruses here based on a 396 base pair fragment taken from the most conserved region of the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase, and tell you that this represents hundreds of viruses with the potential to zoonotically jump from Iberian bat species. So yeah, thanks Charles for setting me up for that one. 
um, you haven't negated the point that <laughs> the phylogenetics and the genetics themselves are pointing at extent with differentiated subspecies. I guess <laughs> that was the whole point of uh, his question. Now, what what's Jay trying to do? Just dismiss the categorization efforts that they've had up to this point, saying you can't trust it. Maybe, maybe. Um, I'm I'm generally inclined towards logical inconsistencies being self-correcting somewhat prior to 2020. Well, uh, and you know the lead up into that as the spring was about to snapshot, I don't know, but I don't know, 2011, um, if this is where the experts were spending their time and resources, I'm inclined to listen to it. And they, for their reasons, have come up with um, their phylogenetic tree. And I'm presuming that the, the difference here, the difference is dependent on the RNA, RNA-dependent polymerase. I don't. I haven't seen much to shake the idea that we should consider unique entities here. Now, I would agree with perhaps in retrospect, after what we've seen virologists do, that all of this should be go back, go back and be re, rechecked. I, I would. I'm. I'm down for that. I would concede that. But only only as part of the iterative scientific process. It, let's let's find out where there are holes in these evolutionary theories. Because yeah, virology is a big house of mirrors. It is an implication that these genetic signals indicate zoonotic potential, indicate a reservoir of 1.5 million viruses waiting to jump. And so whether you like it or not, Charles Rixey, by pushing the diffuse proposal, by attacking me, by going. Dr. D, good to see you. Uh, says, so many assumptions JC is throwing out. I've checked on T cell memory in patients 2021. It was just a tiny fraction of these unvaxxed that had. There you go. So clinical, clinical experience, which is what should always guide you. Otherwise, you get into this angels on dancing on the head of a pin nonsense that um, Kui is getting into right now. Going on the screen with Kevin McCarran is working against our families escaping from this. He's not going to mention ever once, Charles, here's a nice challenge for you. Why don't you mention once on your big streams that we should use the Seventh Amendment to strike the PrEP Act? Why don't you just once on your big stream say that of the one million... <laughs> um, I've heard arguments for and against the Seventh Amendment. And, that, and again, that's... Um, <laughs> That's uh, that's stuff for Americans to sort out on the ground. Million people in the United States that died in the last three years, a significant proportion of them were killed because they weren't allowed to have antibiotics. They were given remdesivir and they were opioid deaths and other deaths roped in by a bad. Charles always speaks about that. So do I. So do I. There has to be a proper accounting given. And all the time you engaged in fictive science like Cooey, you're not going to you're not going to do the full accounting. A small genome like that is almost all. no spike, no end, no once on your big streams that we should use the Seventh Amendment to strike the PrEP Act. Why don't you just once on your big stream say that of the one million people in the United States that died in the last three years, a significant proportion of them were killed because they weren't allowed to have antibiotics. They were given. So full of shit. 
so full of shit. Unbelievable. And again, setting up straw man and setting up uh, purity tests on it. <laughs> Given remdesivir and they were opioid deaths and other deaths roped in by a bad PCR and financial incentives to use it. How come it happened here? And it's still happening. Your grand unified theory is not a grand unified theory if it falls at the first real-world challenge. There's your real-world challenge. Explain Japanese data. There's no fucking financial incentives to get PCR here. None. None. They give them out very, very grudgingly. Because he won't. Because their job is just to sustain the narrative. That's why on his... <laughs> right, we're sustaining a narrative. Right. <laughs> Don't look at all those documents that are legally admissible. <laughs> Don't do that! Lexville! How dare you! Follow the clones! Last stream, Kevin McCarran said that we should be afraid of the bird flu, exactly like Redfield said on... <laughs> no. What I said was, I'm keeping my eye on the bird flu, and that's one... That's one of the agents that we know that is, is part of this... Technology scape, and what you think that that you think that these people, if if they're engaged in what seems to be a full on, pretty full on, it doesn't get more full on um, assault, that they wouldn't go down the the bird flu avenue when we're dealing with a potentially immunocompromised populace, world populace. But uh, I guess in Jay's world, uh, there is no H5N1. <laughs> it's just a clone. On the hill, that we should be afraid of a laboratory-grade bird flu. It's the same story because they are sustaining the same narrative. Now, see, my question comes is, does the fatality rate maintain? And I, would, I think that the literature would point to there being a drop in lethality. Could it be bad? Yes. Very much so. Um, and in, in this, like I say, if he's not sitting here talking about bio-warfare environments and he's thinking, he's trying to convince you that ah, it's, all just, it's all just fantasy and illusion, he's literally, he's the equivalent of the dude that hands out the little plastic ayatollahs to the children as they march into the minefield. That's what this is. <laughs> where America is controlled demolition and we all do it ourselves that's the job here that's what they're doing to us that's what's happening that's why this argument is made that's why the endemic hypothesis makes the most sense we had coronaviruses in the background some of them were SARS no one's going to debate that point but but we weren't doing any testing but if we had the PCR test would work there we released a few clones to make sure that we could culture it and make sure that the sequence would be identical so that we could claim it was pandemic spread we needed like five patients to be culturable and this would have worked. We don't need 50. We don't even need 100. There might have been more, but it only required those three people. The Sohomish County man and a couple other people in Wuhan. And this thing is running because on the background. Well, and again, you've got to explain its appearance in other countries. ...of SARS and other coronaviruses with RNA-dependent RNA polymerase that can be picked up by the same set of primers. Don't you understand? 
all of those viruses in that paper were found using the same RNA-dependent RNA polymerase pan-coronavirus primer pairs. So if they do that with the N-protein and the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase for these coronaviruses and they can find them all, then they will all be PCR positive. You don't think Charles and, and, and Dr. McCarran understand that? You understand it. Got it. Like I say, I think um, Jay's point about Omicron, maybe Omicron was, a, was the background um, virus that, you know, this spike gene dropout. And maybe that was there all along in the background. And that's what we were picking up after, after the, um, what was the last, wasn't Delta, was it? What, what came after uh, Delta? Was it Delta then Omicron? Maybe. They're just ignoring it. They're not saying it because it's not on their list of things they're allowed to say. <laughs> no. Hey, just like remdesivir isn't. Just like. <laughs> I, I talk about remdesivir. I talk. I even talk about fucking fentanyl all the time. see crap maybe china had sars like circulating but nothing with the pathology was circulating in the eu at least not prior to 2018. Mm. and i say i'm i'm just inclined to go with the clinical literature i'm not saying it's perfect um uh, let's see i hate to say this guys but this discussion is one vector off the great reset maybe maybe like iatrogenic deaths dominating the tabloid is not on their agenda. They can't say it. Ah, again, right, talk about it all the time. Talk about it all the time. Now, my question is, why, why are you not talking about all these things as part of these weapons systems? Why not? And that's why this worked. Because the background makes the PCR work forever. And the background is what they are converting to an infinite source of danger. The protocols are what did it. That's why it's red. That makes the PCR work. That makes the sequences correct. That makes all the molecular biology right. It makes all this fighting about that meaningless. And it focuses on the iatrogenic causes of death because that's where the real injustice was done. And these guys... Oh, God. Oh, God. And the thing is, once you get possessed with this, you're just going to get the camp saying, well, what about um, those that did get impacted by the virus? I know many 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 people who got fucked over we're just supposed to discount their uh, their experience as well as as he tries to force fit everything into his particular worldview and prism guys don't want you to focus on that injustice they want you to focus on the gain of function injustice <laughs> bollocks all of it i want all of it let it all burn the scooby-doo Mm. Man, oh man, to think he spent literally hundreds of hours trying to work through this, um, well, again, <laughs> shabbily constructed uh, data points and leaps of logic. That's why I'm on them. That's why I'm on them right now, because they are part of this. None of <laughs> Great. Thanks for the content, bro. Uh, makes my life easy. <laughs> None of these people here can be trusted right now. And yeah, I'm circling my boss. None of these people here can be trusted right now. Why? Because they're all pushing the... <laughs>
Kill is the way. Follow the gourd. Follow the gourd. Don't look at those biowarfare programs. Don't. Gain of function narrative right now. Brett, Bobby, Ryan Cole, Peter McCullough. That's all a spike protein designed in a lab, released from a lab. It's a crime that needs to be fixed. All of these people are there. So don't think for one second that I'm judging these guys inappropriately. I'm putting these people all in the same group. The line is right here. These people over here were way out in front. Bobby was way out in front, but now he's on the gain of function train. These guys are not. <laughs> uh, he's busting by Eva. Hilarious. Uh... Let's see, if iatrogenic intervention was done with the proper treatment, it was a lifesaver, but all the repurposed identified in 2020 was censored, as physicians like me were. Yes. I agree. So it's different. And I got a couple anecdotal things for you there too, right? He got me on his podcast, and he said he was going to give me an hour, and then he gave me 10 minutes and gave Robert Malone 40. Oh, wait, wait. You don't think I noticed that? He's also given a whole podcast to our friend... Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> bust bust vagina much holy shit <laughs> here sasha latropova but not to me but i work for him you don't think i see that it's part of this because this guy yeah there you were 10 minutes ago telling everyone to rally around the epsteinized network holy shit Logical consistency is not one of Kui's um, <laughs> core strengths. Right there is a primary advisor of this guy right there, and he, he can't remember who I am. We've met at least three times on the internet and in person. He still can't remember who I am. He still denies knowing me on Twitter. This is an ongoing operation, ladies and gentlemen. Some of these people may defect. Some of these people may defect. The better, it would be great if these guys would defect, if they would come onto our side and fight with us. A defect for what? The fact for what? We're pointing out all the same things you are, except more. So it's a more encompassing hypothesis. We're, we're, we should fight with one arm tied behind our back. Is that it? Holy shit. What moron. And realize that the clone story just makes it more likely that they did it. It doesn't mean that one's right or wrong. A natural coronavirus camp pandemic is a very simple biological principle that, that Charles and Kevin and all of these people here can understand and choose not to talk about. Let's just ask a question here, very briefly. I'm asking you a question about. Oops, sorry about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna move this out of the way here. Um, so let's put these three guys, and now I'm gonna inflate Sasha's picture. I'm gonna play inflate Malone's picture, and realize that Sasha has been on lots of podcasts. One with Bobby, he's promoted her a lot. Robert's promoted her a lot, and these guys haven't really investigated her at all, really. Yes or no? Is she? What? <laughs> I'm fucking calling that. Constantly calling that silly bitch out. With her graphene bullshit. <laughs> Holy shit. Like I say, he just he just constructs fantasies in his head. Get back to talking about alpha and beta coronaviruses. Let's look at the literature through that. Let's let's go and see what the uh, the sequencing data says. When they've when they've actually, you know, pulled out those samples and, and cultured them. But no, we're doing this. What fuck? Again, some some ideological purity test where, like I say, we've caught him in numerous lies. And like I say, the first one to me was that I was uh, somehow keeping uh, Mark Kulak away from him. Somehow. <laughs> and I introduced them.
she a good guy or is she a bad guy? But Kevin McCarron and 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 Robert Malone say that they are fifth generation warriors and that fifth generation warfare is being waged upon us. No, 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 no. I, I'm going for giga spiral wank warfare is being waged against us. For me, implies that there are people that are lying. There are people on the internet. There are fake accounts on the internet that are pushing ideas in a way that we're not used to. And <laughs> you think? You think? Most of it's psychological. I would like to ask you a question. Why is it that Kevin McCarran and, and Robert Malone and Sasha have never told you about Sasha's daughter? Wait, I've spoken about Sof all the time. I even had Mark Kulak on to talk about it. <laughs> we all have HIV, Kevin. Well, you know, speak for yourself. got kicked off of YouTube for threatening the CEO's life and who is one of the most popular far-right children on the internet. How come <laughs> now look, I don't care who you are. For the phrase, one of the most popular far-right children on the internet. <laughs> That's going to make any parents' pride heart <laughs> swell with pride. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Get Doc D on to Ven. never told you about Sof. <laughs> That's just lies. I don't know, I'll, I'll ask uh, Doc D if she wants to. Wait. <laughs> just give me a second. How come we have never heard of this person from Kevin or Charles? How come we have never heard of this from Robert Malone? <laughs> you know, Sasha's really good, but. <laughs> I would say when in a hole, stop digging, but this is hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. But her daughter, she's kind of crazy. She talks about the Sandy Hook stuff, and she talks about Jews in the 9-11. She talks about... <laughs> Based off. <laughs> Um, but there's also images. I want to say who who did that. I want to say it was uh, GDL. He grabbed a screen cap of Sof. She wasn't wearing a Mossad T-shirt like a dimwit here, but um, she was wearing a, a Megan David uh, around her neck. Imagine that. Imagine my shock. <laughs> Linderman says I only heard about the daughter from Kev. Thank you, Linderman. Thank you. Uh, Ukraine. She's really, really hardcore. And she happens to wear the same clown makeup sometimes that Kevin McCarran's uh, little raccoon guy wears. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Um, look, when I, I get it, like, paranoid schizophrenic etc and you start making all sorts of associations and <laughs> i'm liking this soft kid more and more warriors that are supposedly trying to save us from this why haven't these fifth generation warriors revealed that this is like so you you've failed at that point right if you've, you've had multiple multiple failings of through this stream right which are just demonstrably false 
and people people are still expected to come and listen to you try to um set the forward planning to what it is that we're dealing with and where this goes is a, a, a form of it's the equivalent of no planes hit the towers on september 11th that's that's where his reasoning ends up it was all just uh the brush of a pen on <laughs> people don't even use pens nowadays do they but uh you're you're a dobe you're a dobe registered signature for documents now is there a lot of that here yes yes but again if you're not getting down to the root of the problem not naming the enemy then you are you <laughs> by virtue of this you just become the enemy like a multi-million dollar YouTube account run by a child making videos that I couldn't make in two weeks. Even if I had all the material. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. That's some admission. A girl is beating you to the punch every time. <laughs> How apropos. It's because it's an op. It's because these people are in on something. They've been told... They've been directed. I don't know, but it is weird. That you don't know a lot. <laughs> that much is obvious. This woman who is being promoted as the savior, identifying the DOD as being responsible for the distribution of the fraud, also has this daughter. And it's very weird that a guy who's convinced that this is a fifth generation war with lots of subversion and, and ulterior motives and people operating, um, you know, Correct that point, Cooey. You've made it public. <laughs> Again, it's wrong. It looks like people, people know there's a reason why thousands come and watch every day. Because, yeah, I, <laughs> I am consistent and I raise all these uh, awkward bits of data. And Destiny has not become aware of, of Soph at all. What a great story to tell. What a great thing to talk about. What an interesting... <laughs> Just... It's too funny watching him fuck up in real time like this. <laughs> I've got, look, Captain Faggering is here. And it's rude. I know that they're going shopping for food. Captain Faggering is making dinner. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop watching. What an interesting angle that everyone seems to be completely oblivious to. <laughs> Ah, oh, perfect. Was free solid state drive day. I can't believe you actually got to pull it off. Pull it off rod when you don't even want to. I didn't even want to do it. Jeff Bezos, why did you do this? Why'd you send me yeah, a free solid state yeah, drive? He was just testing it. Yeah, here's like, a dildo okay, free yeah, of charge. That? Yeah, you get this one too? Check your mailbox. You just get a text from a guy named Jeff Bezos. He doesn't have a number, only a name. Yeah, it's just Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Check your mailbox. The number is just J. <laughs> the title of that uh, video is Kill Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love the internet. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and so again, I would just question, and I think you have to start doing that. What were these people talking about in 2020? What are they yeah, talking about now? Why, why aren't people questioning you now? Uh, there, there should be a fucking avalanche next time you stream saying, well, Kev, let's talk about self. <laughs> Uh, Sasha doesn't seem to think the virus is as bad as we know it. Uh, uh, so, uh, literally, Sasha and Cooey take the same view with respect to um, 
well, look, I, I think there's a point around natural SARS viruses, right? That they're, they're, they're just endemic in the background, but there's that the clones are not capable of infectivity across generations. And I, I just think that that's a, um, I don't think the science is, is there to hold that position. What won't they talk about? Because once you realize who's not talking about remdesivir, who's not talking about mentazolam, who's not talking about school closures, who's not talking about the damage that was done by the poor protocols. <laughs> JC has stated he changes jobs every four years. His last job was a yearly contract. He told Dr. Lee he was up for a renewal and was let go due to students' complaints. I think we are seeing why he can't hold a job. Um, look, man, anyone that holds a job down in a, in a modern academic environment... <laughs> You're uh, you ain't programmed right. That's all I can say. Financially incentivized by the WHO and a previously existing plan, but instead are exclusively focused on attacking people. <laughs> Too cocoa much. Literally, literally every video I've done that's had to concentrate on JC is in response. In response to him and people saying, "Ah, oh, you go watch this." Now look. It makes my job easy, okay? Come up with some content, etc. for each day. Laugh at the the ridiculousness of it all and, you know, more. I, I, I want more. But look, if you're buying his description of reality, if this is the best that they have to offer, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what to tell you, right? Um... and exclusively focused on the gain-of-function aspect of this mythology to know that they're full of bull. Now, Sasha is only talking about the shot, so she could be a truth person. She could have another... Now she talks about clones, Kui! She talks about clones, exactly like you. <laughs> self-limiting clones. Now, you could argue that, you know, what does self-limiting mean? Because, you know, we don't see that, you know, they're not detecting the original... SARS now, that's why they're going for the variants of concern. Mm. Nugget of truth that she's allowed to push and that's all she's ever going to push. So she'll never give, she'll never give a story where she says, well, the way that they got this shot to be EUA'd was Robert Malone and the domain server provided this output that was used to justify the use of remdesivir. She's never going to say that. And why isn't Charles or, or or Kevin McCarran saying anything about the domain server and about... <laughs> we do. We do. But you know what? You know, you know I, I listen to other people as well. And, you know, <laughs> Mark, who's tonic, has done a very, very good job of talking about domain servers and the role that Robert Malone has had to play in this. I am not Robert Malone's friend. Never have been. Never will be. I would talk to him about certain aspects. But as we've moved on, he's, I think he's given up pretty much all the information that he's going to be valuable for. And so I don't I don't want to be in their orbit. He's just mad because his name isn't on Charles report. <laughs> about how remdesivir was pushed forward because remdesivir was pushed forward for Ebola and for Zika. And so the evidence that there was this push for this substance by this inner circle of people and they pushed Talk about it all the time, Kui. Fucking get grip. ...into the front that included Rick Bright. None of these people are ever talked about by any of these people. 
Charles won't mention it. He's fine with saying Ralph Cadlick or uh, uh, Cadlick, whatever his name is. But he won't say he won't say Rick Bright. Is it Robert, he won't say isn't it Robert was pushed through for other diseases before this one, and that makes. Isn't it Robert Cadlick? Makes it shady, and he won't say who did it. Kevin seems to be oblivious to all kinds of details that make it a much more juicy story, and instead. I'm oblivious to those details. It's so fucking wrong. He's not even he's not even in the right solar system. Kappa 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 Kappa. He's <laughs> pretty confident that a, a laboratory altered bird flu is the next thing we should worry about. Once you see the theater, you can really start to peel back the layers and you can see that we're not very far away from exposing it. <laughs> what you've done is expose your ignorance, Kui. And like I say, I'm pretty sure that most people who are in your chat and in mine know this. Like I say, you've got Linneman in the chat saying he only knows about Soph because of me. And I only know about Soph because Mark told me. <laughs> oh, man. There aren't very many layers of the onion left. No, that graph's starting to bother me now. Push it out to 2023, Kui. Come on. I would propose again that something did not happen here. There's a novel cause of death. I would propose that the WHO declared a dangerous pandemic of a novel virus detectable by a nonspecific PCR test for RNA viruses applied to low prevalence populations and correlated with poor and detrimental health protocols through financial incentives to follow orders. Wakey Wake says he should watch the stream sometime. Yeah. <laughs> he should. He might learn something. From above. That's it. How do we understand it? We understand it by what they changed. They changed the way we think about the coronavirus swarm, all cause mortality, our immune response, and vaccines. And so we can look at the all cause mortality now. Look at it now. What's going on? Just go down this list, right? They changed the way that we think about um, that there used to be hundreds of causes of pneumonia, and now there was only one. And they reformulated that using a no, no medical person is going to think that there's only one cause of pneumonia. Again, the, the way that he places um, his ideation into the minds of others, <laughs> it wasn't. Hey, look, man, it, it's funny, right? What, what, what else? Are you not entertained, Lick Spittles? Huh? PCR test. And the PCR test was really the only evidence of a novel virus, except for the couple times that they cultured it. <laughs> An older clinical presentation. Dimbo. And so we can look at this picture and we can ask the question, who in 2020 was pointing this out? Who in 2020 was questioning this? Versus who in 2020 was saying that there would be a billion people dead and that there was, this is going to be an economic worst case scenario. Maybe even more important for some of these people, like, like Dr. Malone, is what weren't you doing in 2020? Maybe for people like Brett Weinstein, we should just look back at his, at his podcast record and see what he was saying and whether or not he had woken up and when. And whether it was too late to really have any effect except for steering the narrative. When did, when did Gerd von den Bosch come out and say what he said? After I posted the Merrick disease tweet? Kinda. When did Peter McCullough come out? Well, he came out very early, didn't he? He came out very early for hydroxychloroquine. So we can look at what they did. We can look at what they first blogged about. You know, Jessica Rose first blogging about VARES, exclusively VARES. Maybe she saw it very early and knew that this was the thing to blog about, but she has, again, a very successful substack now and, and, and endangering that substack would be crazy. Robert Malone, a very valuable substack. 
Kirsch, an extremely valuable substack. And if those extremely lucrative income sources can be ended artificially behind the scenes, have been perpetrated, perpetuated, grown artificially behind the scenes in order to promote the narratives that these people are promoting, or to promote them knowing that they would not promote certain narratives. I believe that's what's going on as we speak. Most of these people are in some way controlled and have at least sold out to the extent to which they will not tell you the whole story. And you will hear the whole story on my Shut it. When, uh... <laughs> when that's the territory on which we're, uh... <laughs> on which we're walking. I just put it, I, I put it to the, the public. That's all. <laughs> Wait, who's gonna who's gonna remain over the longer time period? And you know, if uh, if that Epstein money dries up, I wonder how much longer uh, Jay is gonna be online. <laughs> Mark Husatonic, you will hear the whole story probably from from George Webb. You will hear the whole story. Oh, man. All right. As I can best tell it from me. But a lot of these people on the screen... And <laughs> we've just watched... We've just watched how wrong you are. And so people, people are still supposed to keep aggregating around that? One second. Green, especially the people below the diagonal, they have conflicts of interest. They're not necessarily going to tell you the whole truth. <laughs> I have conflicts of interest. Okay. And yes, I'm including him. Trying to be as honest as I can. So they've changed all cause mortality. So let me go back one more time because I didn't do the specifics. So who talked about respiratory disease and lots of different causes of it? Well, that would be Michael Yeadon. That would be Zev Zelenko. That would be Wolfgang Wodach. That would be Knut Witkowski. That would be um, Peter McCullough. And that would be Pierre Corey. So props to all those guys for having come out on that very, very early. Nobody else. So they also changed the way we think about all-cause mortality. Again, post and pre-pre, there were lots of different causes of death. Post, there was only one. And it's a new cause of death, according to them, with a novel pathogen that's detectable by PCR. And they didn't tell you about all-cause mortality because they didn't want you to put it into context. How many of these... Look at the all-cause mortality now, Cooey! Look at it now. It hasn't gone back to normal. People have attempted to put the total number of deaths into the correct contents with context, which includes iatrogenic deaths as a significant portion. Not him, not him, not her, not him, not him, not him. Lies. Charles speaks about it all the time. None of these people. That's how you should be going through this list is just see what. <laughs> well, at least not. I wasn't included in the, that little accusation there. <laughs> That's a but I, I would just call that a uh, random wiggle in the uh, trajectory of nonsense that Kui is taking right now. Portions of the truth were told to you by what people and when. And you will instantly see 
who has been influenced, who has been controlled, who has been directed behind the scenes. They might not have known. It could have been a simple email that says, if you stick to the VAERS reports on your Substack, we will make it grow. If you stick to what you're doing right now, you'll be fine. That's not really selling out. It's just doing what the National Security Agency, whoever contacted you, directed you to do for the good of the nation, for the good of the world. Because make no mistake about it, anybody here who's acting, really doing it, has been told that it's part of an effort to save the world. That's why they think that they should be doing what they're doing. So they also changed the way you think about the immune system, right? They told you that seroprevalence was super important in order to define the product effectiveness. They also told you this over the course of many, many years with regard to AIDS vaccines and RSV vaccines and any vaccines are all about seroprevalence. Every freaking grant that's ever come out of NIAID that has to do with... Yeah, but I don't think that's... Okay. That, I mean, you could argue that it was used as a metric. In this instance, there's, there's truth there. But my perusal of the HIV literature, that seroprevalence is not the be-all and end-all. They've learned that. So I, I don't know if that's a fair accusation on his behalf. I mean, for sure, for sure, they were the public messaging was kept on point. That much we know, and we know this because they were obviously spending money on narrative control networks, yada yada. Um, with vaccines, has to do with zero prevalence, and that oversimplification of our understanding of the immune response has led us to under scrutinize the childhood vaccine schedule and be taken advantage of um, by every angle with regard to an emergency of this kind, and that's portrayed here, right? The simplification. Yeah, speak for yourself, Kui. <laughs> Some of us weren't. ...includes the idea that viruses bind to a, to a receptor and that an antibody that blocks that binding can prevent a virus from infecting you, and that's the, the end of the story. This is the cheap, the cheap thing that you've been sold. And so the question again comes back to this screen. Who on this screen, like myself, was saying that in 2020? Not Kevin McCarran, not Charles Rixey, not... Oh, like I said, my, my goal was to focus on neurological impact. What 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 are we dealing with on that domain? And you know that's something that he's tried he tried to stay away from, right? And the thing is, it's a it's a clinical scientific epidemiological reality that we're dealing with uh, assault onto the central nervous system from exposure to these synthetic peptides. <laughs> Look, I don't. It it matters not to me how that exposure was done. If you were lined up and shot at with a weapon yet in his mind it seems to it seems to be of um crucial fundamental importance robert malone not not brett weinstein not sasha latropova not any of these people didn't he have La laprovia on his stream pretty sure he did right oh except for dr ryan cole Almost none of these people taught immunology. None of them bothered because that's where the truth was. And in fact, the only. <laughs> like I say, as someone, uh, as Doc D said in the chat, you know, where they were looking at whether they had cellular T cell immunity in 2021. They didn't. They didn't. So again, that argument is full of holes as well. The only one who did was actually Herod Funded Bosch. And he said that there is no T cell memory to the coronavirus. And he was very sure of it. I see this so clearly now. I hope you're starting to see it too. <laughs> Nothing like the lucidity of hallucinations to keep you driving forward into the, uh, into the weeds of irrelevance. And so they also changed the way we think about the concept of vaccination. 
Again, previously vaccination was something different than it is now, but as Robert Malone revealed on my on my Defender podcast, there is a warm base of manufacturing that is a biomedical security state thing. And that's what the flu re- vaccine represents. And there was a plan in place to convert from egg-based vaccines to RNA-based vaccines. That plan was orchestrated and, and done out on a piece of paper and executed at the start of the pandemic. And it is continued to be executed now. Uh, I would agree with that. They have accomplished this by, again, disingenuously emphasizing antibodies because that's what their products can create. And they are currently focused on convincing the public to accept transfection as proven safe and effective due to the serendipitous consequences of the pandemic. And we, we almost know nothing about these products. Content, purity, viability, fidelity, tissue specificity, individual variability, long-term, effect, nothing. And so they've also shown us this really crappy thing where the RNA goes right to a, a dendritic cell. Where does the rest of the RNA go? Because there aren't that many dendritic cells in circulation. Where does the rest of the RNA go? And what happens when it goes there? No bother. It's just a pretty cartoon to make you believe we know how this works. And again, how many people on this screen were telling you the transfection was bad when it was announced in 2020? Not Kevin McCarran. Fuck off. Yes, I was. Not Robert Malone. Not Brett Weinstein. None of these people. I don't even think that, that, that any of these people, including Dr. Cole and Dr. McCullough, were aware that transfection was a dumb idea. But I was. I was saying it. And in Quick! Slap yourself in glory. You need some. You need some just for the abortion that you've made in this last stream. <laughs> Hiwaska man says I heard it first from Kev. He probably did. And like I said, my my memory tells me that I was cautious. Just I was just saying, wait for data, wait for data in in this particular instance. And look, I was there were many, many people who didn't have a choice, who were being forced into taking vaccines and we went through this on the discord about just purity spirals as to whether people got vaccinated or not whether you, you should shut them out and i was like that's fucking nonsense but you you were going to uh, kev baker he was forced forced to take vaccines in order to stay on the transplant list we're just just supposed to boot him to the cold are we <laughs> you're not you're not ideologically pure enough baker Get back in, get back in your party, your kill box. Wait for the inevitable. In fact, by the time May of 2021 came around, I had a review with like everything written, all published and ready to go. All of these people ignored it. Ignored it. At that time, I was still in contact with Brett Weinstein. Ignored it. Never pushed any of the ideas at all. You have to see what's happening here if you're going to escape. Maybe because people think you're an asshole. <laughs> now, look, I just bake that into my equations, right? Because that's what I do, right? I play uh, being an asshole online to people. And, you know, <laughs> people find it a useful, useful element of their time to have me work through data and hypotheses like what's being <laughs> pinched off, pinched off like you pinch off a turd. Okay. Because we have been influenced on purpose. These people have been elevated on purpose. Elevating each other. Am I, am I elevated to the intellectual dork web now? <laughs> you could just call you a smelly old raccoon and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> to a position where they could help control the narrative. And this was done on purpose. 
it continues to be done on purpose. Your narrative continues to be controlled by these people. Taking the product will protect your grandmother. These are all things that they said to us. Jordan just said it to us. He did his part. Transfecting pregnant women. They ventilated people to stop spread. They used remdesivir, midazolam. They did not treat secondary pneumonia like they normally do. They shut down schools, they masked children, and they social distancing hurting the communities. And none of this is talked about by these people who parrot the gain-of-function virus, killed a million, and another game. Now, again, um, extraneous false accusations that are just demonstrably false. Gain-of-function virus is going to be the next great pandemic. And so when I came to wake up from this Scooby-Doo was when I read this article with Charles Rixey, although he didn't really write anything except for the diffuse sentence, because he says he fell asleep. But we wrote this article in the middle of the night. I was called at like 11, and I worked until 2 in the morning with the other people that work. Oh, I fly the pipe. Get to work. And uh, we wrote this article, and then afterward, I wanted to, I had been trying to insert the clones into this argument, into this article, and Bobby said it didn't fit. But he wanted to write another article, and we wanted to do a podcast about it, etc. But he said, challenged me to say, but you have to have a really good explanation for what these clones are because these sentences that you're putting into this article, I don't understand, but I'm challenging you to figure it out. Teach me what these infectious clones are. And so then I dedicated a couple more weeks of reading to really figure this out. And it came to the conclusion that the TV and social media have decided to, that the NIH, NIAID, the USAID, and all of these DARPA, DITRA people have decided over the last 20 years to convince us that there are zoonotic viruses in bats, like that paper we looked at in 2011, by using simple PCR to claim all kinds of viruses exist without ever even being able to get a whole sequence, and that those viruses represent zoonotic potential. A few years later, they published papers where they were passaging viruses in a laboratory and made them aerosolized, passaged them in, in ferrets and made them aerosolized, and kept telling us stories about, wow, you know, if they ever combine any of these parts like they did in 2015, I mean, they just published it. They showed you that they made humanized mice infectable by stitching pieces together. And they fooled us into believing that these are dangers which exist, that we need protection from, that transfection is a suitable methodology for protecting you from them, and that these exist in the future ad infinitum. This is how they are going to coerce your children and mine into giving up their sovereignty forever. Maybe your kids. <laughs> My kids will become soft mark too. <laughs> and so how many of these people on this screen are willing to entertain the possibility that they've been lied to about gain-of-function research? Nobody below the diagram. Are di Why would the all-cause mortality go back to normal? Millions have been injected with biotoxin. Um... Well, that's, this is precisely the point where the weapon has been released and now, now we're dealing with it. And you can, you can either adjust your posture to such that you're dealing with these weaponized systems and the fact that the trigger is algorithmic almost. Like you could probably say all of it is. Diagonal. Nobody below the diagonal will consider that maybe gain-of-function research has been exaggerated. <laughs> Again, he's, he's got this goof gain-of-function definition that he's trying to deconstruct to fit his in. And I don't, I don't have an issue with concentrating stuff to leverage properties. <laughs> That's the very definition of well, industrialization, weaponization, I guess. Maybe even on purpose, to take what was a normal, endemic, harmless background 
and create a pathogen that they could use to govern us and our children and our grandchildren into the future. And so you can go online now and see Scientific American has just published an article called Five Things We've Learned from COVID in Three Years. And suffice it to say that it's as stupid as you can imagine. Masks work. RNA vaccines work. And three other very dumb conclusions. You want to look at it now? Maybe we can look at it now. See if I can find it. <clears throat> Five things we've learned from COVID in three years. Scientific American. Here we go. I'll just pull it over here really quick so you can see it. So we scroll down, and what does it say? What is the narrative? mRNA vaccines are safe, powerful, and effective. Second one, masks work. Third one, indoor air quality matters. Interesting. Wastewater tracking is useful for COVID and other diseases. And genomic surveillance is key for tracking viral evolution. So you're going to need to keep testing all the time now. Because as Charles said, we can pick these things up all the time. And so we're going to keep picking them up using these rudimentary tools of PCR amplicons and call these cases... That's what Charles wants. He's advocating for the infinite virology narrative. No, he's not. And I would say very much not my line of argumentation. <laughs> the line of argumentation is, is that those programs need deconstructing. I think Charles has been pretty clear about that. I've been pretty clear about that. And this idea that by maintaining a encompassing view of what these people are doing, in that industry, because it's an industry. I don't think that understanding those networks ipso facto leads to the fascism, the totalitarianism that he's talking about. I, w I would say better to know what it is that you're dealing with at a very fundamental level. Just like everybody else that's trying to push you and your family into this trap. Genomic surveillance is key for tracking viral evolution. No, genomic surveillance is key for them getting the data from you that they need in order to feed their database that's going to learn how to crack the human genome. That's what they need. They need you swabbing yourself and sending remnant samples in from now until eternity. And maybe not even you, just your kids. They don't even care if you get on board. They've got one generation to burn. Oops, gotta get rid of this. That's the... Uh, that's the chief editor of Scientific American saying, I got another booster shot and the pharmacist says, you're good now, you don't need any more shots. And I'm like, buddy, I'm going to be back every six months to a year until something else kills me, which is the entire point. We're in big trouble, ladies and gentlemen, because these people have been terrified into these beliefs. Terrified into these beliefs by people who seeded the narrative. That's what I think. That's where we're going. <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen the quality of your thinking, Kui. And like I say, when you're making such absurd errors then why why continue listening I mean I guess people want me to listen <laughs> that's why I'm doing it uh, uh, global health dictatorship for world population control based around the WHO and the United Nations and as Kevin McCarran so eloquently said on his last show a multipolar world with old fashioned traditional authoritarianism sounds great to him as long as the United States takes one in the jaw he's fine with that and Rixie is fine with streaming with somebody. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> well, now we know where uh, now we know where Kui sits on the uh, global homo uh, agenda. <laughs> somebody who is advocating for a multipolar author authoritarian world where the American sovereignty is in question. That's what I see when I see Charles and Kevin streaming together, and I see that as a direct assault on America. 
<laughs> oh man, him and him trying to play up towards the patriarch. <laughs> this is hilarious. And I think it needs to be defended. That's why I'm holding up these torches. That's why I'm I'm putting myself out there right now, not to cause a drama, but to make sure. Uh, you're causing a drama, and you're just wrong. <laughs> wrong about so much stuff, Kui. You should be ashamed of yourself. Sure that these ideas are framed correctly, and that my motivations are framed correctly. Attensi says, "Oh, JC, the U.S. is the most authoritarian of them all." Yep. <laughs> unlike what they would like to do, unlike how they've been trying to smear me, I am just trying to help us escape. <laughs> What if we watch two hours at two hours of him smearing me? Where his smearing has had uh, real world consequences. Like I say, um, I have cut screen caps of all the shit talking he's done in the background because there are people who sit in those chats. <laughs> Hi, Marie. Good to see you. And so what they've told you on TV and on social media is you get a virus. It goes into your lungs and it makes lots of copies of itself. Told this you an MIB visit. Has he had a visit? I don't know. I don't think he needs one. He's stupid enough. Which this is a lie is still not fully understood. But suffice it to say that that's not the case. And that's the reason why it's very difficult to culture these. Even though Kevin says we got to give him that. That... They, they occasionally are able to culture these viruses. Kevin said very specifically about my theory about clones. I guess I, I, I guess you could say he's being technically correct with how it's presented in the scientific. Yeah, he's been working at getting all these clips and sound drops ready for his uh, PowerPoint to rule them all. <laughs> Too funny. Literature in how they do many of these experiments. So what's the objection exactly? I don't think you can find one. The only objection is, is that we're getting closer to the truth and their whole principle and the reason for existence is to make sure that, that they culture viruses, didn't we? That they do culture them and they also use clones. Everyone, everyone had sort of had an agreement about that. We understood that, except you're trying to make an issue now when it was none. Fucking hell. <laughs> that we don't find the truth, that we select gain of function, that we select zoonosis and scary future. That's their job. Or you can you can have the Ayatollah future. Take your plastic figurine, child. <laughs> Off you go. Step into that minefield. <laughs> oh fuck. In how they do many of these experiments. So if I'm being technically correct, then I'll just go on and explain what I'm technically correct about. This clones. We know we know that they're making clones. We're recombinant biology. Using yeast and bacteria. This is not true. This this illusion here is not true. The reality is is that there's some proportion of the swarm which is replication incompetent, and then the rest of the swarm depict here in multiple. Yeah, but is it useless? This is the question. Uh, this is what I would. If you're, especially internal environment. See, I I don't think that those replication incompetent are just sitting there doing nothing colors is not a perfect copy of itself either and now a crucial question that we all need to ask of virology is what is this ratio exactly is it five to one is it 500 to one is it 5000 to one because well it would depend it would depend very much on the system the organ system the disease many many factors go into um the reproducibility 
of a pathogen in an individual. The good thing about JC is he outs all his capo allies. <laughs> yes. Because this would matter, right? And I think anyone that's thinking about this could understand that if symptoms can be caused by the gray viruses, but the gray viruses can't replicate, then your family could show symptoms without becoming infectious and replicating infectious particles. And if this or some... Yeah, but <laughs> they're making infectious particles as well. What then? What then? version of this cartoon is more accurate in its representation of natural coronaviruses than using this model is incorrect. If this model of coronavirus infection is closer to the natural reality of coronaviruses and can explain why it's difficult to culture them, then it is at best disingenuous for the entire field of virology to just kind of pretend that that's the way it works. Is, is this is this the takedown that the panda dude was going to go around and um, <laughs> pushing Kiri as this uh, <laughs> sword that's going to cut through this Gordian knot? Holy shit! I mean, the fact the fact that we can even get sequences out right now in that nanopore fashion is a technical tour de force. I wouldn't put it any other way. when it is something closer to this. That's the first contention. So how do they get around this problem of not being able to always culture the virus? Sometimes they can, most of the time they can't. And it certainly doesn't But it's just said, they can. They can. Converging lines of evidence. Stain itself, and I think that, that, that Kevin McCann would also admit this, that you can't, like a breeding pair of mice, send mice to a lab and let them have your mouse that you made and breed more of them. You can't culture a virus from a patient and then split it into 50 different parts and send those to all kinds of your friends who will then culture more virus. It literally does not work like that. It cannot work like that. It has never worked like that. You can't find one paper. You can't find one paper. Of what? Them culturing live virus from patients? That's not true. <laughs> Where someone samples a virus out of the wild passages it, sequences it, and then sends those viral particles to other people who grow it in a dish, sequence <laughs> Then they'll, they'll take the sequence and put it into plasmids, right? That's, that's, this is why everyone's so fucking pissed, Jay! <laughs> ...and then send it to other people. It's never happened once. But the way they do it is they make a DNA copy of the RNA sequence that they're able to identify using their primers. A lot of times it's a consensus sequence made up of assumptions because they don't get the full sequence. You can read paper after paper after paper where they say that we filled in the gaps with... I mean, this is... Like, this type of argumentation is sort of, well, you know, the electron orbitals are not really um, <laughs> clouds per se and, you know, P orbitals, etc. Um, they're just constructs. They're just constructs. No, no relation to reality at all. Whereas, you know, I, w I would be a bit more... Um, restrained in describing functional paradigms in science. And look, look, any paradigm is subject to change, I guess. Um, I don't think hyper-focusing on the fact that they would use reproducibility or, or the attempt to get towards reproducibility as a knockdown argument for the existence of bacteria, stu uh, viruses. That's stupid. With consensus sequences taken from here or there. Assumptions. And in those assumptions is a full DNA 
construct, which can be replicated with high fidelity using RNA polymerase in vitro. No one's arguing this. <laughs> so he spent two hours uh, frying all kinds of aspersions, uh, factually incorrect, to get to this point of uh, clones, that they, they, they engage in the industry of recombinant biology. Whoop-de-doo. And then transfected into a cell culture that will give them a more reliable result in an animal model, a more reliable result with molecular detection, a more reliable result when doing in vitro assays. And that cDNA can be sent around to other people who can use the same methodologies to make more of that infectious RNA clone and replicate the experiments that were done with the original DNA. But you're always making infectious RNA through transfection of a cell culture. And the assumption is, is that the supernatant of that cell culture that gets taken off, the juice that gets taken off, has a bunch of infectious particles in it, and those infectious particles are what make the animal sick. Those infectious particles are what cause the cytopathic effects that are observed. And that's it. Nothing more. They don't work at all to try and characterize the makeup of those infectious particles. They don't on purpose, because if they did, they would reveal the, the mythology of the infectious cycle is holy bunk. Again, because... Oh. Why are, they, why are they doing this next-gen sequencing then on all these virus uh, candidates, I guess. Let's call them candidates. What they're telling you is the same thing they told you in the cartoon earlier, that they put this RNA into the cell culture, and then the cell culture makes viruses, right? And then they put those viruses in the animal, and the animal gets sick. They put them in the cell culture, and the cell culture shows cytotoxic effects. And before 2018, that was the best we could do because we couldn't sequence anything longer than a few hundred base pairs. And since the, since the coronavirus is so long, the best examples and the best indication that we have that they're there is if we use PCR to find some fragment of their genetics. And then we make phylogenetic trees and say that those bats were full of viruses. And Charles challenged me by trying to make me explain that. It's, which, it's absurd. Which you didn't explain. You didn't explain. You resorted to the fact that they've looked at the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase as a marker, as, as, again, a surrogate for do they have potential viral samples in, in their collection? And, you know, again, the virologists at that point in time felt confident enough to build out phylogenetic trees. Now, <laughs> I don't, I don't, this skirting of the no-virus domain is... I have to go because that's what this whole thing is based on and it starts all the way back here with Vincent Ranson Yellow and David Baltimore <laughs> That's the originators Baltimore. David Baltimore won the Nobel Prize for reverse transcriptase <laughs> But not for establishing the methodology which made RNA virology possible and mass the infectious clone and they did it with polio Back in the 80s, right? And so who's talking about this? Who's talking about the ubiquitous nature of infectious clone methodologies in RNA viral research? Nobody below the diagonal. Not true. Not true. And like I say, what was the last stream I did? Like he was, he was playing some of Cottrell. And Cottrell was doing, like, props to Cottrell for just laying out that what we're dealing with is, the, is synthetic recombinant biology as they were going around trying to make their whether it's virus-like particles, pseudoviruses, or proper infective virions or clones. It was all, it was all presumed under, under the initial contention, I would argue. Now, now we've got to have this Spurgfest about 
the methodologies. And you know, under normal circumstances, a spurkfest about methodologies is, is generally in a lab environment can be useful. But the fact that he's so replete with factual errors, this makes, it makes what he has to say now next to useless. I'm trying really hard to teach Bobby, but it's hard. I hope it gets in the book. Here's some infectious clone papers from 2010. I challenge you, go down, see how many you can find and read them all. They're all the same. And I've shown you this, and I will show it to you very quickly. RNA viruses are like mixtape. Mixtapes cannot be copied infidel in infinitely with high fidelity because they lose fidelity with every copy. With RNA viruses, this occurs primarily for two reasons. One, because RNA copying is not perfect. And number two, because recombination occurs, and most of the time recombination is an error. So, and again, so he's, he's following down the line of there, there can be no subspecies of virus. That's his grand unified theory, I guess. No, no clades that are offshoots from other ancestral strains. That's a, it's a lot of... Um, there's not much substance here. Meaning an incomplete genome. And in order to get the whole tape, you need the whole genome copied. The easier way to do that is to make a cDNA copy which you can share with your friends because CDs can be copied without error. That's basically the metaphor that you need to understand that what they were doing was trying to understand an imperfect genetic signal in nature that they can detect with PCR but can't really grow a sustained version of in a culture, can't really grow a sustained version in an animal host. The only way to have a sustained version of a virus, an RNA virus, is to make an RNA copy of it. That's it. That's what this whole method... <laughs> HIV begs to disagree. Oops. He says, this is why I'm confused. Didn't they make this in a lab? Didn't they do all this with cultures? Yes. Yes. Everyone's confused, Marie. <laughs> except for except for Kui here. Who's who's picked up on the fact that they're using this method in biology. Oh man, there there are, there are conferences and seminars you can go back 30 years where they're talking about the potential risks. And I, I would say all the legislation was extant, was there already to accommodate this fuckery that's taken place. The fact we didn't use it is, well, probably the real, where we should be putting our efforts. Just kind of pretend that that's the way it works. When it is something closer to this, that's the first contention. So how do they get around this problem of not being able to always culture the virus? Sometimes they can, most of the time they can. Cell culture that gets taken off, the juice that gets taken off, produces a ratio exposing these cell cultures or these animals, barely detectable, whereas the subgenomic RNA thing. So here we go, total RNA isolation. After full-length cDNA copies of the genomes were made, we're looking for subgenomic RNAs because the molecular biologist will tell us that there's lots of N-protein subgenomic RNA because we're making a lot of N-protein. There's a lot of subgenomic RNA-6 because we're making a lot of M and N-protein. But there's comparatively little full sequences of the virus because we don't, we don't need as many copies of those RNAs in order to make lots of viruses. That's the hand-waving that they do. In this paper, they find long and short sequences, and when they look really carefully, they got a lot of coverage up here, like hundreds of thousands of copies, but down here they have very, very few. And in fact, if you look at the diagram, that shows that they only have two that represent kind of full-length sequences. So rather than having a supernatant full of millions or thousands of replication-competent particles, it looks like they've got a lot of particles. <laughs> 
this is uh, under the presumption that your your process isn't breaking down those those proteins in, into the subgenomic components. And again, there's um, there's very little scientific meat here. Right? You would you would expect like a factory, right? You you would get all the stock materials in before you pushed out your Ford Model T, Tesla. Doesn't mean that they can't make right. Just just because you're looking at the factory entrance in of all those lorries doesn't mean that the factory can't make which they find imagine that they don't have a lot of full genomes that are dominated by n and that's the rna they're not looking at protein so they're not telling you really what gets made they're just telling you that with the rna we can detect it's barely any full genomes and yeah, so look at i don't know i'm kind of interested to look at proteinomics oh no I'm, I'm, i need to take a piss and i need to get through this dominated hundreds of thousands of times by m protein and m protein interesting so this is how they made it in an earlier paper. And if they look at the earlier paper, you can see the same signal. The full-length RNA is a shadow, barely detectable, whereas the subgenomic RNAs are overexposed on the gel, which means there's orders of magnitude more of these protein, uh, sorry, RNAs than these RNAs, which again indicates that the infectious cycle is not the cartoon that they told us it is, which again underscores the usefulness of clones because cloning an RNA virus bypasses this problem at the first step. So that although you get only a few infectious particles, at least you get some. Because if you were taking a natural swarm, that proportion would even be lower. And most likely zero most of the time. That's the reason why culturing coronavirus is so haphazard and a shot in the dark. Because unless you get a good competent particle, you're just causing an immune response or causing cytopathic effects by exposing these cell cultures or these animals to what are essentially exosomes full of these, these proteins, but not viral particles full of a full genome. You see, that's the difference. And so are we shedding particles? I think we are. Are we causing an immune reaction in other people? I think we are. But a very, 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 very tiny portion of a natural infection is infectious. And so how would you take an endemic set of genetic signals that was already present in the background, not hurting anybody, and make it into something that can be a permanent source of fear, confusion, and doubt? Well, exactly what we're doing. We would lie about the infectious cycle. Lie what, about, what about using those recombinant technologies, <laughs> techniques, and <laughs> stitching on? Stitching on these spike proteins, stitching on extra reading frames that aren't there in the other Sabeco viruses. How about that? Lie about the zoonotic potential, lie about millions of viruses being present when we really only have PCR shadows of them in the wild, and then drive a narrative about gain of function viruses getting out and covering up a lab leak so that after three years. What's a, what's a clone getting out? A clone is a gain of function entity. Most people would accept that indeed something happened, and it's most likely a virus that got out, which means the virus could come back or a new virus could come. And so we better just shut up. We can't figure this out ourselves. Isn't that what Jordan Peterson said? How many of these people below the diagonal have ever shown you an RNA gel where they look for full length? Well, actually, that paper that he's showing, so I brought that up <laughs> just to show that they can, they can, because I was beating up his, his bro, Bailey. As I was saying, you, you can't get round, you can't get round these technical iterations that keep finding and pointing towards the same extant phenomenon. That HK2, whatever, free paper where they're doing that, he's showing the ratios of proteins and what have you. And look, it's, it's a miracle. 
that they're able to get full reads through. And, you know, Marie says it's best, which is, you know, where'd it go? This is why I'm confused. Didn't they make this in a lab? Didn't they do all this with cultures? Yes! Most people! Most people on the planet get that point. <laughs> Somehow, got to go down this Spurk spiral, this Giga spiral of, of this. <laughs> We're not talking about his, his pet interests. genome RNA and compared it to the subgenomic RNA. How many people below this diagram? That's the question you need to ask yourself. And then everything falls into place. All it's all so clear, folks. <laughs> and like I say, that there's once the him trying to reach for scientific argumentation after he's he's been engaged in calumnies of epic proportion in trying to define that information space like I said, which are demonstrably false <laughs> and the soft one is great but he's, he's spent two two or so hours trying to tell you that there's new biology no no there's not there is there are these techniques open to virology that are poised not very poised used used as part of Massive weapon systems. Systems that are so complex, most people don't even realize that they're part of that weapon system. All the objections and huffing and puffing all just seem ridiculous when you realize that these fundamental principles of virology that could have been taught three years ago or 30 years ago are still being omitted from everybody's narrative below the diagonal. <laughs> no, everyone's been talking about them. Just you, you seem to have missed the the trick on this one and all the time all the time that you go around saying that diffuse is not real when diffuse has exactly what it is that you're describing so on the one hand you want people to reject that but on the other to take your assertions to be true not how this works sorry see marie says well it's clear these people keep playing with fire they're getting virus and bacteria from ice in antarctica that are millions of years old they're playing with them do not know how likely they are to jump species um i would i would say in most instances right that your immune system is will get the healthy through in most cases now, you know, the question becomes when they start messing around with those clones, because once once you're at the level of that, that degree of precision in your molecular biology, you can put any and all epitopes in there, theoretically. Who remembers that clip? And I keep asking Tishbite Paulus for it, but it was from him where they were. There was a. Interview with a Soviet. Bioweapons specialist. In 2000, something like that. Or maybe just after 9-11. But they were asking him directly about stitching in. Well, in this case, venom. Venom peptides, toxins, conotoxin, that type of thing. The, co the cholinergic active epitopes. No. No. 
And so I believe that they have lied to us about the zoonotic potential of viruses, the zoonotic potential of passage, the zoonotic potential of animal passage in order. I think that's fair. Um, they've certainly jumped that reasoning up, but that was their cover for um, continuing these military programs. For us to surrender our sovereignty to the WHO. I think they've lied to us about the culturability of viruses. They've lied to us about about what they actually do in the wild and how how much fidelity they can follow them and track them. The genetic surveillance is an illusion. The genetic surveillance was initiated by Metobiota. And so on one hand, you have Charles Rixey saying that I don't understand the sequencing, but- uh, Hang on, I've got uh, Doc D uh, on the thing. Folks, give me uh, just two minutes. Let me hit the bathroom and then I'll bring Doc D in if she wants to join. Well, I'll be back in a sec. All right, all right. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Um, uh, let's see. Where were we? I'm waiting for... Um, well... Oh, you know, it's obviously, but... <laughs> Joanna, right, uh, will join us. Um, I'll just keep on first names for the moment. Uh, he's so pissed. Is this an ego thing? Um, I don't know. Hard to tell you. Kevin McCarran and Charles Rixey seem to never remember that metagenomic sequencing is a technology developed by Nathan Wolf and Metabiota. Wasn't just them. <laughs> There's many. So it's really a weird thing to omit, unless it's part of the narrative script that they've been given to omit it. 
And so who would have been benefited well, from Mando, this us good to see you, bro. What, what organizations in the government like... Good to see you. I've got a chemical alley just for you, sir. Just for you. We salute that man. All right. So, um, Joanna will join us and I get, I guess we can just, we'll have a discussion about clones and their uh, centrality, I guess, their importance. Like I said, I don't want, I don't want to mitigate against the idea of synthetic clones. <laughs> I guess that's, that's precisely what I've been fighting against. Um, I don't know. I guess the issue then becomes what's the, What's the infective iterations it can make? But as we're as we're waiting for um, Joanna, we'll play some like more. DARPA, DITRA, DIA. Well, who would benefit from lying to us about the composition? Yes, um, Hunter Biden is linked to Metabiota, as is Epstein. All this, this is rotten, rotten networks, rotten. <laughs> Just call me old-fashioned. I don't want to, I don't want to um, be pally-pally with those people. Sorry. I'm going to do everything within my power. <laughs> it's very limited power, which is just shout at the internet. <laughs> Maybe direct people to where they are um, reaching through and groping you on the packed reality train. ...of the swarm. Who would benefit from lying to us about the composition of the swarm? Vaccine makers? Pharmace pharmaceutical companies? People that give out grants at the NIAID? What if this ratio is much worse? What if this ratio is like that nanopore paper describes and it's 400,000 to one? Then what? That <laughs> the question becomes, is it, is it still infective? Is it still infective? And I, unless, unless there's some new data on the scene which says to me that those, all of it, all of it, from transfection, to the virus itself, to any of the countermeasures. All of it, in my mind, is, is culpable at the moment. And this trying to sort of tease, I don't know what he's doing. But engaging in, I think some of it comes from the fact that a lot of people are not going to keep up. And so they're inclined to believe Jay, maybe. I mean, I see people um, in his chat, but... Um, I don't know. That's why we need to keep fighting. That's why we need to keep discussing. The endemic hypothesis is very simple. The first scenario is a natural bat cave virus in 2019. Team captain is, is none other than, than, than the man, the myth, the legend of Tony Fauci. He says that a bat cave virus got out in 2020 and we tried our best. The protocols were the best we could do. The virus has evolved. There was an Omicron variant in South Africa. It took over the world. And now we are here with XBB1.5. Lockdowns and protocols and the vaccines definitely saved lives in the narrative of Tony Fauci. And so novel coronaviruses can jump from species. They can pandemic. PCRs are rarely false. Asymptomatic spread is real. Variants are evidence of spread and continued evolution and the need for more countermeasures. And we've spent money on gain-of-function research, and we will do it again. The laboratory bat cave vir virus zoonosis team captain is Robert Malone. He says that a virus was escaped in Wuhan, probably an eco-health alliance virus. And the protocols aren't helping everybody. Um, and some of them were a mistake, but you know, overall we did okay. He has theorized on the possibility that the Omicron was also a lab leak. Um, and anyway, he believes that we're here now with Omicron XBB1.5. 
And so there's really not much difference between his scenario and Tony Fauci's scenario because in both of those scenarios, novel coronaviruses can jump and they can also be made in a lab and leak. Um, false positives are rare. Asymptomatic spread is real. Um, there's been some overcounting, but it doesn't really matter because that's why Robert never mentions it. Variants are evidence of both spread and the continuing evolution of a single laboratory virus. And we spent money on gain-of-function research and the diffuse proposal is real. That's him. Joanna? That's Charles. Hey there, can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, just do that again for a quick sound check. Yeah. Oh, Wait. All, all good. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah. Exhausted, but I, I'm, I have reviewed um, some interviews or some, some roundtables we did, and I tell it every time that I'm exhausted, but I'm actually on a sickness leave. Oh, okay. Oh, God. I hope you feel better soon. <laughs> Nah, it's uh, it's basically the whole situation. Well, my life already. <laughs> we know this, Joanna. It's not virus making you sick. No, no, it's definitely not. It's the third party intervention and physician client relationship that makes us sick. Mm, mm. Yes. <laughs> so, am I alive already? Yes, yes, you're on stream. Hey, folks. Hey, folks. <laughs> Everyone's, oh, everyone's saying yeah. hello back. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Is, is there, I'll, I'll ask you the question that I asked Charles uh, after the last time we did this. Comments uh, on what we've seen and heard right now. With Jonathan? Yes. Oh, I, I just jumped in after waking up before uh, bringing child to school. So mm. it's just a short portion. And I'm glad because actually... Uh, <laughs> My um, my sympathetic uh, situation right now <laughs> is not um, helped by that spiraling, and mm. there are so many assumptions that are thrown out by a non-clinician, and with so many so much drama and so much, ah, uh, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't like where it's going and how divisive it is, so I don't follow too much lately. But I jumped in and saw it again about all this, and actually my reality is different, and I checked on T-cell immunity, and it's not that everybody had it, and it's not that everybody had antibodies in 2021. It's actually, we are facing physicians uh, um, called to trial before a judge because they uh, um, made a uh, vaccine exemption due to uh, cross-reactivity of the T-cells. And it was not every one of the patients that showed that lab result. We had these surveillance opportunities as primary care physicians but we are because of these um, assumptions that are thrown out and not the knowledge that we can check on it and it's not like this black and white white painting and it's not about clones or not clones like you said and um, I think the diffuse proposal is so it's not only the diffuse proposal that is leading us on that track. It came out later, and it is, it is supporting it. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, we are far further in the investigations about the uh, genomic uh, interventions 
and you know it's 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 not a discussion about clones or not or animal passage or these these humanized mice that um Fauci admitted that EcoHealth um um made there so it's and and Fauci asked if that genome could have uh, emerged in an animal passage situation so it's reasonable to discuss that hint that was in the Fauci emails. I don't know where the problem is and why we would be so divisive. You know, as as I mentioned in the in the chat earlier, uh, we have had huge waves of odd <laughs> flu-like uh, diseases that lasted longer than the usual colds. Um, as of for me, it was already 2017, but in 2018, we really saw it or can still see it in the Euromomo data. Mm. Germany didn't contribute to that data, but you have the data of um, the other European states and you have a huge um, flu wave. And, you know, it's it's it didn't start in 2020 or 2019. <laughs> it was prior to that the whole thing you know i'm witnessing all of that since i started to study medicine because i started to study medicine because i wanted to know about bugs and biological warfare basically because i saw that there are ways that they could play this the population with uh, faking natural pandemics or something like that, when they, when when that it's actually um, a research uh, consequence. And as you mentioned, the defectors from the U uh, from the UDSR um, Soviet Union in the two thousands after nine eleven, it's it's basically that Fauci talked about it uh, that he had to learn a lot about bioweapons after 9-11. And there's this paper out there, maybe you can pull it up, it's called uh, Out There in the Cold. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm trying to put it up. Okay. Um, out There in the Cold, and it has um, um, a box one on Jens Kuhn on it. On... on <clears throat> It's, I think it's in nature. I can send you a link if you wish. Uh, yeah, because I'm just getting Pink Floyd lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Yeah, please send the link. Um, but basically, in there, they are telling the story of Jens Kuhn, who is working at Fort Dietrich now, and for the NIAID. And um, he's a German, and he's from Berlin, was... Um, um, educated at the technical university basically what i saw when what he published and he actually published point mutations in sars back in 2004 with harvard and you know it's like it was the first paper i found on on pseudoviruses hiv sars 
Mm. So, and he's still in place. And there's this uh, story about him going to Vector Lab and learning about um, what what they did there. And you were mentioning the conotoxin and the mm. snake venom like mm. epitope. So it ties together. So let let me let me look at the, um, the source. So whilst whilst you're bringing that up, what do you make to his point? with respect to the ratios of proteins and peptides that they're pulling out when they do the next-gen sequencing. So I think his, his argument being that they never get stacks and stacks of full-length genome when they do this analysis. Just the... Well, I would, I would, I would make a presumption that you have to physiologically build a stock to move protein from a concentrated area to an area where you can shape it a function i i want to make sure that i understand your question mm. so uh i didn't see what you um, i didn't watch what you were referring to yeah, could, let could me, you please it's it's the results from nanopore sequencing and i want to say it's HKU, um, SARS-CoV-2, I know the paper. Um, Maybe I didn't look into that paper. Mm. Basically, uh, what, what I can talk to is these conserved regions of the RDRP, mm. um, because um, if... if <laughs> Usually, it's not that you only use that PCR with that primer, but you kind of separate the clades if you want to sort the swarm. You want to have something that it's not too variable, but conserved. But even in these conserved uh, um, non-structural proteins, you have uh, differences between species-specific uh, viruses. Basically, I worked on a non-structural uh, viral uh, protein, and I had to make sure that they are functional because I was basically assessing if I could inhibit these non-structural proteins. So they needed to work. And um, also, I had different species of these um helicases basically not not proteas but but that part i had had a proteas um epitope as well so it's mm. um maybe that's where the misunderstanding happens why you use primers for conserved motives to identify and, and sort it but actually as far as I understood you do um, basically whole genome sequencing after you um, isolate these swarms and mm. basically you would um, want to have functional um, virus so you need to have reproduction in a cell culture you wouldn't have the ones that are non-functional mm. transcribed yeah, okay. let me share my screen with you. I can show you the. Graphic. I don't know if I can see it. Do you want to have that out there in the cold paper? Because I'm I'm sure. Easily. <laughs> and I will. Uh, 
Um, You know, I'm very limited in my technical opportunities mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, me too. I just, I just, just clicked on phone. it. And just the phone. So, um, oh, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. Okay. It's my Adobe being the default. <laughs> Let me grab the link. Copy the link. And take a look at that paper which I'm pasting in. If you bring up, if you paste your paper in, um, and I'll share my screen just to bring you the. Tell me, do, do you see the screen? No. Sorry, I said I'm limited right now. It's it should, it should be running. Did you, did you get the link? in discord so i put a link if you scroll down to figure two you know that's not possible with my technical um things right now it's, uh, it's... can you get the link you know, I'm, happy, I'm happy that i have my phone still because that's how far into sickness leave i'm am right now it's <laughs> I had my phone taken down. I maybe lose my house and all that. So oh, it's no like the last thing I, I can manage. I can't manage to look into it right now. I have to download it and open it, and then I lose the connection. Okay. <laughs> well, let me, let me try and let me try and explain again to you. Right. So when culturing this virus, or not SARS-CoV-2 in this instance, but this was um, HCOV-229E. And mm -hmm. they ran nanopore sequencing. And what they get is far more um, reads of shorter length. And so what, what Jay would be calling as part of the replication incompetent um, yeah. background. Um, I'm leery of just taking it as um, junk peptides, junk DNA, and it not being physiologically active particularly in someone who would be developing a an infection um but his I, I guess the point he's trying to get at is that you don't get many viral particles yeah but that's basically that's normal because it's um um if if a viral um genome gets into a cell then it gets translated and transcribed back into packable full genome of that virus. Only a full genome would be would produce a viable um, virus. But you have like um, shorter snippets that can be kind of um, translated, maybe on and then cleave, build non-structural proteins, functional proteins that then um, help to uh, build up. Like in, uh, yeah, a swarm, and then you have like the rubbish, and you have maybe, maybe if it's even five percent of that, but if that can travel, but the the interference in the cell um, physiology 
as such is one of the things that if it if it's happening in the in a compartment of the body that we need for um to survive like an immune system or your vessel walls and they swell and yet then you have von Willebrand factor uh, leaking and then you have activation of thrombocytes and or it's just the protein that's attaching to the ACE2 receptor and then interfering with the angiotensin converting enzyme so you don't produce angiotensin 2 from angiotensin 1 and then you have an increase in reactive oxygen species that's basically just the protein that's doing that so it's not necessary to have the full genome envelope packed space probe of that uh, um, spore a spore like a situation like you can have in in other species like the the viral the the, the virion is yet is only um the seed but what what it does with your body and how your body reacts to it that's the whole different story that makes you sick you know and so basically if if our immune system is trying to um, kind of do that antibody switching to not too much triggering antibodies with the IgG4, um, then then it's basically trying to dim down the inflame, inflammation to help you <laughs> in a way. It, it causes other problems on the long run maybe, but um, that's a physiological reaction in a way. But um, it's it's all relevant, you know. That's the point where I, as a physician and not a geneticist or a virologist, biochemist, whatever, you know, it's like I'm I'm I I, I like to look into these papers. But basically, from my understanding, and I did talk to people like Nicole Fischer from the Deutsche Zentrum for Infektionsforschung, um, University Hamburg. She's, she has done analysis like this, like Barbie do. Um, and she she was big here in, in the um, investigations of, of um, the SARS spreading. And basically, she, she's a... Um, She's not even a medical doctor, but she called um, our emergency services and said, you need to go to that nursing home and do a field survey and you need to go there. And that's um, that's what you said. It was like a big study field of the spread and the population. And that's the basic thing that I think is relevant in in the situation. But that's my view as a physician caring for my patients. And as far as I see it, understanding the disease. Yes. And I, I would, again, biology, especially theoretical biology, needs to lean on the clinical experience side. Right. You must, it's about getting proper validity constructs into your scientific reasoning. And the. Ooh. 
Um, Basically, I I could help people because I understood it. I I helped these problems that develop in your body and they got better even with a pre-existing condition. You know, that's where I feel like someone's spitting in my face when they say, if you're not sick or have a pre-existing condition, you will do fine. Yeah, that's right. But what about the persons that are not well? prior to that Mm. they can die or what and you have people with like for instance factor five light mutation being prone to thrombotic um um complications and then they they don't even get um um anticoagulants or something when they have the the um the actual cause of disease in the first stages, you can help them or you can help with interfering into these non-structural, like the spike protein is a structural protein, means it is presented to the immune system on the outsides of that virion, that bubble that can be confused with exosomes because it is basically an exosome because it gets popped out as a um like with endosomes the the cell is like eating or, or like bubbling in something yeah there, there, there um, are just there are well established paths for excretion of the, yes. of the cell and you know this is my understanding of virology was it's high the, the hijacking of those pathways um, yeah, of course. And why why do we ha- we have these these processes? Because we grew up in that environment, and viruses were there forever. And some of them maybe are the reason well, that we. Joanna, that you might just be in, engaging in some uh, epistemological trespassing there, saying viruses have been around yep. forever. How dare you? <laughs> how da- how very yeah, dare you? They haven't, been, they haven't been tweaked with like that. Mm. Yeah, and, and this is this is the critical aspect, and this is why I, I, I'm often sort of well, there's a degree of hilarity with it, but the the fact that Jay is trying to imply that no one is is cognizant of this synthetic biology, and well, then the point is is that it's open to abuse, right? You can put in uh, theoretically, you could put in any epitope that you wanted. Um, if you've got a good enough expression system, and the the idea that all the clinicians and doctors that have been speaking out are, are not aware of it is a, a bizarre one to me. And I, I get it for the you could level that argument, say at the lay public. Maybe maybe the distinction wasn't wasn't clear enough. But, you know, from the get-go, everyone has been focused on the recombinant technology, clones, the and, and just the technology that bled out of North Carolina. Right? Um, and they, they weren't the only lab engaged in this, this recombinant approach to trying to figure out biology. It's a massive... No, they- Yes, they did it since the 2000s because they, or, or, or even prior to that, they started with the murine or with all the 
um, other like fudgies and um, all, all that um, plasmid stuff that JC is basically talking about with clones and and yes and and Kevin McCurran found plasmid um, sequences so it's it's yeah but then there were these lentiviral vector retrogenetics and it's really hyped and they they are doing it in basically every lab that is trying to be up to speed with the it, it's it's a big market yeah and if you realize it's like um wasn't there this this um patent um fight about um an, i think gamma coronavirus or something um like ibv strain from winnipeg lab so it's like um winnipeg lab and and even the the uh, transregio 60 by the germans in wuhan which is way closer to the ground zero than that even Vorobi describes you know it's like we don't know from which lab it is but it, it's and it's basically the diffuse has a lot to do with this purine cleavage side and that's basically what everyone saw that that's really different but there are a lot of lot of um oddities in the genome more than that mm. so um it's as as you said uh, these epitopes for conotoxin and and um snake venom they're pretty short and um it, it's just a pe peptide sequence that um can be in there and then you have these functional domains that are not even necessary to be linear on that genome so um every time you have that um discussion about the proper sequencing if if you really go deep into it you need to kind of 3d model and and see if it's functional and there's a huge um swarm like situation you know and it's it's a, for me it's this discussion is not necessary we have so much mm. more pressure situations at hand and you know that's why um i, I agree yeah. i mean i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not going to disagree with you on the, on that point um that okay. they're just there does seem to be so much more i don't i don't know important targets to be focusing what limited resources we have at this problem and to yeah. to go around arguing well i mean what's what would be a 30,000 foot view that everything was just illusion it was the switching on of the surveillance i guess that led to this idea that there was this agent out there there was nothing new out there and that i don't know man the I, I would defer to the clinicians again in this respect what did you see and every time i ask that question i i get a there was something there was something new yes that was yes 
and you know it didn't help that there was this vex campaigns like get fun and Bosch says with the escape variants and all of that and yeah omicron is different in the receptor binding domain and that's exactly what i said in the 3d structure when you do crystallography and crystallography is not computer <laughs> coding blasting or something mm. it's it's a radi radiology uh, um, is investigation by picture and then mapping the um, basically the atoms and atom bounds you know mm. it's and then you see how they they form a, a a catalytic domain or functional domain or something like that and you can map how um, it binds to other molecules from from a receptor or something like that so it's it's so not I, I, let me let me I, I i just sent you that that paper i talked about still out there out in the cold mm. nature bring that up and so the question to you because i think jay raises an interesting point about was omicron just there in the background all the time and because of the and i would argue that omicron is clinically different to the wuhan strain i guess yeah it is uh, it is and it doesn't for me it doesn't really look like it, it was but you know it's like my um I, it's second hand what what i observe and what the publications say but what i've seen in the crystallography <laughs> of the differences between um delta and omicron that was presented to me in the instance of emergence of Omicron, it, th th there were a lot of mutations exactly in the receptor binding domain. So um, the clinical consequence that it's not very fittingly binding to the ACE2 receptor anymore did help with the uh, pathophysiology with deep um, lung pneumocyte infection because the pneumocyte have ACE2 receptor as have the vessels. Basically, that's what every clinician should know and what I told JC as far as I remember on that um, stream that we have, we had one stream and um, I gave a lot of examples from clinics, but we have ACE2 receptor like in every west vessel. So it was reasonable to think that it also affects the vessel system um, from the beginning. And that's also actually different to the human coronaviruses. It doesn't so fittingly fit to the ACE2 receptors. <laughs> So um, if you lose that function, that functional domain, but, and you have such a um, packed structural protein, spike protein with other epitopes that enable, like for instance, endosomal entry or entry into the neurosystem 
or DC sign in entry into the monocyte macrophage antigen presenting cell, and then maybe even, and I think it's shown already um, um, sufficiently that uh, it then gets to the T cells. And, and, you know, that's the uh, compartment of your body that is kind of in every organ, organ, your vessel system and your immune system. So you have a multifaceted clinics, clinical presentation as a syndrome. And that's not new for us as clinicians. You know, we know that these are the nasty um, problems where you can have skin problems or gut problems or whatever problems. And it's still the same <laughs> Um, root cause in a way and also very individually added with uh, like other germs for me like like i said we had in the euromomo uh, um, increased um, we had excess mortality in 2018 and 17 um, and, and 19 in the flu seasons and what did i find many bacterial infection right now i just found two patients with q fever it's coxiella burnetti it's a bacterium it's an obligate intracellular bacterium it's um basically <laughs> i found it and then afterwards we had the confirmation that we have it south of our where i live <laughs> an outbreak no, of sure. q fever mm. so um but you have that if your immune system has kind of other fights to fight or, or is affected by, let's say, um, the affection by the by the vaccines, of course. But we know that now. And um, also by viruses that kind of tweak your um, immune system or are able to get there, like, like Epstein-Barr virus. It's like... <laughs> You need to treat these things as well and look for them and not only focus on 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 that. It's that's my reality. You know, well, I had I've got a severe... clinical question what? just just to yeah. in, in, intervene. Sorry, um, the the illness that we're you're presenting with clinically this set of symptoms. And, you know, I'm looking at Euromomo data. And even if you, I don't know, you, you talked about 2018. It seems a pretty signature year. Um, but it does, it seems dwarfed looking at the totality from 2020 to 2023 right now. If you just take the area under the the curve. And this... It's this aspect which I think is being missed by Jonathan. He 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 does this cut off of the all cause mortality, right at twenty twenty one. I don't know if you've seen that. And so what is you can see the all cause mortality, and then underneath what's attributed to influenza like illnesses, and then he 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 goes along and then he cuts it off at sort of midway through the twenty twenty one spike. And it seem it seems to me that we're I don't know if we're doing a dis disservice. I mean, the, the people people are dead. Um, I guess you know you want to know the causal aspect of it, but the let me let me ask you this: How much was remdesivir 
go-to protocol in Germany. How long did it stay there? Uh, oh, long. Long. Yeah, uh, and it's basically, that's what happened on the ICUs. They had it recommended um, fairly long. And it's, um, yeah, I advocated, advocated to do early therapy. And that's what's, what was kind of, what is still not recommended. And, you know, vitamin, keep your vitamin D, all, all these conspiracy theory uh, narrative stuffs, you know. But yeah, I'm the bad physician and I'm the yeah, iatrogenic death no, it was, yes, it was remdesivir. And, you know, I, I know this because I had patients, I had clusters, I had like infection chains where I knew where the outbreak was and they like carried uh, infection chain wise it into the family. And there's a cohort of people that was infected and, you know, I got hold of one of them and I did everything I could to do the proper diagnostic, not only relied on a PCR. Mm. So correlate PCR with the, um, the antigen, with the antibody that is emerging with the IgM and the IgG, which, which contradicts the hypothesis that everybody had IgG against it and knew it. Mm. It wasn't. We had IgM. But it was very short. The, the zero conversion is in in this situation um, within ten to ten days. Mm. So, <laughs> so the premise to you that HK U two nine three whatever its nation um, is not. So, from Jonathan's perspective, it seems to me that exposure to that cloud swarm of coronaviruses would provide protection for most people you, you don't agree yeah, yeah you you can have cross-reactive t-cell species it's uh, you can check for that we did that some of my colleagues did that i did um lymphocyte transformation tests uh, i think one of them and it's it's i don't have a, such a big cohort because i'm <laughs> You know, there are many sticks throw, um, being thrown in between my, my legs, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm in contact with many other colleagues that have done this research because we were building networks and talking about what, what we could. And it's reasonable to do this T-cell testing. Mm -hmm. And we, as I said, it, was, it wasn't in too many um, patients, but there is an opportunity to have cross-reactive T-cells or T-cell memory without antibodies. It's, it's, documented, it's documented like that in our uh, legal uh, advices or also. So it's, I'm, I basically was, um, oh, <laughs> I'm involved in some um, like legal uh, issues. So I'm, I'm, like with patients, I need to look what I say. But um, <clears throat> in we had um, from a polit politics side, we had um, these um, opportunity to have this exemptions 
um, from the measures when you were vexed or recovered. And so many people tried to prove that they were recovered without having a PCR because it's only positive in the acute situation and it wasn't available for everyone. So there's a huge proportion of patients that, or, or people that tried to figure out if they were immune. And we didn't have too many that we could like give the our our signature that they are right. without lying you know and you wouldn't lie you, you would check but if you have the finding that you have cross reactive t cells then you can say well that person probably will clear that virus instantaneously or, or in in the site of infection so so leave him alone in the the t-cells in the whole lymphatic um, um, organs in, in your throat and and um, nose like tonsils adenoids will be prepared um, as a cross reaction but it's not everyone it's basically a smaller fraction of people from what I heard from my colleagues and um, it's the the infection um, then with a surface like, for instance, Omicron, where you don't have um, the ACE2 binding, will also build up a natural immunity. But with the antigenic priming, um, with these transfection shots, and I'm not for it, I'm for um, early therapy. And that was pretty much censored i am censored since not yeah i'm censored um since at least a big way um december 2020 i was gaslit in state tv primetime news because i was talking about early therapy and lab origin and um, mask may not be too good health-wise for many or few people and that we shouldn't be so divisive from a social uh, social, social um, standpoint. That's why I dislike this, this spiraling, you know? Mm. We should work together. It's why, you know? Because wow. you mentioned, you know, because you mentioned that Robert Kennedy is in contact with people that might be involved, or you know, yeah, there are honey traps everywhere. They try to build honey traps, and you know, JC said to me that he was um, like um, that the, someone made him take down. Um, the hint on um, hydroxychloroquine. He mm. he said that to me. Mm. He he, you know, I was I was trusting JC um, because I saw that bike ride where he talked about hydroxychloroquine, <laughs> and I was trusting him to go on his stream after he had the July fourth um, conversation with Charles about the Los Alamos lab and Pat Corbett's lab. Mm. <laughs> and I was going on his stream and telling him these things. Um, and basically, it, it's... <laughs> the destruction is 
he was he, he was telling me on that stream where we talked that he got an anonymous email that he was killing people with uh, supporting hydroxychloroquine. So he 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 must have realized in his own experience or at least that's what I thought, that he realized that he got kind of um, influenced in a way, like, I feel this spiraling, you know, I I think it was July 2022 when we talked about that JC and and Charles talked about Bad Corbus Lab, and now it's again, it's about defuse isn't real and and who's the controlled opposition or what? It's it's annoying. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre position to be holding to the, the diffuse objection. Yeah, it's just it's just a puzzle piece, mm. and it fits in the puzzle. So why does it? Needs well, the thing is, you've got all the NIH grants going in that direction prior anyway, so it's it's not again, this is it's not pulling stuff out from left field and saying, Ah, we've this is the gotcha, it just fits into a like you say, like a puzzle piece into a much broader and yes, it's highly complex trying to work out who, who the relationships are between everyone and. The, the work that they've done, but for sure it's not um, a left field information drop. It just, like I say, it's too, it's too coherent and, you know, you have to ask the question, well, <laughs> why, why would they allow something like that into the public? I don't, I don't think that they would choose to do that. Allow what? The di- like diffuse to get out into public if they could pre- if they could have prevented it. I th- I think they would have done everything they could to prevent it. And you you, you still yeah, because, because it's not it's not like like unilateral. It's not the U.S. against China. Definitely mm-hmm. not. There are more people involved. And when you look at Omicron and why I say there's definitely a difference and it's suspicious, you know, it's like Nicola Bidoli was cancelled. The moment he discussed the humanized mice influence in Omicron that he suspects, because there was this one paper that, that said there was an murine intermediate host in between human SARS-CoV-2 and Omicron. And mm. you think, oh, uh, well, and then it was in South Africa and we have um, prominent figures if you look a little bit deeper than EcoHealth. Mm. <laughs> at, at like Wolfgang Preiser, for instance, at Stellenbosch, who described Omicron. He is he's uh, involved with uh, Hagen von Briesen, who was funded by the Gates Foundation and has an HIV um, cryo repository. And he Wolfgang Preiser was on the SARS one identification with Justin. So there are other people in this world doing this. And if you just think it's a unilateral situation between U.S. and China, and it's the next 
proxy war you, or, or real war you can like launch with that it's that's that's the confusion and the destruction and uh, defuses yes it's pushing in that direction to say it's been just china and eco health and you have some scapegoats mm. yes i agree but um it doesn't mean it's wrong you know it's the people pulling the strings would fund this and would fund that and maybe they sit in a in a lab where they can kind of combine all these things without even publishing you know we are the civilians and if the intelligence community kind of leans a little bit with low confidence you don't think they would say that if they didn't really check on it mm. and they this is the intelligence community and and like um yeah of course they can there can be molds there can be whatever yeah mm. but um it's it's the whole picture and it's not only eco health alliance you know it's not only fauci but they are main they are big main figures like but and it it seems, I don't think, it seems I don't to me that we you know an opportunity an opportunity to and engage those networks and like I say they're they're just the first dominoes fauci eco health etc um right. I, most people that i talk to are way past just fixating on um peter dayzak and eco health <laughs> there's a there's an understanding what? here that that uh discipline and disciplines and industries have got way way out of control and we we need some yeah, like yeah look into that paper still out there in the code and and combine with um with what was done with the retrovirology and like how far they are with um knowing epitopes with bad corbus lab for the um hiv uh, surface epitopes where they know which epitope they would want and which epitope might cause problems like this and uh, you would think that the internal intelligence community would want to have to know all the epitopes in a biodefense way that could cause problems. So I agree with Charles that you don't want to have these epitopes in there that could cause problems. And they are researching it. And that that nature paper, I, you have it up yeah, yeah, down, yeah. down the box one. Um, can you see? Yeah, that's what. Um, that's the st story about Jens Kuhn, um, who is that German? Um, um, I think he's MD or. Um, but um, in that story, they tell that he was meeting a Pentagon official in uh, at Karolinska at the inauguration of the BSL four lab, and um, that he was interested in uh, communicating um, with the. Um, Soviet Union and the former bio uh, bio warfare labs, mm. and um, he was the first that went to Vector Labs, mm. and um, he's now working at Fort Detrick. And if you listen to Robert Redfield, then um, he said he shut down Fort Detrick because they were being sloppy in their security measures. Mm. So. Um, and you have Zina Bavari publishing, um, like, the in 2018, 
that uh, with retroviral um, um, with retrovirus like mm, pseudotyping you can kind of pick the the epitopes from the bad gut bugs and investigate them in a bsl2 setting so that's, that that had, has eroded the security measures and there's a publication from the Semmelweis University and they had it uh, as a preprint in September um, 2020, I think, where they tried to pop the virion, uh, like the, the, the envelope. Oh, with the atomic pop. force. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, 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 they are saying it's, it's more stable and much more heat resistance that, than usual um, mm. Coronaviruses, and that's that's a kind of a physical function, and, and you know heat stability is definitely something that could uh, um, change the epidemiological like like presentation of a viral swarm, <laughs> because if if you know if they are not these variants do not like be um, denaturated or dry out to not be infectious anymore because they are, their envelope are more stable, then you have another dynamic. So that was known in 2020 already, and they tried to pop a physical variant with the specific epitopes on its oh, surface. Joanna, don't you know that was made with a clone, so it's not real? It's not real. How dare you? With a clone? Yeah, I'm I'm making a presumption that that Semmelweis paper they've made a clone with the bacteria. Uh, sorry, with the virus, it's come from a clone, and uh, they've that's how they've done their harvesting and a lipid bilayer with proteins in there is no no nucleotide clone. <laughs> it was it this was, comes from that. <laughs> it, it was just the. Envelope protein and the lipid bilayer. So, yeah, so it's a, it like a virus-like particle. <laughs> maybe it had its uh, genome packed in there, but they didn't look for it in that paper because it's always what you look for, what you describe, right? Mm. Yeah. But I think they um, they de described um, or they had this isolate, but they. Also, the French atomic force microscopy, yeah, they had it from cell culture. That's why, that's how you multiply the uh, viable viruses. And if they have kind of swarm-like homology in some conserved regions, it's 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 that clone you are cultivating and yes of course you can have lab contaminant clones that are only specific to your lab like the silverman vp62 xmrv that was sent to china and was found in the wuhan lab you know there are so many different stories and i'm you know i I thank Robert Kennedy um, Jr. for his um, comment in Judy Mikovits' book, and because it it connected dots for me. And I think we are all on the same 
outside in a way, but we are engaging in hyperboles against each other. That's mm. um, the the Judy Mikovit story that Robert Kennedy um, like supported, and I, I see. Um, correlations with that because she was the one that mentioned that we have these Medan-Darby kinine kidney cells as flu vaccine uh, cultures and if they are contaminated with um, like retroviruses because the FDA published that these cell cultures are contaminated. It's just an assumption that they don't cause pathology. Just an assumption. It's not proven. Really isn't. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm trying to find the Hungarian paper. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, from what I remember, it's, it's it's way tougher than it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, we show that the surface displays a dynamic brush owing to the flexibility and rapid motion of the spikes. The virons are highly compliant and able to recover from drastic mechanical perturbations. Their global structure is remarkably temperature resistant. The viron surface becomes progressively denuded of spikes upon thermal exposure. Interesting. Um... Just wanna see. No, uh, no methods in this. How dare you? What have we done to scientific publishing? What? There's, there's no methods. Uh, pull up the whole paper. Yeah. As PDF, maybe. that they're supporting. I mean, it was a great paper when it came out. Supporting information. And the other one with the um, intact and uh, inactivated virions as well from Paris with the atomic force microscopy. Yeah, so they have these, these controls and checked if the deactivation, like, like decontamination measures they had for, for virions work and like demonstrated that the variants still looked the same, but weren't causing the cytopathic effect of the plug assays. Yeah. So, um, hypothesis proven <laughs> in a way, but that's kind of the focus of that paper. It's not the focus to properly. Well, so just just to speak to Jonathan's point. So the sample preparation, SARS-CoV-2 was isolated from oropharyngeal swab of a laboratory confirmed COVID-19 patient in Hungary, passed two times in Vero E6 cells. Um, so this is a raw culture. It's not 
Um, yeah. It's not from clones. And not from some IT construct. No. Yeah, it was passed through Vero E6 to to yeah, make got, more of. Yeah, you got to get the concentration up, right? Otherwise, it uh, becomes an expensive fishing expedition with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we will, but nobody would have given out the money to do it because it would be stupid mm. for the question that they had, you know, which is more, way more important. How does it function? What is the surface stability? That was the question back then. Mm. And it's, it's easy to go back now. And like criticize everything or that. Yeah, hindsight, or hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like falling off a bike in fall of um um twenty twenty when I was sitting in two in 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 February calling Drosten saying, well, it might come from a lab, you know, retrovirology. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know so much about retroviruses. I just published with Nicole Fischer on XMRV. <laughs> he didn't say that, but I knew that. Um, but, you know, it's like, um, that was uh, I'm going to I'm going to ask if you'll in, indulge me a second. Uh, so uh, on the yeah. screen right now, I, I think from my understanding of of the paper, pretty much is encapsulated in figure three there. And I don't know if you can see it on the screen. Could you talk people through how they did this experiment from getting the virus onto a, you, you've got to get it onto a platform where you can manipulate it, right? And that's that's no small thing to be able to do that, to, to have that degree of precision available. So do, do you see what's on the screen right now? Yeah. Yeah. Could you? And yeah. I, I, I'm going to. I have to hit the bathroom really quick. Too much tea. But explain to people what they're looking at in that image. I think it's important for people to conceptualize this. And it's not a clone, right? No. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's you know it's 2020 September that I looked at that. So it's from my memory, and I tried to break it down for layman understanding. Okay. Okay. Um, go, go for it. I'll be back in a second. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what you see in that um, picture is basically um, these. Um, I can I can't read it, but um, um, these little yellowish bubbles uh, in the upper um, section is the atomic force microscopy. Um, so they went and took a swab of an infected. SARS confirmed patient and cultivated the sample, then kind of um, purified it by, I can't see if they have described it, but usually you would do it by filtration from to, um, that you can separate it from larger um, particles and then just take the sample um, that is in that size region so you would have um, very few contaminants and then you you would have like same size uh, exosomes in there and to separate what you want to 
investigate, you would, by knowing the surface epitopes of that virus that they want to um, investigate mechanically in that paper, they would have antibodies specific to the spike protein and have these antibodies bound to a surface. So then you could wash your solution, your filtrated solution over that plate and only the, the I get now I'd say exosomes with the specific epitopes, meaning the virus, <laughs> because that's the definition of a virus. Having these specific non-human epitopes that our immune system reacts to because it has not learned it as a self. So um, these antibodies would bind the virus and it would stick to them. And so the atomic force microscopy makes them um, glow like these um, yellowish bubbles. Yeah, so the, the, heat, the heat map here is, just, just for people to understand, it's just a measure of elevation against the background. Right, so the more bright yellow it is, essentially the more it's the atomic needle is raising up above the background upon which the antibodies have been stuck. Now, needle, the variant, the the yellowish dots are the variants. Yeah, the, the, and it's what you're seeing is a digital reconstruction of the topography of the sample under the, under the atomic force needle. Right. So, yes, because you could do the the um, um, measurement from surface layer in the middle of the upper row. You see the surface where hmm. the epitope, the spikes are um, represented, and the lower ones bind to the surface. So hmm. you could like, the darker areas of the the reconstructions are the level. And then the yellowish are the ones that um, kind of um, are sticking out, mm. sticking their heads out. And then you you could navigate that uh, that micro needle and try to pop it. And if you think think about a soap bubble, it would if you if you pop uh, a, a um, lipid bilayer by and protein um, envelope, then it would kind of go away because it's not that sticking out yeah, it, so it, far. It, it, you know. it would un unravel, I guess, would be the closest to imagine what's going on, right? The lipid bilayer would, would break and the contents would spill. And, I, and it would be left. Yeah. Yes. So, so you would see if you have popped it, you can try that with a, a wet surface and, and soap bubbles and try to pop them. Then you don't have that bubblish image anymore. So like that. So can I, as a virologist, how common is this approach? I mean, I did see atomic force microscopy for first SARS as I was doing this, but the, the idea of the structural integrity and probing it in this fashion how um how widespread it's not, of a it, it's not common okay i mean i, I no, guess no. you need yeah, access to the 
Yes, of course, of course. Not everyone has the opportunity to do atomic force microscopy. It's biophysics at its finest, mm. and it's uh, it's basically. Um, <laughs> we get better we are not stuck with uh, cryo electro microscopy anymore we can use these dynamic like f biophysical investigations mm. and it's 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 a rare thing and you know that's the critique i got sometimes like it it sounds like a, um like a, a, advertisement for that technique when mm. you look what that lab does yes they have that instrument and they don't only do it for virons but you can you can actually i worked in my uh, academia career part uh, um, <laughs> i worked in biophysics you know, we were talking about atomic bounds that we could like visualize, like like the electron, um, um, no, like the H bonds, and you could like see the the um, like biophysics has has improved in, but you don't have it and at every virology. So and and not every virology department has an electron microscope available to do these uh, images. It's you know only if you want to approach at that to that question, you would like visualize that. But um, it's very reasonable to look at that because we know it's dependent on surface stability. How easy it is for a virus to spread. For instance, in an aerosol, if aerosol spread is only possible with viruses that have higher surface stabilities, because, for instance, in in summer you have the UV in influence at the outside, and these usual common cold instable stable. Um, Variants, they don't survive three minutes in in a sunny environment. Mm. So it's like it's ridiculous to go to the beach and say to the people, "Stay away from mm. me." It's like, but in a closed setting, as Charles has shown with that um, with that restaurant, um, then they can kind of like like a scent in the kitchen. Travel in in um, like flow through the air, and if you have a ventilating systems and and move the air, then you can have these phenomena that not every flu-like virus does. Because there's a difference, actually. In it's not a it it's aerosol spread is like a scent and droplet like fall in a distance from you mm. so it's like mm. um there's and you have with higher surface stability you have the problem with like fomite um right um so like, i guess i guess the if i had to have a scientific objection i guess maybe to this this approach if I was to put myself in Jonathan's shoes and say, well, you may have a bunch of particles that have stuck to that antibody adhesive, but you don't know if those are infective particles. 
Yeah, but that wasn't the question of that mm. paper. But that that would that the, would be the the criticism in this particular. Yeah, but instance, that's so. that's basically the question of the other paper with atomic force that I mentioned of Paris. Oh, the, because yeah, they. I did, I did pull that one. Because they looked at um, with atomic force microscopy on the variants and um, then uh, tried to deactivate the variants to uh, be able to investigate them in a non BSL three setting. Mm. So they wanted to make sure um, it's the right sample that they took, and they wanted to in like introduce the atomic force microscopy to have on-site investigation within the BSL three, and just just to for you in the difference between BSL two and BSL three is huge. Because in BSL two um, settings, it's basically um, so. Let me let me ask, ask you this. So this Paris group, um, I don't know if you know these people. National Reference Center for Respiratory Viruses, hosted by well, Pasteur, headed by Sylvie van der Werf. Werf, that? W E R F. Werf. Mm. And human sample was Batkov was isolated as being provided by Dr. X Lescure, Dr. Y Yaz Danapa, Danapa maybe, and the Beakout Hospital Paris. Um, and the strain was supplied for European virus archive. Are you familiar with any of those? No. Both viruses were propagated in Vero E6 cells. So this seems like another patient isolate. Yeah. So. Different place, different people, isolate from their local hospital, from their uh, epidemiology, um, DPM, you know what I mean. Epidemiology. Yeah, and different question, and then they, I don't know if it's that paper that I mentioned, it's lo looking a little bit different, and, but um, yeah, there are different groups doing that atomic force microscopy. Mm. I don't know if that's the one with the plaque assays. Um, I think this one does have plaque assays, so they were testing the viability. And so the plaque assays are just models. It's it's not that uh, um, it's the proof of anything when it comes to um, proper isolation questions in a very academic way. But it's very practical to look if you have a plaque assay showing infectivity and if, if you have not when you want to be secure that this thing that you give out from the or you you have in the waste of the bsl3 that it's not still infective mm -hmm. you know so they, they, we, they mentioned yeah. the, the calibration of their assay was done with ncov e sarbeco control plasmids 
So, um, NCOV-E. Hmm? What does that refer to? E. I didn't read the paper. I can't. I didn't read. I can't be at hoc there. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. you know, the, the problem is that it's often um, there are often different names used, and you need to go to the references and then look into the references of the references to find the actual origin of these name changes. It's it's so nasty sometimes. So yeah. I, I tend to not I tend to not jump to anything if I haven't researched it prior. Sorry. <laughs> That's... Yeah, but you know, plasmid controls means that they have kind of stored in uh, a clone or something like that. Like like Barrick has published in two thousand three or something or or four. Barrick did that with SARS one, and I think I basically I think I might I remember that the Bernard Loft Institute did as well, and we had it in culture mm. in two thousand four. So it it seems that these are partial plasma or, or the sub genomic. So I'm I'm reading here that the plasmid would express a particular protein of interest, not the not the virus. Say. Yeah, but what what was the part where you and the the context of that question? You just threw one sentence at me. So yeah, when, I'm when, just I'm just trying to um, look through this paper. So that they were doing, um, they're trying to inactivate it, as you said, right? Because they wanted to get out of the BSL free. Yeah. Is that? It's not that one that I read. I think. Can you show me the the heading of the paper? Native infectious and inactivated SARS-CoV-2. Yeah. Okay. Then. Sorry. It's it's. Yeah, and then and so down in the methods, they're talking yeah. about um, here. So quantitative PCR. RNAs from mock-infected or infected cell culture supernatant were extracted using nuclear spin. Then QRT-PCR was performed in triplicate as described using primers targeting the E-gene. Okay. Yeah, E-gene. Mm. So, yeah, I, I guess I'll yeah. answer my question. So the, the control plasmid is just to have a... Um, you would secrete, I presume, get it into the cell, the E-protein. And so yeah. they want to... Just where's the, where's their figure which just looks at E protein under atomic force microscopy? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Why would you? I'm just no. I'm just wondering if it's in there just as um, see, no. we did we did it. No, it's it's basically um, the primer um, problem with the PCR and. Um, but if you have the E gene um, checked on, it's basically not just 
the spike that is in your um, test, but it also produces the e-gene. And, you know, the primer discussion and the PCR discussion is basically a problem of primers. And I'm glad that it's discussed because you have it in both ways. You can have primers that are highly prone to be false positives. And you can have a situation where you see clinically uh, a disease that is manifesting in some patient that is kind of clinically um, um, unique. Like this, this is where the the and you don't have any primers, mm. and then it doesn't exist for the for these people because they fake the primers with the VP sixty two, for instance, of this XMRV. So um, primers are very, really important, and. E-gene, N-gene, and RDRP are basically the primers that were targeted in the um, ba- in the first um, waves, and there were differences in these. And I think E-gene and N-gene are um, like prone to be more false positive than the RDRP specific to SARS-like viruses. So that's the criticism that. Um, um, JC put out what I saw just recently you discussed that he said well it's just the RDRP but um, the RDRP is so conserved in the SARS-like viruses that you wouldn't confuse them with the HKU that's the whole thing and they eroded that um, in fall of 2020 so they would focus on N-gene and E-gene or one of them only and did they check on both here? I think they were sufficient with just one of them. Right? I, I'm presuming in a situation like this, experimental situation, that the requirement to pull every protein of interest via PCR to detect to say, oh, we're working with, we're, we're getting what we expect. I mean, you you Yeah, so... They they did use the SARS the, the spike um, epitopes um, as well for antibody binding, right? The spike. Yes. So they have the epitope um, specific to the virus, and then they have the PCR having an e gene specific right. to the virus. So you know, it's like you look at it from different angles. You in that's what I learned in in like being educated to be academic an academic despite liking my um liking funny uh like under the belly <laughs> um jokes like you like salty stuff <laughs> but, you know you wouldn't do just one um approach you would always try to shed light on a question from other direction if you don't have that you can't even publish a paper if you haven't checked on two or three different perspectives on your question that's the rules that i learned basically so yeah and that's what they did as well they checked for the e-gene and then they checked for infectivity and it it basically it is that paper that i was just um you know yes yes they were they're, like you say, they're trying to figure out a me- method to get it out of BSL free. Um, so they're, yeah. do- they're doing the inactivation. Um, yeah. 
Which... And it would be harder to do if it's more thermal resistant, right? Mm. And that's the big problem. If you have the autoclaves at 60 degrees and it's not inactivated by that, ooh, then you have kind of a problem maybe with every lab that, that handles mm. it. If it's not communicated. And there are so many things that were not communicated. And the problem with the diffuse um, proposal is basically that it proves that does act like light and try to cover mm. up his activities he could have said yeah well we proposed something like that but it's not our fault and we um we want to it to be investigated because we didn't do that that could have been a way you know but <laughs> saving yeah, face but and then censorship and then claiming everybody who talks about a lab leak is a conspiracy theorist and mm. and sending a swarm of media outlets to attacking people being like anti-science it's even cited on on um, pubmed now as a key uh, uh, search citing the lancet paper signed by drosten and dajak mm. you know and i you know i think people like um jeffrey sachs or even maybe also christian drosten are angry if they didn't know that they were doing that and were dragged into the cover-up mm. you know you don't know who is like useful idiot and who is perpetrator mm. in the situation now and it's no use to call each other in trying to figure that out like controlled opposition that's no use you're very right um and you know you've got to like brings us back to this question of why why take this well it seems inherently i don't i don't want to say destructive is is wrong but it, it's a case of you shooting yourself in your foot all the time by restricting data that you would look at because it doesn't it doesn't fit your your preconceived notions and actually that, that's that's the picture that i have on my uh, fire letter that i have sent to like the intelligence community late 2020 because it's it's a screen it's a photography of a slide by professor montagnier and he's on on that picture as well on the lecture that i met him in 2018 and it says um Science, science means including all facts, even if it's not in your for, um, fitting to your former narrative, mm. and only including facts that support your narrative and excluding everything else. That's pseudoscience. And you know, I I like to go with it, and I would revise every of you review every hypothesis I did. Because, you know, I'm not all, all not knowledgeable. I'm basically, I'm out of virology and into clinics since 2005, you know. So I do clinical virology or not only virology. I'm not, you know, people say I'm a virologist. I understand viruses, but I see my patients and I'm, I'm a clinician and I, I have served in the emergency service 
with the um, people being sick and I'm a general practitioner and people call me because I know they know that's that silent inflammation and uh, acute infectious diseases are my like forte mm -hmm. so and and you know my big problem is if there are like conclusions or, or hypothesis thrown out there like being a fact when my sur survey not surveillance but but my survey like checking on these hypotheses in my patients and looking is it like that is it that everyone has a t-cell immunity already no okay like I did see it in the moment that it happened, and now the data is coming out like statistically, and it, it's. I well, wish I would. We're still wish in an environment we... where, like I say, we've got excess deaths still, and I'm struggling to draw a distinction between gene transfection exposure and viral particle. Exposure. The only, diff oh, only difference I can see is immune barrier in this instance. No, it's both, of course, because it has to do with antibody-dependent enhancement, and that's actually the, the whole um, strategy of a binary stealth biowarfare attack that I was lectured about in 2002. Exactly like that, because if you have antibody-dependent enhancement reaction from a pathogenic priming and then a different surface like with the original Wuhan variant and now having like um, like Omicron and you still priming the people with Wuhan variant yeah of course then you have like a, a larger um, risk than if you get contact with that different surface that is now not so dangerous anymore due to the l lack of ACE2 binding capacity in comparison. But you would get the antibody-dependent enhancement probably with it. And, you know, it's, it's multifactorial. And, you know, it's like also the prionogenic uh, reactions and all that. I wouldn't say it's all the vaccines i wouldn't say it's all the virus it, you know it's never and you know yes of course maybe um the vaping has to do with it why are they on the boards of these vape things you know mm -hmm. that's the question why did we have these evali that we never heard before and we or here in germany know nothing about basically we as um physicians it, it was never a really big deal these Ivali things and and we had that in 2019 and we have excess deaths now and I you know if if you lose your naivety and actually try to view the world from the perspective of a bioweaponeer who which exists they exist uh, I just want. I just want to. I want to address someone in the chat when they say with the, they were bullshitting. So this is the comment in the chat. Joanna. They yeah. were bullshitting when they said that post fusion locking would stop ADE. I would. I would say that yes, 
they they were bullshitting. The idea the idea that every every spike was going to be locked and you would you would have no functional epitope surfaces coming into play. Ah, I'm 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 not buying that for no, and you know, basically, Mary shared that that paper um, with me, um, where actually Barrick and the Vaccine Research Center look at uh, the epitopes uh, of the spike uh, in relation to monoclonal antibodies. You know, because the vaccine research center has a lot of interest in monoclonal antibodies and not too much in, into the vaccines that produce antibodies as well. Mm. But basically, they were destroying the monoclonal antibody approach with the comment that there are FC-dependent um, antibodies in that monoclonal soup and also FC-independent, FC-receptor-independent ADE mechanisms binding to the N-terminal domain of the spike, which is exactly where the GP120 variable loops sit. Yeah, right. And we know from the GP120 in HIV that they are doing exactly that. Yeah, okay. Well, it's particularly in light of the most recent data of class switching. Um, I'm yeah. for sure guaranteed that they knew that that was a phenomenon that could occur, yet they barreled ahead anyway and yeah but it, it you know sina bavari published um that we should look into hcq for instance in in like later 2020 and it, it, i'm not sure that it's it, you know it's like targeted and and like really nef nefarious but but it was captured by this Fausti narrative and these notch units and these media campaigns telling the, the controversial discussion about all these facts. You know, I would, if it wasn't that personal, and I don't like the style to look at a conversation or, or like pick every word that is said because I'm not a native speaker. I'm doing this in second language and I've rarely been somewhere where you speak English. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm a German plant trying to speak in my word in English. And if I realize how you, how, how it's done and, and basically JC was never on a stream together with us, I was once on stream. I think the bad Corba and DOE linkage is very important. I think um, the fact that I found Brian Foley from the um, DOE on that German um, SIV insert that Montagnier described is of importance, but I'm not sure if they were involved in that. But, but, you know, there are traces in the genome that go, go way further than the uh, diffuse proposal. And it's just a puzzle piece and it's no use to attack it. Why? Mm. Because you, you fantasize something about narratives and controlled opposition. Mm. I, I, I think we all need to calm down. Mm. Yeah, really, uh... we're trying to figure that out. And some people swear and some people say, fuck it. Mm. And I think it's fine. You know, I like your approach and I like, you know, but <laughs> I'm a northerner, you know, and I'm a 
I'm from the Anglo-Saxon right. <laughs> Italian, yeah, mm. temperament. You know, it's like, yeah, fuck it. That's mm. that's how I am. Yeah. Well, it's we're in a we're in a situation right now where we we need more people to say fuck it and <laughs> wrestle with this situation. And as you were describing, when they've understood it from a weapon, weapon what did the word weaponier's perspective, right? They've been yeah. looking at this ship for decades. Decades. Yeah, and that's what where Charles is educated in, and you should fucking listen to mm. Charles. Mm. Yeah. I'm just a civilian, and I understand it because I worked in a BSL four facility. I was in the BSL two, but I exactly know what they are doing or capable of. Mm. You should listen to Charles and not ghost him. Mm. Damn it! Sorry. It's it's uh, my sentiment exactly, and the I, I can't think of a more appropriate pace to. I've I've got guests, so I need to pull the record yeah. and i want to i want to say thank you for um taking the time to come on and yeah, thank give, you for giving me the chance to run <laughs> yeah, any anytime okay and welcome. have a good day to do stuff too yeah, yeah. Thank okay thank you anna um i'll let you i'll let you go but uh yes um listen listen to charles damn it yeah. <laughs> let's bills listen <laughs> Okay, bye. All right, bye. All right. So um, there's Joanna, someone who's um, direct hands-on in in this domain. And again, the I think you're chasing um, literally, literally clone allegories being painted on the the cave walls right now. There are a bunch of other experts telling you. You need to be paying attention elsewhere. Look what's coming down the tracks at you. All right. Um, I'm going to let me just check if anyone else sent uh, as a donor or you are all. You know what you are. You are all. No, no, there's one more. Thank you to uh, Matt. You too. All right, have I played out Chemical Alley? What can I do? Um, this. It transcends. It goes far beyond one man. This needs to be fought against. This cannot be taken lying down. And it cannot be taken lying down. With that, folks, um, I'm, I've got guests for a few more days, and then I will I will get back to uh, streaming, I guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what pops up on the radar. We'll see if uh, Kui gives me any more content for free. <laughs> right. I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. I will see you in the next one. You don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that long line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these peppers. I will fucking kill each fucking pepper. I swear. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually say. Fuck these chapters. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever tells you what I fucking bought, man. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. 
Scatters! 